Hey, everybody. Do you like comics? I think you might. I think you might like comics since you're about to listen to a comic book podcast. But even with that, I know that some people are frustrated with the comics that are coming out currently. And if you are, please don't give up reading comics or listening to comic book podcasts because most of the people, if not all of the people who do that, love comics just like everybody else that is listening. And that is true for me and Eric. And why I'm bringing this up is even if you're frustrated with the current comics, if you want to listen to some things that maybe you won't be frustrated with, you know, some classic stuff, that's what we do over at the Patreon. So, yes, this is a backdoor commercial for our Patreon. Take that. But if you go over to patreon.com slash weird science, you can end up getting a lot of comic book podcasts on things that aren't just the current DC comics or the current Marvel comics or whatever. You can get stuff like manga, Marvel and DC. And I'm talking some classic stuff, including our reading clubs that we end up doing. It's something that I really like to do where we take a series and we go through it one issue at a time, starting from the beginning, because that's a pretty good place to start. And we do things like the Walking Dead Reading Club. We have a Hellboy Reading Club. And DC side of things, we have a New 52 Review Reading Club, where I'm currently going through Red Hood and the Outlaws. We have an Injustice Gods Among Us Reading Club, where I'm currently in year two of Injustice. And any of these, you can certainly start from the beginning. All of those remain on the Patreon as well. Something like a Gotham Central Reading Club that I'm doing now as well, as well as stuff like Star Wars and manga and Marvel. All this stuff all rolled up into one, plus even some indie. We have a lot of comic book podcasts. And when we get to the Patreon, it's a lot of times the things that we enjoy or we know we like or we want to get involved with. It's not just the idea of rolling the dice of what comes each and every week from. DC and Marvel. It actually is stuff we can pick. Another little thing that we do each month is our Book of the Month podcast. I do that with my man Stork, and we're going through Jonathan Hickman's East of West, which is very bloody, but very good. And all of that, we have so many things. And yeah, if you like comics, even if you're frustrated with the current things, I think that you'll find something over on our Patreon that you'll enjoy and listen to all the time. So go over there at patreon.com slash weird science and check it out and if you have checked out people's patreons before a lot of times you go and there's not much to check out but patreon in their ultimate wisdom finally listen to people and there are actually previews available so if you go over right now you can preview most of the shows and get about a five minute bit of the beginning or wherever it is and you can get a taste of what these are all about and that's all i can ask and i think that we do enough good things that if you do go over And get that first taste free. You're going to want some more, right? Isn't that how they do things? I think it is. But yeah, check out our Patreon, please. You know, just go over, see what you think. Let me know what not. But that's that. That's the Backdoor Commercial. Thank you for listening. And we're going to go off to this week's show. People of Earth, how are you? Welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm wishing we had more books this week, Eric Shea. And I'm right with you, Jim Werner. 
And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 480. 480. <laughs> Not a lot of books here. And uh, no. the ones that we have, it's it's one of those things where, you know, it goes dribs and drabs. It's peaks and valleys. And when you get these weeks where there isn't a lot, this one was like really crazy. But you hope that the books themselves have a lot of meat to them, a lot of things going on and not just kind of way. And we might not have that either, but we do have some other things in store, Eric. We have surprises on top of enigmas, on top of whispered down the alleys. I know I'm confused. One thing better than the next, as I like to say, but uh, stay tuned because me and Eric will be doing the reviews of the two books that we have, which is Superman Lost and Batman Incorporated. But after that, we will go and have some bonus coverage, some stuff that I ended up talking about. Right, stuff. Night Terrors, and then we will probably have a review or two that used to be exclusive on the Patreon stuff that we can show everybody out there what it's like to be on the Patreon and listen to our spotlight. So we'll have a bunch of extra bonus stuff by the end here. Like I said, when you hear that, you know, we're leaving, we're not really going to leave, Eric. It's almost like those hidden tracks they have on the albums, right? That are always Coolest so thing ever great. back when you're a kid. They were really cool, but a lot of times they're like, okay, I can see why this was here. It might have stayed hidden. But sometimes they're pretty cool. Nirvana had a pretty cool one. The Beatles had a, a really cool one as well. I got it. And the one was just a bunch of giggling. That was a weird yeah, one. I'd cool. have to play. But the other one was uh, Your Majesty on the Abbey Road album. It happens like two minutes afterwards, too. It's a really long wait to get to that you you have all of this classic stuff for the idea of like secret tracks the beatles nirvana the only one that ever really comes to mind when i think of hidden tracks from when i was a kid like the first album i ever bought my own money was green day's dookie and i don't know if you ever listened to that album completely but yeah I've you heard it there. Like, <laughs> it's a weird song where it's like come on by myself and it's like this weird almost like like a voice that is put on it's the strangest song ever but for some reason it's the idea of it just to cap used to captivate me I, about, I always like so that. cool now speaking of that I people may not have noticed. There's probably and we're at episode four eighty. I would say there's at least twenty or thirty episodes where I do have what would be considered a hidden track that I wait about. Nobody uh, ever found them. No, I, I don't know if they have. And sometimes it's like a B roll from the show, something like that, or it's like a quote from you. But I've had some songs too that are hidden, and I think like I think that's cool. Waiting all week. To, oh man, I no. Nobody knew, Eric. I, I might no. not have had to have waited like three hours, though, on the track. Very odd. That's why we had 13-hour podcasts. You didn't no, realize that makes sense. you had to wait eight hours to get to the hidden track. Well, I have been working on some songs this week. One I sent you for the Night Terrors. Another one, though, will be a surprise to you. But I have to get it they right. They both will. Well, they I will. I forgot be. to listen. Yeah, I <laughs> knew you would. I, knew, I thought you would be real happy about it, and I didn't get I anything. I was, but back. Jess was in the room. We were watching something. I'm like, I can't just put this on right now. And then I forgot. But no, the idea where we're watching something, all of a sudden I just put on a Jim Warner yeah. original. I- I'll tell you, I still think, and you may not even remember, I still think a lot of times when I'm doing those songs that at one point you played one of the songs, and Jess didn't know what it was. And she said, Who is that? And you said, It's Jim. And she complimented me, Eric, and I still remember. I, I don't still, recall this. Two compliments, that and Double A-Ron once time years ago told me that I'm the only one he would listen to that does a solo podcast. And I think about that all the time when I'm mucking everything up. I sit there and I keep messing up. I'm like, Double A-Ron, why did you do this? Why did you set these standards so high for me? I ended up showing Luke Hollywood one time I was doing what ended up being probably a 15-minute little deal. Uh, 38 tr- things, 38 attempts to do that, Eric. Some of them 
full-out deal. I just didn't like the tone of it. I am a perfectionist, as they say. But I do remember when Jess ended up complimenting me, and I thought that was great. And then I got well, scared of her again, is well, what the, happened. The thing is, Jim, while you might have that compliment, I was scrolling through YouTube just the other night. You know, you get that, like, really short preview, like 30 seconds if you stay on it like a thumbnail too long. Well, I'm scrolling through, and I went to go do something on my computer, and it stayed on to that Sam the Eagle, you were all weirdos to the beginning of the show, because I have uh, subscribed stuff like that. It's like, man, those people are really judgy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, That's they are, what Jessica. she said. <laughs> the funny thing is you say that And when I do make videos I end up where the thing that I use it If you accidentally put your cursor over Like the track that you have You know on the side that you're loading up yeah. It will start playing that intro scares the shit out of me Every time it makes me jump Because <laughs> I didn't expect to hear it I'm like oh my god and it's, it's Sam the Eagle It's not me That is a combination of Sam the Eagle Jenny from Blackpink And then uh, the uh, What's her name? Christine from the Evines Live, all the hits. But here we are. Yeah, we don't have a lot of books, but we'll try to have fun with them. I, I got this epiphany this week, Eric, that we oh, have God fun with these books. I've had some fun this week with stuff with the videos and things like that. And if you want to go and what Eric was even saying. One day he'll have fun with me, too. No, I do have fun with you. But by the time we get to Saturday, what used to be the play is that on Saturday night, we would get done our show and then I would be exhausted. That's when the exhaustion would hit. But for some reason, it's become before that, and I need you to prop me up. Because I'm a little guy, Eric. I need to be propped up like I'm in a high chair. Goo goo gaga. You give me the Cheerios, Puppies. right? Yeah, I like the Cheerios, but they're actually Adderalls. Oh, my goodness. This is good. Where's my mini like thing? Goo goo gagas. I'm the turtle. See, it all works out. <laughs> it all works out. And hey, everybody. Yeah, this is what you get for 480. And with this episode, before we get to all these books, let me remind you, you could go over to the Patreon right now, patreon.com slash weird science, and get double the amount because we have our two book Patreon spotlight. Who would have thought that that would double up things? The yeah. badasses of the people who know the book now. Badasses of the Get Fresh Crew. They ended up picking Lazarus Planet, Revenge of the Gods number three, and Multiversity Harley screws up the DCU number two. You know, one's big and one's the a bangers. Book, right? The bangers, they are. I mean, really, I wasn't that hip on those two books. I kind of want to go back to them, possibly. These books that we have, we have Batman Inc., which isn't bad. I just don't know. That book needs to start becoming bigger. It needs to do something because... Wait until next month and we have Joker's Inc. Yeah, I mean, once I see what I called myself my porn name in Vegas, Dusty Bronco... I knew that things were picking up there, but that book isn't selling well. So I hope it goes because I still do enjoy that book. And I think that there is a place for so it. Dusty. Superman Lost. We'll talk about that when we get to it. I didn't realize that I had to do homework and shit for that. But other things that you can go to, go off to our Twitter at Weird Science DC. Follow us. We'll follow you back. That's a follow back policy is what they call it, Eric. You can also go to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. Check out reviews for a lot of books that come out each and every week, some of which we don't talk about, things like that, but also you get a different spin from Gabe, and I mean a different spin. And then you, I don't know if you realize this, you gave Predator a nine, and then again, oh my God. go and check out our YouTube channel, which is Weird Science Comics. That'd be pretty cool. And like you said, the badasses of the Get Fresh crew, uh, uh, 
Every week they pick two books. That's the Thursday spot. And they're pretty cool, too. They are. And I did tell you, it's Lazarus Planet, Revenge of the Gods 3, Multiversity, Harley Screws Up the DCU number two. But I bring that up again because now is the time to celebrate them with a little roll call, Eric. Roll call. Uh, uh. Can you give me a little rap? Can you give me I'm not doing anything. You're not going to rap. You're not going to say, like, I got straight up for murder because I killed the trap. Here we go. Brian Trevitt. That is Trevitt there. Eric K Double K, we have a mail from Double K, and I'm gonna have to apologize to him in a little bit. Jeffrey Greek, Zach Walker, Stephen Batdad Mitchell, the Annihilator, Ted Probst, I love Punchline, Stork, Michael S. I want to mix it up. Eric Cam, Matt Come Razor, D Man Three Thousand, Niels T. R. David Fink, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, Sue Forty Two to You and Me, Michael G. Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rocky, Dixon Butts. <laughs> Why are they on the? <laughs> Is there like a... How do you pronounce Dixon? Dixon. Yeah, I, I, well, I'm thinking of Dixon, Dixon butts. That's, that's a little better. Yeah. Dixon butts. <laughs> I told you I should look these up ahead of time. Read Dixon, I got you. Eventually, that guy's going to run out of these things. Are, th- are, those, yeah, consi- are those considered puns? There? Oh my goodness, no. place your Dixon my puns. Ah, Mark Jager, Bill, a beer from the Bat Pod. Ruben, Carlos. Dixon. <laughs> See what happens. What happens? Uh, <laughs> I run out of Dick's song. Dick's on. <laughs> you know, the goddamn Kryptonian trying to read names. That's the problem. Now you tell me you're going to save the deal, but Chuck Dixon, right? Isn't that Dixon? <laughs> Carlos Dixon Butts. Is the same butter. <laughs> At least I love how it's Dixon Butts because that be Dixon ass. Oh, Matt Rapier. Why is he pronouncing boots? <laughs> Dicks on boots. <laughs> hey, that's what Dusty Bronco does. Luke Hollywood, Simon, Luis, Manship, Andrew Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, uh, Mark, Batman Beyond Mark, Emir, Randy Murray, who says that he don't like the comics nowadays. He was saying things on the YouTube channel and Double A Run. Doc's up there in Minnesota also. I still remember his compliment, though I think it was like a backdoor shade. Overall, I don't know that it could have been. He's a backdoor man. He is. Well, he's Dixon. <laughs> Dixon, but oh my goodness gracious, Aaron! This, this podcast. See, I got it right that time, right? It's too late. Yeah, it's too late. Now times. we have this. I'm going to just sit here and dance to the song. Probably hit my mic and send the whole thing going down. But there it is, Eric. The intro for the podcast. If you have just, Already. I keep saying, if you just tuned in and this is your first episode, well, it was nice having. That they're sorry. already gone. And that's the thing. I heard that I should get the door slammed. Them and Jess just slammed that damn door and went out, Eric. But, hey, we got some books. They're cool. Uh, we're going to go, and like I said, we'll have some bonus coverage, too. But no need to prolong the inevitable, Eric. We're going to go off to these books. Or actually, I'm wrong. We're gonna, no, we're not. Yeah, no, what are you doing? I'm having problems. You're supposed to be picking me up. Not bringing right, me Eric. down, Before Dixon. Before we get on to that, just let me tell you, we're going to do the intro, and then we're going to do the mail. Yeah, we're going to do, do the mail. And then we're going to do the books. Well, we're going to do the mail. All right, Jim. That's M-A-L-E. We're going to go you want, baby girl. to the mail. Uh, we have two mails, which is cool, so we'll go to them right about now. It 
is time for the mail, and with that, everybody can be a star of the show, like Joseph, Eric, and Eric Shea. Hooray! K and regular Eric. Double K and Eric Shea. (laughs) You don't like it when people uh, write your name with a K. Only because they should know better, because that's not like how it. you write See, it. The thing is, it's not even that. I have people, like my best friend sent me a message last week, I think it was, we got done the I show. I did it's like, not, Eric. Oh. No, no, no. My best friend. My friend. Actual friend? Okay. I didn't know that. Guy that's I've known for 30 years, and he sends me, hey, what's going on, Shay? He spelled my last name wrong. I'm like, what the hell is now, wrong did with he, you? Did he spell what? it S-H-E-Y? Like no, something S-H-A-Y. Like that. That, huh. Okay, yeah, that's that's weird. I'm like, are you, is this a code where I should know that something's wrong with you? Or are you just like, you know, you kind of fell apart, drifting? Well, let them know what I do is I usually think asshole. Assholes go to Shea Stadium. Boom. I remember how to spell it, Eric. Oh, What's a Shea goodness. Stadium? That, that's the Mets fans. That's it's a dig not. at them there. Oh, it's not anymore. I believe it's City Field. But it used to be. Sure Beatles did. played there, Eric. Beatles played Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. You love them Beatles. But here we are with the... Mail. And if you want to get involved in the mail, all you have to do is mail us. Email us. I don't know if you get snail mail. Anybody say that anymore? It's not even a thing anymore. Did they get rid of that? I'll give everybody your address if you want. They can look. Some people have looked it up. I'm sitting there. I'm like, I don't know what your address is. Yeah, really? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, how I usually I dress with a hoodie and shorts. Thank you, Eric. No underwear. But with all of that, the email is weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. Email us. You can talk about anything, comics, love, life. Not anything. Well, not anything. Neil's pushed the boundary. (laughs) A lot of people push the boundary. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Neil's, though, is interesting. That guy had a life, right? I guess he still does, but he doesn't email us about it. He stopped going to cuddle camp. Now he's, you know, more hardened, I think, you know, there in Germany. Sure is. Here we go. We're going to start with Joseph, who did so email hard. us in, Eric, right? You have to do that. You told me that I can't take Twitter DMs, things on Tumblr. It has to be an email because it's called the mail. That's what you told me. I just want to let everybody know how much of a stickler for the rules you are. Joseph e- emailed us in. Somebody's going to say email, and I thought I was saying it wrong. Just like dicks <laughs> on butts. In. <laughs> dicks on butts. Joseph says, hey, Eric. And Jim, and right there, right. you're already, you did it, you know, on, you're on you thin ice, Joseph. You? Why would you do this? You know that why. Do you know that, unlike in real life, when you write, I, I come say, hold first. Hold on, hold on. Tanya knows <laughs> <that> always. <laughs> no, I already taught you. We're, we're, pro- we're probably equal. It's a photo finish. And I mean, we've taken photos. He says, hey, Eric and Jim, <laughs> reading Megan Fitzmartin's Tim Drake made me nostalgic for a good story with I the understand. character. So I went back to read Chuck Dixon's Robin, Robin 2, and Robin 3 from the 90s. I ended up going back and looking at them on the app and read, I think, two issues of, it's weird, Eric, Robin 2. I'm a third myself. I think I was just, I sometimes I get in these moods. Last night it was the Terror Titans. Somebody brought that up in the Slack, and I believe... uh, I ended up going there, and I'm like, yeah, I'll read that. I read one issue. I had no idea what was going on. It, it, it ended up taking off, I think, after Infinite Crisis, if I'm not mistaken. And, yeah, there was a lot of stuff I did. I enjoyed it. And then at one point, somebody was talking about the was getting closer towards, like, the final crisis. Era. It might have been. I thought it was in the, somebody Maybe. didn't know and yell yeah. at me. But, yeah, the idea and that it was a cool team. 
It actually yeah, was, yeah. Uh, you know, kind of neat and stuff like that. And the Robin books, the Chuck Dixon stuff's great. And I really wish that everybody could just, we could turn back time, like share. Let's uh-huh. forget about this nonsense fight that everybody is involved because what happens? Somebody's fighting about this, and you know, you, I think most about? people. I'm talking about comics, and we want comics like they used to be. No, we want this new. Why can't no, we just put that comics. all aside? And that's what I'm saying. The idea okay. where we're being depraved of some of these things where it would be Surprised. so cool. <laughs> I'm more depraved there, if you heard me. <laughs> the idea is, I'm telling you, the Dixon is getting me. Chuck Dixon. Uh-huh. If he could come back Dick's and redo like a back in the day Robin book, like what Peter David was doing until he unfortunately had some problems, but he's doing over at Marvel, I think it'd be a big hit. But Chuck Dixon doesn't want anything to do with DC. They don't want anything to do with him. And it's just a shame because I think we're missing out on some opportunities. Well, it's a weird thing, too, because I actually think the Robin series as a whole is a lot better than the individual miniseries that Robin had out. I liked, for the most part, just... Robin 3, Cry of the Huntress. I think Robin 2 was at the, uh, the Joker's Wild is not very good. And Joke, uh, Robin 1 is okay. It's just not great overall, but the series I love as a whole. Yeah, yeah. I, I think maybe that was it. I think it was back when, I think it was Joey Costco told me to read uh, something from Robin 2. Right. My buddy Doc loved Joker's Wild Robin 2. Yeah, and it might have been like that, or a, it was like just two issues of something, and I did read them, and I really liked them, and then I got all these crazy ideas of, you know, spending some time and reading it, but I ran out of time. Uh, but I do like to go. I actually saw something on the app this past week where I sent you the cover. I think I sent you the cover. I, I know I sent you something from the story, but it was in one of the things that they have a curated list and it was right. greatest one shots from Superman. I always one shots are great. You go in and it was a uh, toy man deal that Jeff Johns wrote. And I read that. Okay. And it was it was really good. You get a, kind of a, a redo of his origin. He was more of a sympathetic character, the way that they've spelled yeah, it out. Yeah, he was until he shot Cat Grandson. Well, yeah, well, this actually was that he said at this point that he didn't do it, that it was actually... Oh, no, I'm telling you, they, they retroactively, they went back and made issue. it to this... Yeah, this yeah, was the okay, issue. That was, so it was pretty right. cool where he reveals that that was actually like a robot toy. It's so funny thinking about it, too, because like it might be this greatest issue. I just remember when it came out, I was like... Well, this is some bullshit. I'm <laughs> it's a really, it's a really good issue, and I end because that was like that whole thing that made Toy Man like the threat. I'm like, he just murdered a child. Exactly. Well, they even said where he started talking, and that's what got me. Into, I saw oh, Toy Man when we were talking about how he's a piece of shit in yeah. the backups of the Batman book. So I think that the next time Batman comes out, I may do like a little secret origins thing and review that's this cool. for the podcast. But I was really enjoying it. I was going to send you a note. I sent you a picture from it, but I was going to send you a note. This might be my favorite Toy Man story of all time. <laughs> you know? But no, it, it is a shame. Because wink, wink, nudge, nudge. When you end up where people, it always goes down the deal where people, oh, this Robin sucks. And Megan Fitzmartin's, or, yeah, Tim Drake Robin, really, it sucks. It really does. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. bad every sort of way. And then people will say, well, you should go read the Chuck Dixon. And then you get into that conversation. I wish that he could write Robin now. Or I wish he could do something. But that fight has put a wedge between so many people and so many things that it's just it's a shame. Everybody, you know, having that fight, I guess they think that they're fighting the good fight on either side. But me and you, Eric, we're the ones who lose out. I was going to say we're losers, but we are. We We lose out. And I think that that's kind of a thing where even when you have one side trying to write like I'm going to write it to make that person pissed and I'm "Eh, here we are. We're losers in the middle. Good comments. I found a page in the back of one of the issues asking the writers and editors at the time their favorite Justice League roster. 
I think that's a cool thing too. The idea that you know we'll thing. talk about it, but I would love to hear some of the current, well, maybe not the current writers, but some of the bigger writers, what their roster would be. That would be pretty neat. I thought it was a good question, and considering the establishment of the Titans as the new big team of the DC Universe, I was wondering what rosters you guys would put as your all-time favorite lineups for both the Justice League and the Titans. And this is something that you'll probably have a lot smarter answer uh, than smarter, I do. Smarter, it's just a list. Well, I'm just saying, hes I don't think it's weird, because when you read it, I think he wants to know an established... No, no, I, I agree, though. It's still a list. Well, my, my favorite is the JLI. Uh, because it, it was so wacky with Guy Gardner and Shazam. I'm talking the Just League International. There, there comes of the, of the 80s. People come in and out. Yeah, the uh, Keith okay, Giffen, JMD, you know, like one. No, the 87 one and, and I Ford. You. I really do like that because it, it has some spunk to it, right? It's got, it's got a little sass there. Then you have Marson Manhunter. Guy Gardner's great. I think that he was great. And that whole team, it was a cobbled together team for what they were allowed to use. And they went. You can't with use that. any of the big hitters. Yeah, okay. everything was like a rebooting and resetting and things like that. And I think the fun of that whole team was the idea that they didn't try to pretend that that t- you know what I mean. Like it was written oh, yeah. in the way of yeah, these guys, this is what we got. And it, but I thought that was real fun. And even if all the stories weren't great, I think that that team it obviously sticks out. People always do. And then Tom King grabs it and tries to ruin it and then freaking human target. But hey. You can't ruin greatness, hey, Eric. Didn't what try. I say. Well, that's too well. Succeeded. Yes, he did. But what is your favorite Justice League roster? Oh, my favorite Justice League team is the Brad Meltzer. I think it was 2003, like new like Justice League lineup where you had you know Hal Jordan, uh, Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman, Black Canary was the leader of it, which I thought was a great shakeup. The whole thing, Hawk Woman, Black Lightning, Red Arrow, Roy Harper. Uh, Vixen and Red Tornado. I just thought the, um, it was an amazing roster of characters to put together. And on top of that, even the uh, Grant Morrison redo of the JLA like series, where you had the original roster, but now with Wally West and Rock Kyle Rayner as their respective characters and stuff like that. That was a cool addition, plus for the 90s flair. And you get wacky with it to go along the line where you get Electric Blue Superman, you get Plastic Man on there, you get Zariel. You get crazy characters that on, but that initial lineup I thought was amazing just to like call back to the original Justice League of America series. I was looking through and I was trying to figure out different rosters and seeing that Brad Meltzer was actually one that I would put second. I- I'm with you. and I have it framed above my split station the freaking podcast right now for how much I love that team. And uh, you even mentioned with the Grant Morrison thing, what I do like is when you get like, I like having the classic, but I like to add to it or change it around and having Kyle and Wally and that was pretty cool. But I also like, like I didn't love the Scott Snyder you know, the cartoon deal. Yeah, Justice they kind of take the, the Justice League Unlimited like roster and put it over there. I don't there. mind that concept. You just got to do it right. I don't mind having the core classic and then adding some other characters in. But that roster and then, you know, when Bendis even mucked it up more. It's funny because you, you do want to have a varied deal. And you love when you have a wacky Justice League team. But then you, be but then you do Marvel something well. stupid with it, like Black Adam on there and Hippolyta. I'm out. But I, I do the like thing is, that. It's not stupid. They just didn't do anything with it. Well, and it's true, Eric. There's no stupid teams, just stupid writers. One guy told Boosh. me, <laughs> you haven't said that in a while. With that, what's your Titans deal? Because that's really more your thing. You know, the whole the thing Titans with thing, the Titans. It, it's, it's a weird situation because I can take a lot of different Titans to me, but it has to go back to the conversation. I think we had it on the Patreon spotlight, the idea of the world's finest Titans coming out, where you have the original lineup of the team Titans, the sidekicks of the main heroes, where you had Wonder Girl, Robin, you know, uh, Speedy, Kid Flash, uh, Aqualad, stuff along those lines. Those were my favorites because 
people always gravitate towards the new Teen Titans squad because even had cartoons made of it in the late 90s, early 2000s, I think it was. But when you have this, this is the one that everybody remembers for the most part. And it's just not something I ever really gravitated towards because I always liked those original kids way more than Beast Boy, Raven, Starfire, and Cyborg. Yeah, I actually like the Marv Wolfman Teen Titans, you know, the new Teen Titans lineup. Yeah, yeah. But again, I haven't been reading comics as long as you, Eric. You've been doing it since the womb. And also, it's one of those things that since I started, it's funny because even with the Justice League, obviously, we started after the Justice League International, but I've gone back and read a bunch of that stuff, too. But the Teen Titans have been so bad since we started our website. And it's a sad deal. We're almost 10 years into this. And for the most part, those books have sucked so much that that ends up being a big, dark hole, a black hole for me. The dark hole. The old dark hole where Dixon butt sits. It's there, this big dark hole. Now, it's one of those where you could say almost like Joseph did. He went back to read the Chuck Dixon stuff with Robin. Uh But because the Teen Titans have been just so shitty since we started, I've never really gone back. The only thing I've really read of classic Teen Titans or Titans is when we had the shutdown. And me and you did the Judas contract. And I had read that before, but that's the big deal. And I enjoy that. But I'm that it is like that. Then you get to some Trigon. But for the most part, once you get to that new Teen Titans squad, pretty much all you're ever dealing with is the Church of Blood, Trigon, and Deathstroke. And and like the fearsome five, obviously, but it always just feels all right, new somebody new comes on, we're just gonna recycle the same stuff we've done over and over again. I'm a villain. Try hard, say With that, though, short fuse, (laughs) that'd be pretty good, right? I'm explosive. You end up where diarrhea you have. That is true. That is very true, Eric. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm sure people love that. The idea with Mark Wade doing that kind of back in the day, I I think that it might irritate you at first, that whole concept, because he's going to reintroduce things and he's going to make it a little skewed his way. And a lot of people I see now after the news settled are starting to like, what? Why is he changing things? Why would you do that? Um, But I did say, and uh, I did it on the, uh, what's that called? The YouTubes, Eric, the kids say. Oh. Uh, we end up where, when I was talking about it, oh, he's going to, please don't have it be Deathstroke, Brother Blood. Like, please do something different with it. Well, I'm telling you, with this era of, of uh, Titans that we're using for the whole thing, it shouldn't have anything to do with those. I think maybe we'll retroactively throw Deathstroke in to do some stuff to try to make, you know, Rose and Jericho work towards that new Teen Titans status quo that we'd eventually get to the 80s. But I, you might, I think that's as far we'll along as we can It's get, a pretty you know, classic team. It's the team that was in the book, so you don't even have... I don't know if he's going to expand the roster or anything Original like team, that. Yeah. But, yeah. but we'll have to you know, go with it. And I, I keep telling people when they do say about it, like, oh my God, I don't want that to happen. He's going to change things. Don't worry about it. It's not really... It's that weird, you know, continuity askew. It's not quite. It's almost like like... Just a frame off there. Read time. Yeah, yeah. It's just a crazy deal. So uh, I'm excited to read that book with you, though, because I think that it will be fun, at least. And, you know, that's what I need. But, yeah, my my Teen Titans would be the classic, like Marv Whoop, and then into the Titans book. So you say classic. I I consider mine the classic. The new Teen Titans is the Wolfman stuff. Yeah, I I think the Wolfman stuff, though, is what most people think of when you go and and think of the Teen Titans. But the Titans stuff. That's why I'm trying to differentiate Well, the Titans stuff, I... I don't mind the roster that Tom Taylor is using. That's, you know, pretty cool roster as well. Well, that's the thing is you, you're doing essentially like the new Teen Titans with that. Like, and like, 
even with that, we had Wally West a part of that until like for a brief moment until he stopped doing the, the kid flash stuff into the flash stuff. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Aaron. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to see what Tom Taylor's going to do on the Titans. Thank God I can already read it in Nightwing, right? Aaron? Cause it seems like that's what that book is anyway, but I think we get that next week. So we'll get to see some more of the Titans for sure there. Uh, Joseph continues. Uh, actually, that's what he. That's it. That's, that's the it. end. And he says, yeah. "Hope you have a nice weekend." And that would be the hope. But as always, uh, Joseph, you, you're Joseph. not going to be able to change my awful weekend by just hope. These are words he's given me, Eric. I need him to come and. No, this is on you. I want Stop him to make my life better. Is what I'm saying. And he says, "Yeah, have a nice weekend, you too, Joseph. Probably better than mine." He's a mailer, not a mailer. I worker. ended up getting uh, deer ticks on me this week. Uh, the de- Rafe took his dog out and got a bunch of these ticks on there. It wasn't good. I feel very Gross. tired. I have the Lyme's disease. Eric K. Double K's next. You? And he says, hello, Jim and Eric. He knows. What's up, Double K? He knows. He says, I wanted to ask if either of you would be interested if DC created a series of books, uh, about four or five books, that connected together and created either a different time period in the current continuity, similar to Marvel's 2099 from the 90s, or a different Earth altogether, similar to Marvel's Ultimate Universe or DC yeah. Earth 2. I'd rather have that. And I do apologize to Eric K. I ended up bringing this up on the Patreon spotlight and misthought that I thought Zach Walker said this in a comment on YouTube. It is because I read this ahead of time. So I do apologize, Eric, because this is a good question. I think that the idea of having a world's finest imprint would be awesome. I think that that's a neat awesome. play. It's already, like we said, a little off. The continuity anyway and i think then you could get other people involved and you could have some fun well, even when you have the idea where you want to tell new stories and we kept talking about the idea of x-men hidden years so the stories you never got to see like reimagine for like a time that's why like, i brought you know, up Chuck Dixon right earlier same deal i'd love to see those writers go back or however they're played now with that and it's even fun for the idea though that you can actually retroactively actively make a villain seem it's, it's cheating it's obviously cheating but you can retroactively make a villain more substantial kind of like the devil nezha because like our batman superman team fought him previously and now he's back in our main continuity like you know now revived and bigger than ever you can do that with a lot of things if you want to make you know a new character a new threat a new super villain and Mac that might be you know, cool. always been there hey we have him back over here in our world's finest timeline that eventually he'll like oh yeah i haven't seen you in a dog's age it's mr mr man That's like like spider-man is going villain, against man. rabin right you got that that's awesome <laughs> That's who he's going against now. It was a guy that. Are you sure you're pronouncing that, that right? Yeah, yeah. It's either Raven or Red. It's a guy that Zeb Wells had in like two, three issues back in the day. That's okay. it. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. Well, even like the idea where you had Joshua Williamson have the character Paper Cut in his Flash run. We go back and show the origins of Paper Cut when him and the Flash first met. Yeah, that that'd be fine. I'd rather have better than Paper Cut. Just using. Remember this when example. Paper Cut came out? We laughed so much at that. Just the name. It's like really. Like I have like. You know, I'm Deathstroke. I'm Deadshot. I'm Paper Cut. <laughs> I'm Short Fuse. Out of here. I'm Short Fuse. Whippity doo. I'm a brave boy. And that's what I'd yell, Eric. But no, I really like the idea of having something of a, like I said, a world's fine. To me, what it also is, and this is a shame, because you ended up, people lost their mind when Dan DiDio said, hey, we're going to have this 5G. Right? Oh, I don't want these that's legacy heroes. This is the worst. But. Don't worry about that 5G. Let's talk about that generations where you'd have these different eras and you could almost have this sort of thing in that as well. I think that the whole 
you know, this whole world's finest fits well in what would have been, you know, something like a generations type deal. And it all just got wiped out because Dan DeVito got fired, right? And, and it was a bad and idea. And then, well, it, the thing is, I thought it was too. And I thought it was worse when you it was Future it. State. And then I thought they, they just ended up doing it anyway. They just didn't call it. The, oh, weird, no. the weird play is when you talk to some people and some people will just go by the letter of the law. Right, they they end up just there. like me, well, like you. Except I'm a good boy. <laughs> you are. I'm a brave boy. You're a good boy. But there really was never that many official announcements about 5G. It was all rumors. They would release some things, some things leak. We had a whiteboard. There, there's the whiteboard, but it never really came about to say, okay, it's going to be this. It's coming out here. We have that working on this. You had some things going, but not a lot. And some people just demand that it was never a thing because then I don't see an announcement. I just what are you talking about? It's so bad of people, but it is the deal where I would we like have to have this. books that were paid for and written to be thrown in there that had yep, to be like the way to put our main continuity. Superman and exactly. the authority. Like, I am Batman. It's just currently we have the world's finest that occurs in the past, but if they had three or four other books that tie into it, maybe like a Teen Titans. I think that the Teen Titans one was announced after he sent this, so I think he's on to something crazy. anyway. Uh, tie into it and made its own continuity. Maybe it would interest people more. What do you think? And I, me and you talked about this I don't want it to be already. its own continuity. I want it to be a main continuity just in the past kind of storyline. Mark Wade fudges the way the timeline works, and that's okay for some. I have to get over my problems with the idea of it, but I can just to have a good time. But if you have a World's Finest Batman, Superman, you have a Teen Titans, you have a Flash, you have a Green Lantern, and you have a Wonder Woman, that could be an amazing way to tell stories in the past. Post-crisis uh, like continuity, but still have characters around that don't make sense with it. Nah, I know that. Again, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to lose my mind trying to well, describe that's the because problem, that because I know, I know what you're bit. saying. You don't want, you wanted to, if you'd want to, it could matter because of the yeah. idea that it did exist, but there was time changes and, and crisis. I don't know. I, I think that the play here is that maybe you could get other writers. There are some writers, unfortunately, like a Christopher Priest who, he doesn't like to write in continuity, but then they just allow him to do it anyway, Eric. Uh, I wouldn't mind. I think that there are some writers you can entice over to DC. Get them in. The first taste is free, as they say. Get them in doing something is that it? they don't have to really do. So, like, get Leah Williams and that stupid Power Girl shit. You put that somewhere there, and I could ignore it more. The, the worst thing, I'm reading the stuff, and I'll be talking about it later. The idea of this night terrors, and I'm reading this solicit or this write up, and it's like, okay, what's this book? It says, a uh, page decides that she, I'm like, the fuck is, oh god damn it it's it's power girl you don't remember page it, it, it drove me nuts i said the, the fuck is it oh, what a nice name page it's like a book Marty. that's open and you write that <laughs> oh good gracious she has in that night chair she has like the main story in the action comics deal is a page story eric but she also has a backup and something else She's coming up strong and, and weak at the same time. Powerful. Holy moly. Uh, yeah, but he wants it to be his own continuity. I, I don't mind that. Like, Black Label feels dark. I think that this world's finest, that feels light, Eric. That feels fun. I just don't want it to be its own continuity because why not just make it an Elseworld well, at that, that point? I just think that, you know, well, I don't know. That's like the ultimates. What do you think? Which is an Elseworld. Or, or, uh, <laughs> yeah, but they, they have the what ifs. It's not what if the Avengers were grittier. Uh, what do you think? Or do you not? In, are you not? In, he knows you. Are you not interested? I've already told you. In the, isn't, I'm just reading what he's saying. 
He says, what do you think? Or are you not interested if it isn't current continuity? As always, great podcasts and reviews. I look forward to them each well, and Well, it wouldn't week. be current continuity. It would be past continuity revised. Yeah. I think he, he wants it to be an Elseworlds. You don't. You can't get out of your own way because uh, it doesn't work in your brains. But then again, you have Mark Wade and the- No, no, it does. If it's an Elseworld, fine. Well, Mark Wade's doing this, but Supergirl shouldn't be there and this, and then he tried to explain Robin, that. Robin, Dick worse. Grayson still shouldn't be Robin. Supergirl shouldn't be alive. And the way that how Jordan's ring works shouldn't work that way, especially the new idea where I'm going to will this ring to fuse me and Batman together to be more powerful. Yeah, like, you what know. the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> you don't like that. Ah, uh, but that is, that is the mouth. Thanks. Eric, thanks, Double K, thanks, Joseph, all of that. Thank but you all. we are going to go off now. And we got two books to talk about. We'll get into them right about now. I guess there, Eric, is the song for an event that's going to happen in a couple months. But there we go. I figured that you'd get to hear it then since you always ignore every message I send you all week. Just bullshit ones. Desperate. Well, yeah, (laughs) that is very subjective. (laughs) Of course, it's coming (laughs) from you and you're subjectively an asshole. So, yeah, it's just me desperately trying to have a friend. I sit there when Tanya's like, I'm so jealous. Like, I don't have any friends, and you have Eric. I'm like, well, let's back this up. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Because I don't know that he'll stop. agree with you. Let's stop using <laughs> such strong language right now. Yeah, he's not going to agree. I think he wants to keep this professional. That's what he wants to do. Though, that might be one of the funniest. Who was it that said to you at one point? Was it Jimmy at work where he's like, yeah, we could be friends? You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's keep this. <laughs> it made me laugh so much. Oh, my goodness. But here we are. We have two books. Each one just fantastic, I believe. Uh, and yeah, it's weird. It's, this yeah. whole deal. Well, we weren't going to talk about this Superman loss. We really nope. weren't. I read the first issue. Me I too. was not that impressed. I thought it had a cool concept. We'll talk about this, about this concept. And that's what we're really going to try to hang our hat on. But Chris Priest can't get out of his own way, especially when he seems to touch anybody. And I mean, touch people, Eric. Stop the it. idea he's touching them. The Justice League. <laughs> the Justice League. Why does he think that the Justice League and the characters that are big characters at DC need to be explained in a scientific Grounded. way? Why? Uh, yeah, but th- this story where you have Superman disappear. Some people the- are all about the deconstruction of superheroes. He's all about reconstructing them with science, making them I better, mean, stronger, seriously, faster. Seriously, I don't get Welcome to physics. That's basically what this is. <laughs> That's all this is. I mean, when you read it, I know and I understand some people like you don't like to have fun. I At like all. to have fun, right? But there is a point where you get to like, who could be enjoying child. this? Like a <laughs> child. Who could, who could be enjoying the idea that you're reading an issue that is so concerned with the explanations in a scientific way about an alien who came to Earth as a baby and the yellow sun powers him up? I mean, seriously, there are points when, yeah, it's cool what you're doing, but no, th- this is too much for me. 
and it might just be, you know, me and you. I guess some people might like this, but most people are going to defend this book and defend Christopher Priest, sit there and say, well, you guys, you got to realize around issue five, there's going to be a twist that reveals this. I don't, I don't know if I can twist. stay. I want the concept. Yeah, and the twist is going to be, hey, everybody, this is science. I, I don't get it. I don't need to have Mr. Wizard writing a comic for me. It's for a place science it, guy. He is. I, I don't. Why? Why is this? It's very, very odd in what he did on the Justice League. And then you get back to this, and you even made a joke before we got into it. The idea, oh, this is going to be one of his science books. I'm like, he couldn't go with that again, right? And he does, but it, it just... It's tough. You give us the credits and we'll go into it. Superman Lost, number two, written by Priests with art by Carlo Pegulaia, Jason Paz, Jeremy Cox, and sweet Willie Schubert. And in this, the idea of Superman going and trying to stop an alien, it's like warp engine drive by flying into the singularity, trying to shut it down before it consumes the Earth and destroys everything, but ends up getting sent away, you know, light years away. And it takes him 20 years through his perspective to get back to Earth to where he realizes, oh, my God. What's going on? I've been gone for so long. This concept alone, Superman coming back to Earth for a perspective, almost like a John Kent for what we have him going off to Earth 3 for seven years. Only say, two weeks in our perspective. I was intrigued. Yeah. When you have it's Superman exactly being like sent that. off, all sciency, having to make his way back, so disconnected from the humanity that he knows and loves, and just trying to get back to the idea of how am I, how can I be me again here now from what I've gone through with after all this time? This is all I want. But every step of the way, Christopher Priest has decided. Look, we got this politician thing going on that Lois is investigating. We have all this stuff going on where then we also have to go off and talk about the science of how Kryptonians work on their powers on Earth with the gravity, the, the freaking radiation of the yellow sunlight, this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, I was hoping and just hoping beyond hope that in this issue, we would have, since we had Superman back at the end of the last issue, we would then just explore the concept. How does Superman be Superman again after everything he's lost, the time, all the things he's seen? That's all I want. All we get from this issue of this whole thing is Superman laying on the floor, forgetting to breathe because he hasn't remembered how to breathe for the last 20 years because he spent so much time in space. And then we flash back to when we have the idea of him getting sucked away because of the singularity of the warp engine, the black hole thing going on because he had to do this to save everybody and seeing where he went. And boy, that is not what I want from this book because... More than anything with this whole thing, because I'm telling you, the heart and everything with that, with Lois trying to tell him to remember to breathe, him being so disconnected, this this man that she loves, and also just trying to figure out how to be there for this Superman where nobody in his life can experience what he's experienced in the time frame that he's experienced because it's, it's so out of time for everybody else, like the idea of uh, traveling at the speed of light beyond the speed of light, for how he did things to get back to Earth and only be gone for like a few hours to where it's been 20 years from his life. This is what I need, but... I just don't know the idea where it's like, all right, here's Superman in space and then some aliens, pretty much, you know, DC's Jawas to figure us out, you know, like, all right, we're going to create a uh, a universal translator to figure out what's going on with this guy because we like his cape. We're going to leave him out there to rock, but you know what? He got, we got him under the cape, so we're going to figure out a universal translator. We're going to figure out what he needs to breathe. Oh, it's oxygen, not carbon dioxide. We get that screwed up sometimes. Hey, if you pay us some money, we'll send you back to that Earth planet. Well, I don't have money. Well, we like that cake. Well, I can't do that. My mother made it. Okay, fuck you, guy. I'm going to drop you off at this nearest planet. The Uber. It's it's, the they didn't have money to pay for the space Uber. It's really and you get what dropped off on the side of the road. That's what happens right there. But just Superman himself trying to talk to these DC Jawas or Ugnats, whatever you want to call them at this point in time, telling them and us, the reader, what happened to him in the last issue, which for the most part we saw 
But and, we just expand so, yeah. a little bit. We expand you expand a little expand bit. with science And I, I didn't ex- need that. No, no, just the idea, too. Like, the singularity is collapsing, activating the star drive, the ship, about to jump to hyperspace. If you pull me out, destabilize the reaction. The cascade will be unstoppable if you don't. I'll pull it all in. So that's the math. Untying Diana's lasso tells me, tell Lois I'll be right back. And then he goes, he's sent back to space. And just the idea that we're pretty much establishing what we had in the previous issue with these, you know, DC Ugnaught slash Jawas, we find ourselves on a planet that he is then thrown onto by these little assholes who don't want to give him a ride home because boy, ain't got no money. And it's just the idea, boy, my powers ain't going to work right here. Let me tell you how my powers work. And then later on, when the guy who runs the planet for the most part, let me tell you how I got here, guy yeah. with the singularity center. I don't get the whole planet. Why, I, I why is the second it. issue a clip show? Yeah, the first it, issue? it is. It's, it's a clip show that gives you a, like a director's cut clip show. What I don't get, and here's the play, and here's what maybe we'll eventually get to, and this is what I was intrigued by, the way I look at it. You end up, and you said about John. John ends up going, they don't, you know, they miss his childhood because he's grown. But with Superman, it's one of those plays, and I think it's very intriguing, where Superman does disappear for points. And in this point, because he doesn't really age, he comes back and he was in the shit. You know, shit went wrong. But people always assume, well, he's Superman. He can get over it. And it doesn't look like he's aged that much. So you don't get, like, it's See, one of those I, ideas. I, I, I've never been the guy that really agreed with the idea of all the, like, the solar radiation that Superman has gathered over the years on the time of Earth has allowed him to retard his aging for the most part. Because well, we've they, seen they play things, it up. He doesn't look well, that old. You know, no, he doesn't look old at all. I'm like, just looking back at, like, the Earth 2 Superman where he had the silver gray, you know, sides of his hair and stuff like that. He looked older. Yes, he was still physically fit and a strong man. Even what we saw in Superman and Authority recently where he looked like he was a bit older, almost like that Earth 2 Superman. I like the idea of Superman aging. And even that thing where we had that Elseworlds story that I love that a lot of people don't care about, but that Batman Superman generations, we end up seeing at the end of that first, like, you know, book about the idea where he's like 20,000 years in the future. For some reason, now he's got like a, I think like he's, I think he's got like a crystal beard. I might even be something else, but the idea how things have changed, but he can, he, he can like, you know, survive, but I want him to age at least a little well, bit. Well, this is the thing though. I think that what the play is, and I think it's playing off of that is how, what would you think? And how would you react if you're a Lois Lane where there's your husband and it doesn't look like anything's changed? I mean, if he came back and had the the gray, that would actually be better, I think, for Superman because then you'd realize, oh, my God, that sort of thing did happen. It took its toll. But the way it is, I mean, I'm telling you, Christopher Priest is playing Lois almost like a bitch here. I don't want to say oh, you say it every no, time. No, but it's one of those things where I don't think that anybody's getting the concept. You know, you have Batman. Bruce Wayne says, "How's our boy?" Oh, he's okay. He's like, but because he still looks exactly like he did when he left, and he came came back pretty much very soon for what they can conceive. I don't think that they're PTSD. getting PTSD. Yeah, and they don't get the concept of anything of happening. Plus, I like see. I like this concept because I like the idea of like they. Uh, what's it? Tom King tried to do in Heroes in Crisis, but failed miserably. The idea that even a Superman beaten down like this, away from the people he loves and away from humanity, as far as we know, that yeah. would do something to him. And in this, we get a tiny bit where he's kind of laying there almost in the fetal position for getting to breathe. That gives you the deal. But Lois almost plays it up. And I don't think that 
I make the joke that she's a bitch, but I think it's played out of the idea where even when Barry comes, it looks like Barry says, hey, listen, you know, Superman, he disappeared. He said he'd be right back. And she goes, yeah, yeah, right back, because this is commonplace. Oh, he always says this. He always comes back. And so when he does come back, they always assume that, oh, there's Superman. He's great. He's our guy. Boom, boom, boom. But this time it didn't happen quite like that. And I love that concept. I'd love to see him like going to the Hall of Justice, whatever they would play it in here. Trying to reacclimate himself and failing miserable. And, and people not and reacclimating into to something that people don't understand you have to reacclimate to. I think that that's a cool well, Yeah, because they saw you yesterday. Yeah, they saw you yesterday. And you're Superman. And you haven't aged. And so it always feels like, you know, that. But instead of doing that, that's so intriguing, we might get to that. But, boy, I won't because you go and have – I don't want to get through the science textbook to get to this, uh, an amazing concept of a story because, like I said, the clip show the aspect of this part is – Oh, that's all I want. I want the drama of it all. But, like, the Welcome idea of talking – Telling the story about the singularity and how you said here with the space jawless. I can say space jawless, but they're all – But the DC jawless, the assholes in space to pick them up. And when we get stuck down on this planet – him trying to figure out what's going on, but having to realize, look, my powers are based off of gravity and doing this and just saying the ter- word gravity over and over again. And when we finally get to the guy who is pretty much running the planet, who calls himself Victor, a title, not a name, because the translator is not too, perfectly accurate. But when Superman decides at this point in time, I was displaced by an artificial singularity, ended up in another star system. My body's unique biogravitic gra- <laughs> properties actually contributed to the event which might be why I was displaced so far rather than just a few light days. I scavenged an empty fuel tank from an alien spacecraft, converted it to store liquid oxygen. I can survive in space, subjecting to various conditions, availability and quality of solar radiation, and of course, gravity. I can compensate for some of those variables by accelerating towards celestial bodies and using their gravity to slingshot myself around them. And just like, oh, and thereby achieving near-light speeds. Near-light speeds speed. for a measure of time and distance without achieving velocities faster than the speed of light. It won't be possible to find my way home. How long have you been lost? Days? Weeks? I don't know. Without a sun to rise and set, you kind of lose track. And it's just the idea where we go through the him just telling you what he did right now. With like, I didn't need to know why he survived the space until the DC Jawas found his ass. I just need to know that he was transported away and now he has to need to find his way back home. But because he, we have to find out about this, I get essentially the same story twice that we foretold in the first issue in this issue. And I'm like, boy, that drama sounds really cool right about now. It's funny because you don't have this play a lot anymore, but it used to be like a big joke and a big thing. This feels like we've gone to, you know, your aunt and uncles. And once again, not the first time. Hey, I'm going to pull out the slides where we went to Grand God Canyon last year. This is when Johnny fell off the mule. This is where Jim Backus ended up capturing us and putting us in jail. That's the pretty thing. Is, it's a kind of a joke situation because I don't know if that really happens or more of a TV trope anymore. If people actually pull out the slides and shit like that and want to show you whenever you have well, company over a family. You know, I guess I'm saying, but, I'm saying thing, back but, in the day, it was a thing, but for some reason in my mind, it has now just become like a, a almost a TV trope in my mind. It's not something that actually happens until nobody last, has a slide uh, projector anymore. Thing is, That's the you problem. You say this. This almost happened to me. I think at Christmas time at my girlfriend's parents' house. Like, oh, let's let's show you our trip to Mexico. I'm like, I, I actually looked around for was the camera, slides? like I was being punked. And originally it was going to be slides, but then they couldn't find the proper slides for the slide machine. And we ended up watching a videotape from 1986. I'm like, I'm like, there you go. am I being punked? This can't be real. <laughs> You're being mind freak. But that, that's what it reminds me of. 
it, it just reminds me of, hey, I just went and I'm going to give you a slideshow of this. And it's like, here, Parliament, kids, you, you just have nonsense. And it keeps repeating. And the, the idea of grab like, you almost get the idea that uh, <laughs> priesters try to be clever. Gravity's mentioned because of the gravity of the situation. I don't know. But it ends up well, even said the like di- so many times. Yeah, even the dialogue with what you call the space Jawas they, when they're talking. DC I Jawas. They, they end up where the fuck nuts. Yeah, I guess Jawas were in space. So yeah, you have the fuck, fuck nuts. nuts, right? So you have them. They're tossing around C three PO's head. But even that, you're spending so much time on them. Like, all right, I guess we fucked that up. Has, has our machine spit out and chewed up the thing? I'm like, what are we doing? Because what I also think in this would be a cool idea not just the idea that he comes back and you know acclimated but while he's gone i don't need to go to a planet where these kids come and you rip off the respirator but they're also online and laughing at him this weird this weird world that's almost like earth but the freaking you know the ozone layer is depraved it's got all it's got all this carbon dioxide in the uh, air and like people can't breathe without respirators and they're always on the tiktoks and freaking doing social medias for everything this is all that the society is like all right. What's your name, kid? Zemi. Jimmy. Oh, don't Jimmy. Do I'm like, can you hear? Is this that bad? Like, Zemi. Jimmy. He's like, no, no. And, and you don't, so you, you you've play been here that, for but, five minutes. You don't got to make this world your own already. This is not your new Jimmy. But what is intriguing to me to go along with, and it's still a kind of a, a personal character deal, is you have Superman. And, you know, we pretty much established in a lot of the books, especially since, say, Rebirth, that Superman so well known throughout the universe i mean this is Not where stuff. you have and so it's intriguing to me and i think also i'd like to see thing. yeah it is but it's they played it with different things anyway but i'd like the idea Jim, where super, these people never so heard of superman out. that's what i'm saying why aren't you dealing with that though the way that his body is and the singularity of the black sent him further than he's ever been possible. but i like the idea of maybe <laughs> seeing a superman he's a great guy we know this but i'd like Clark. to see the idea of struggling because people aren't Fully accepting him right away because he's Superman. So, he, but you don't even get that. You just well, kind of think when, once he gets on the planet, I don't have, know what the fuck he's doing. He's just going. Well, the thing to is, see. we have super. We have Superman lost, right? The whole idea is Superman went to space for twenty years. His time came a back. It's been like in a few hours, and now he's got to reacclimate himself, and we got to find out what the problem is. The whole thing. We don't have goddamn time to deal with this alien planet that he found himself on because what well, that's not the point of the book. So even the idea of like how are we gonna feel about these alien people with Superman in space? I told you what the point is, it's just not we're not dealing with it right yeah. now, it seems like. But like, hey Victor, this is my story. Well, that's a hell of a story there, uh Superman, if that's your real name. But the idea is we're gonna give you some supplies, a cool new white suit, and you're gonna be on your way, because all your ass wants to do is get home. You're damn right, Victor. Cool. We don't have any time to spend on this planet except for this is what our world's kind of like for crazy, huh? Hey, here's a, here's, here's, here's a green land of fields. What do you call it? Kansas. All right, cool. We don't have time, but yet we have time for him to go, okay, I'm on this planet. When he's going, I don't mind. First off, it looks like he, you know, he doesn't hit Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock hit him. When he is hitting the planet, it doesn't even look like he's Rabbit. actually, like, entering the atmosphere. It looks like he's crashing in. But when he gets to this whole deal, he's passed out. These kids are there. They're do- then he tries to fly, and everybody laughs at him. And he's like, this is me walking out in the middle of winter, and I end up slipping on the stairs and hope That's nobody watch. Right? And then when they're laughing at me, I'm like, you don't understand. <laughs> like, get out of there. But Gravity. what he does then, we have a planet that it doesn't seem like it's any concern. 
right? We get out of the... Well, even Victor at the whole thing is like, look, go find your home. Our problems are too big for you. Damn right they are. I'm out. It's so weird, though, because we still have to spend time for Superman to pretty much just fly around and go, oh, man, guess what that... Almost like he's talking to us. And he's like, hey, guys, guess what? Cities. Oh, really? Guess what? War-torn area. Oh, man. Guess All what? too familiar. Different continents and different environments. Oh, so it's not a Star Wars planet. We get it. And then he ends up just smack dab into a wall that has writing. He can't read it, so he That's just makes up in his mind. I think it says, welcome, Clark. Probably no, not. No, it doesn't. Get out I'm of here. What are you doing? <laughs> and then he goes over the wall. And then you have this lush green land that doesn't seem to have internet access. It would drive everybody nuts, right? You know what I'm saying? And then he meets this guy. And then it then becomes, I mean, this is the funny play. It becomes something that feels like it's supposed to be a hard-hitting social commentary, but it's so much bullshit that nothing hits. And so you end up, oh, man, Victor, can't you people get along? Can they get along on your planet? Touche, asshole. Give me a suit and I'm out. And that's all it is. Our problems are too big. And even then, this guy, Victor, you know, it's a title that he says, we have a couple bit of supplies and that. And next thing you know, glow in the dark white suit backpack. Off he goes. I'm like, what the the fuck is is this? I don't want to see him make his way to the earth. I've already explained how I just want to see him on earth and see how he does with that situation. But I will tell you this by the end of this, where he has a breathing mask, he has a badass fucking jetpack or just a backpack and a pure white suit with the S symbol. It looks badass. I want to see more of this Superman. I, I just don't, I don't want to see the story that. that it's about. I'm worried he's gone 20 years. We've only seen three days. I mean, this is going to take a while here and he's just going to keep, I love it. The next issue he finds himself on a swamp planet, right? With this little guy. He's like a little troll-like guy. And he's like, hey, what's going on there? Mm. So it's Yoda. They say, what, 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 you? Uh, what have you done? Think you play are? I can't even do it. I'm trying to think of what Yoda would say. Where mm. have you Superman. been? Have you, you asshole? Yeah. And then Superman goes, get Put this. Put me on the shoulders and run around. I love <laughs> this shit. For the entire next issue, Superman's there. And he's like, you won't believe it. I was on a planet. And they had different environments, and they had kids on the internet, and they were just going to get a recap of this issue, next issue. And then after that, he'll give them, like, one little piece of something, and off you go. I would have rather have seen him acclimate himself back into the thing, and maybe even play with the idea that it's hard for him to discuss it. That's why we don't know exactly what happened. But as the series goes on, we're going to get a couple English scenes. English is hard for him because of how far removed he is from it could something. Be. And I'd like to see him as he's acclimating, maybe come to trip because I think that this would be a PTSD. And maybe as the series goes, as we see him struggle to acclimate, we realize that, you know, telling his story and maybe giving you some of the things, this would be part of the healing process. And then you get that by the end, when we see him finally Off to okay, the sanctuary, buddy. we now know. Oh, man, he did go through a lot of shit. But right now, I mean, obviously, we're going to see some crazy shit, I guess. But right now, I'm like, well, he went to get these space Uber. They got pissed. I mean, I guess he could have said, well, I'll pay you when I get back. Ask, I'll make, gas you know, or grass. I think that he's like, I can make diamonds in my asshole later. You know, that's what I would do. But he ends up like, no, I don't have money. All right, cape. No, you're out. I mean, at this point, maybe you got to give up the cape. But it's too late now. His so. mommy made it. Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. So 
he has a jetpack now, and I just I I don't Again, understand. I don't know if that's a jetpack, but it's just some kind of badass looking backpack. Oh, it's got fire coming out the back, so I would assume it's something's going on. That's there a personal the heater. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you better watch it. That thing's I don't know. Jetpack makes sense, fire. but I, I don't know what he has from the way that Victor describes the like the little meager things they have. Everything he has looks amazing. You play the idea of him saying about. I love the idea too. He's on this planet, which again won't matter. And he goes to fly and falls, and he goes, gravity plus the sun, million things to think of. No, no. Let's try again. Get the fuck out of here. And then he just flies. So at the point here, I would have liked the idea. Well, I'm so far away from yellow sun. I have a jetpack now. Let's see what's going on. But I don't even know what's going on with him. I really don't know what's going on here. Another 20 years, that's why. We get a lot of science. I will tell you, I said when, when I read it the second or third time, I did then actually notice that there is a special thanks. And it's like, oh, what's that? I go, oh, special thanks to Dave Von Domelin, PhD. I'm like, oh, so this is a guy that's sciencing this shit up. I don't want to thank him at all. I got you. Like, I got you. Yeah, exactly. Take your PhD and PhD yourself there. So but I the thing is, I don't mind good. Priest as a writer. We had ups and downs with the Deathstroke yeah, series. Deathstroke overall, like I think it was okay. a strong series. And even that got a little sciencey at times, but nothing over the top. But when Priest took over the Just League, that's all he wanted to do was to talk about the Speed Force and outer space and how Barry Allen would make this work. And it bogged the story down nonstop. And that's all we're doing with Superman Lost. Usually when you do this, like if you're going to bring science into things, to me, you're bringing it in because you do want to show, like a Superman, we think of him as a mythical god amongst men. You throw sciencey stuff in and try to explain it. You're really trying to show he's actually just a man who kind exactly. of gets in a science situation. But I would rather see him being the man who came back. I don't need you to explain things just to explain things. These are I hate a lot magic of or whenever here. magic is concerned, but when I read stuff like this, I'm like, motherfucker, just say it's magic. I'll move on. I mean, most people, and this is where we said it with that, you know, his Justice League run. A lot of times the explanations, all I need to know is Barry was running fast outside of a spaceship. I don't really need to know that the friction in space is this. Because it, it, it pulls me out. It makes me realize I'm a dummy. But it also takes the fun out of it. I mean, these I things that we're reading. Too, I- I haven't read all of it. Again, I keep saying how I'm going to go back and try to figure out that Black Adam Priest series that I've gone on. But for the bits I did read with that, I don't actually don't want to see what Priest deal with magical stuff either because it becomes so like convoluted to the point where nothing in the story matters because it is magic. So we can just do whatever we want and say this is happening here. And maybe the way he's telling the story, maybe it gets better. I think this just from when I read the first uh, two to three issues, I think it was. I forget how many I read, but. The idea that like things were just happening and it was almost indecipherable. But don't worry, we're going to go back and show you how this worked, this worked. But I'm like, will I even care by the time we get back to talk about it? Because it is so out of the box right now that it's hard for me to grasp the way it is. So I don't even know which one I prefer. Just give me regular style storytelling where nothing's over the top in either science or magic. And that's, again, when I make jokes and stuff about Star Wars versus Star Trek. Star Trek doesn't even go God, that Star far, Trek's right? Star so good. But Star Wars adventure, you don't need you to know, card? like, so why good. do you have to separate the X wing wings when, when you're in space? Like, I fast. don't care. It, you know why? It looks cool as shit, right? It's almost like the idea. The, the, the crews, and you put them apart so you can battle. And, like, how can Porkins get into that cockpit? It doesn't make sense there, But I don't need to know that with a He's couple drinks, right? right? Yeah, really? Uh but overall, it would be like me saying, you know what I needed in that Fast and the Furious? 
I need to know how they could f- drive cars in space. Eric, how they you, you don't need that. And this is oh, got there's it. a place for that, but you can't be bogged down by this. It really does slow things down, and it really so takes that a lot doing of time it. travel because that's the next thing, right? Oh yeah, it has to be. It has to maybe be, underwater Eric. racing. I'm telling you, underwater racing and medieval times. I need to have Dom there. He's got like the Joust medieval family. He actually, it then almost becomes like Assassin's Creed. It's time travel, but he has to travel amongst his family line because it's always about family. That'd be awesome. Eric. I'm telling you, we're oh going to get some goodness. pirate times through time travel. It's going to be the Mast and the Furious. Oh, <laughs> that would be good. And then there's pirates. Like, you end up having one of those. It's a little bit not for kids. It's the Fast and the Curious, Eric. I, and there has That's to be a college. porno that. There would have to be a Fast and the Curious, right? That'd be pretty good, Eric. I, I don't think I, Dom went to college. Yeah, but again, just like some of these porn, he'll, he'll keep it in the family, Eric. I, I think he went. It's all about I, family. I going to keep it to college. <laughs> you know, you, you're probably better off that way. Oh, my God. The Fast and the Curious. There you go, Eric. I'm about to. Do my directorial debut. Oh, jeez. But yeah, and then the, the thing is, in that movie, a lot of skid marks. It's not going to, it's going to go over well movie. in Germany. Yeah, I'm doing the porno, the Fast and the Curious. I'm not doing a comic. Are you still I'm, doing I'm, the porno? I'm filming a porno, and there's a lot of skid marks in there, I wanted to say. And the nitrous they do is a little different as well. Gets you all loosey goosey. It really I works out. This actually really works out in the whole scheme of things. I think that this should be done. And by you, Eric, you turned down the first opportunity you had to direct the porno. I think that you should go for this. I will Dusty allow Dusty Bottoms. I will allow you. Dusty Bottoms is coming up. I'd rather have Dusty Bottoms show up at the end of this thing because it is a slog. It's a slog to get through. And what the, the craziest thing, it's a slog to get through an issue that you really don't find out that much more than you already no. knew. And now we're, two, we're only two issues gotcha. in. But at this point. You know, you can start making decisions. Say, hey, is this for me or whatnot? This is an expensive book for the story you're getting anyway. And well, I, the thing is, it's, it's, not, it's not for me the way the story is being told, but the story that I want to see that we're not getting is totally for me. So when and we I get think back we'll to that story, get to that it eventually. It will right? be for me because that's what I want to see. But all the space travel getting back to space, uh, to Earth, I don't care for it. And I don't like the explanation we're getting. And because of that, the thing is, the art in this whole thing looks amazing. I love the way that this book looks. I love the way that this book could be through the concept that it was described as. Everything that we're doing, though, is not for me, and I don't care for it. It bogs the whole thing down. I get bored reading it. So because of these things, when we get back to the concept, it might be wonderful. Right now, it's not wonderful. It is a 5.8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm giving it a straight 5, but it's it's just a normal 5. Really? You know, I do think that the art's great. Now, that's why if, if it was me and I was the editor, I would actually say to them, Priest wouldn't listen to me. I mean, who no. does? I mean, really. Nobody. And so you end up, I know I see the stats, Eric. You end up where I would say, okay, your concept's great. This idea that you want to tell science and what happened, okay. But intersperse it with what's happening in the present with Superman. Show these flashbacks at a, at a pertinent time to what's going on. But you have to keep people involved. And at this point, two issues where we talk about it's 20 years, I don't know how long we're just going to do this. And that's what worries me. That's what would get me the idea. Well, I'll read this in trade or tell me later if it gets back to something because it is a slog. But we'll move on to the next book. Next book, not a slog. I think it goes a little too fast and things are resolved a little Why too easily. Why can't we have this to be four issues? Because even the concept, Professor Pig, his mother being brought back and what he's going to do to the Gotham Underground, who he thinks might have taken his mother... 
all of these are amazing things on top of having Batman incorporated there. Oh, it's over. Fuck me. Okay. Yeah. And again, we're talking about getting stories that are intriguing, but not getting those stories. This really is. But at least we might get it from Priest in the Superman Lost. All of a sudden, Batman Inc., I'm like, all right, I'm settling down with this Professor Pig. You love Professor Pig because you hate him so much. I mean, he is just awful. This is the awful. story that I want to see. The, the original concept of Professor Pig being obsessed with this thing that he believes to be his mother, being a mama's boy and doing all of this. The idea that you finally brought this avatar for his deranged mother back that he's obsessed over. And it's like, all right, what's he going to do now that he has it back? And what's he going to do to everybody else who he thinks steals it? Oh, Dollar Tron's going to fight Batman Inc. until Batman Inc. wins. I love the cool. idea. It's like, we're going to ruin your mom's thing. Oh, no. And and really, all this was never was really going to be a Professor Pig story. That's the window dressing of just getting an opportunity for Ghostmaker to maybe kill a bunch of villains. But he doesn't because Batman said not to. That's all it is. That's what it ends up being. I wanted actually because the idea of the mother and all this, this is. I mean, it's straight up horror, especially with Professor Pig. And it's real real interesting. And then it just ends. But it is Batman Incorporated, number seven, written by Ed Briss and art by Michelle Bandini, Rex Locus, and Clayton Coles. And yeah, it's it's just a shame. I don't hate the issue. It's just that I got upset because when I thought, all right, we're ramping this up, I went, oh, it's over. Well, everything that's a ramp is a speed bump where you want to have the situation where it's like, You have all these aspects going on right now. This newly put together Batman Incorporated team under Ghostmaker's helm. They have to go up against Professor Pig and all his goddamn Dollatrons. And while they are Batman of different regions, they don't usually go up against the kind of crazy that Batman himself does. So putting them in the situation, especially with Clown Hunter here and his new idea of like, I don't know what I want to be because Ghostmaker's kind of a dick. Put him in this situation while you have Ghostmaker and Al Gaucho dealing with all these chained up rogues gallery of Batman and the idea that Ghostmaker's a psychopath and he loves murdering these goddamn villains because now you get him off the board. What's he going to do? Every instance, you're like, we take the easy road out and say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do normal DC stuff and we ain't going to do nothing. I'm like, but why are you doing it so fast? <laughs> at least, at least lure me onto the idea of, ro- you're going to romance me a little before nothing happens like normal because... I'm used to that, but this don't reject me immediately. Well, the thing that gets me in this, you have a unique opportunity. You have Batman Incorporated, right? But Batman's missing. And usually Batman Incorporated, because of the idea this is the worldwide Batman, I need the Batman of this and the Batman of that, you don't really get a ton of things where the Batman Incorporated team would go against classic rogues like this in my mind. So when you do it because Batman's not there, this really does give that idea where I think that Ghostmaker would say, like, somebody's got to get freaked out. They're like, we shouldn't be doing this. No, no, no. Batman Inc. Batman's not around. Let's do. But you never really feel like anybody cares that much about what's going on. They're kind of going through the motions because everything ends too quickly. Not even conveniently. It just ends. I can't even say yeah. it's convenient. It just ends. And there are a lot. The idea that you are going to save a Riddler or a Kite Man or a Mr. Fritz. Like, that's a unique thing, too, that really plays. But all it's there is to set up the goofiest of goofy things because we know that we know Ghostmaker is not going to do anything. And that's the worst part about the situation because you had them all chained up because Professor Pig has them held hostage because of what he thinks they did did to his mother. They are all here at the mercy of uh, Ghostmaker and now Gaucho. 
And if Gal Gaucho is going to try to do something, like try to stop a Ghostmaker from going all vigilante on the rest, he can't do it. He's a good superhero. He's not taking out Ghostmaker. Ghostmaker is in charge right now. He's even going off in this long monologue that's amazing. The idea, how many people have you killed because the Batman won't do anything about you? How many people could I save if I executed everyone and last one of you motherfuckers right now? This is a great scene. Nothing comes of it because we got to play by Batman's rules. And all I want this to be is maybe you send a message. Kill fucking, look, we can't kill Mr. Freeze. We can't kill Mad Hatter. We can't kill Kite Man because people love him all of a sudden for no reason. You kill Ratcatcher or you kill Firefly. Kill one of them to send a message because you need to make this mean something at some point. But with what we have here with all these rogues chained up and this amazing monologue that could lead to some really big status quo changes and even something interesting where you have a Batman versus Ghostmaker or even the idea where Batman allows it to happen because they are such good buds. Something along the lines to make something interesting. But we take the easy way out and you know what we do? Nothing. Batman says you can't kill. All right, we get that. We know that. You, you know, you might as well have Superman just pop in and yell him. about gravity, right? So when you when you have this, I would think that a play in Ratcatcher is a great one. You can kill Ratcatcher. Yeah. Nobody's going to care. So you end up having the scene where you have that speech, and it really is a good speech. But everybody knows, even on the team, that this he's is not going to do Fox. it, right? But now we have, like, at the end of Lethal Weapon, all of a sudden we didn't realize that Ratcatcher, he kind of slipped through. And he goes to kill Clown Hunter. And See, now, and yeah, and now we have a deal where, you know, one on he's, one. He's got it. I'm saying he's got to save Clown Hunter. You see that Ratcatcher may end up killing Clown Hunter. And you have the reaction where you have Ghostmaker kill him, but he asked you to save his little buddy, right? But that's against yeah. Batman's rules. So you do have that gray area of, oh my God, Batman's going to be pissed at this. No, no, no. I ended up, I gave them all a chance. That asshole went after Clown Hunter. I had to do it. Clown, yeah, yeah. And and so when you have that, though, at the end, it just ends up a speech. And yeah, we get it. We've well, heard this a million times. And then you don't do we, anything. We have all this stuff going on, Professor Pig, with the majority of our Batman anchor just fighting Dolatrons and just trying to take down Pig, which they do. But even when we have the rest of the Bat family show up to clean up Batman's mess, which Batman Incorporated have done, but the rest of the Batman, all right, now you guys take care of our light work. We'll take it from here. And Ghostmaker tells Nightwing, the only reason these fucks are still alive is because Batman, I promised Batman I wanted it's his town. And all of this stuff, you get the monologue again. And Nightwing doesn't even take Ghostmaker. Like, yeah, whatever, buddy. Yeah, whatever, like, pal. They, they, all right, I don't guy. even care about your threats. Like, what are you doing? You should be one of the scariest superheroes in the DC universe right now. And not even Nightwing takes you seriously at the end of this. No. And, and that's the weird play, too, because a lot of them haven't really dealt with with Ghostmaker. You don't even get the idea of, OK, this guy, you know, Nightwing doesn't like him. But Batwoman might. But even See, now, that, go, going back to the mail, Ghostmaker, the, the original stories of Batman and Ghostmaker are in a world's finest story where you can actually show some more stories going on yeah, in the past without taking cool. up time of flashbacks and main continuity. So you can do shit like that because Ghostmaker is a character that retroactively had a past and is now important because it said past that had to be changed. That is a perfect place for characters like that to exist in the world's finest like timeline. What gets me, though, with Ghostmaker now, and there's another thing, too, when you end up having this. I don't know that Professor Pig would know Clown Hunter by name. He's like, hey, no. Clown Hunter. I'm like, really? I don't think he'd know that. But hey, Bow's making a name for himself. Where we have, yeah, really, when we end up having the things going on, I mean, we talk about it all the time. When you get Jason Todd, you're going to hear the Joker end up killing with a crowbar. He's going to have crowbar. a crowbar. And already yeah. you see this, you know, play. 
you get Ghostmaker, all it's going to end up being is, oh, my God, you kill people. Nope, Batman told me not to. This seems to be the big play. And you keep playing it off. But if you're going to do it right, I wish that you had something. And I already said kind of a story that I'd want where he does have to kill, say, a rat catcher. But even so, I wouldn't mind if, you know, Dick Grayson and the rest. Dick Grayson and the rest come in and Ghostmaker's already talked El Gaucho, everything. He's like, I'm not going to kill him. But says tonight, hey, I got this. You guys don't have Okay, well. You know, pick him there. And then somehow twisted around and Dusty Bronco then shows up and kills Ratcatcher. But everybody thinks it's, you know, clown. Well, we kind of had that in the first, uh, the first series, though, with uh, Phantom 1. But again, that's what this is. Again, I mean, the idea that we get to a point where he's like, I should kill all of you. We're just going back to that as well. I mean, we're always going to go. Please this is, this kill is somebody. always just going to be a, a book where he's never going to send a message. He's going to be mad. And I, I would think that. Well, first off, sales are bad, but if they were going to change things around, I don't know how this would be, but you'll just end up having them quit and then Batman will just come in to run things and then we'll just end up, okay, it is Batman Incorporated now. He's going to quit and either Knight or El Gaucho are going to take over. Yeah, I mean, and then the book, if the sales are bad now, the book's done. But uh, yeah, it's just a shame because everything that seems intriguing here and seems like you could set up character work for Professor Pig. He's just there to go through the motion. I know. The thing is, it's basic Professor Pig at this point, and that's what I originally liked about the idea of the story, where you are bringing it back to basis with bringing the construct avatar of his mother back. But beyond the concept of doing that, it is bare-bones pig where it's like, okay, I got my dollatrons are going to fight for me. I do weird shit in Professor Pig. I'm going to kill this guy. Well, yeah, you're not going to because I'm going to kill your mother. Mother, no! And then Professor Pig is defeated because we, you know, we attack his me and you, know, you, avatar. Me and you could be arguing on the podcast. We're arguing. And I'm like, I'm going to take you down, buddy. I'm going to come punch you. And then you go, no, no, no. I'm going to come over right now. We're going to fight. And then I go, no, no, no. It's over. <laughs> that, that's what it, it ends just so silly. The idea Don't of boy's mother, we're going to end up, you know, wrecking oink, this oink. mother. Oh, no, I give up. Throw down the thing. I won't hurt anybody, please. And then it's over. Then it's over. And then you have moments on the whole deal of these kids that Bao ended up saving. That's nice Worst enough. Worst part of the book somehow. Oh, what man, is that point there? Nice the idea. Enough. There's people in the Haven that love you. You shouldn't be stealing things because next time we won't be around to save you. And then, like, even the idea where Bao shows up in the Haven to talk to the girl that he talked he to. Pizza. In the clown See, it's not free he got pizza. Eric. I told you. He got pizza, pay. but, like, what are we doing in Gotham? Like, with Gotham stuff, but also just talking about Bloodhaven and the fucking Haven that Dick Grayson's created for nonstop in this book whenever we're not dealing with Professor Pig. I don't understand the connection or why we're doing it. I swear to God. You end up, hey, I think I know you. Uh, my name's Ava. And you're like, ooh, you know, there's the deal. Hey, do you have any place to stay? Because we're still living in tents down near the harbor. You could come over with us. I swear to God, at this point, if you end up, Bow's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, like what place? Oh, uh, sleeping bags behind the pizza stand. I mean, it felt weird. They're like, hey, hey things Bell. seem great here. Yeah, during the day when we could hang out here and skateboard, at night we end up getting chased Bell, by fucking heartless. Bow, I feel like I know you because for some reason we just have this connection. I know we just met, but I want to tell you my deep dark secret because wow, the Haven looks great here. We got a skate park, we got pizza. Shit looks cool for kids, right? It's a fucking never, never land. But you know what? When the, the day turns to dusk, I become the heartless hunter because the heartless <laughs> killed my family and made Telling me a homeless you. kid and who has to live in a skate park. Seriously, Eric, if you're going to play this idea that heartless is running wild, 
have this Ava get inspired by Clown Hunter, become Heartless Hunter, and actually get shit done. <laughs> get shit done. And you know the way that Tom Taylor writes done. it. She's going to get shit done. She's the one who will be. It'll go down the line. It's like, okay, Heartless took care of Blockbuster. The yeah, Heartless gets taken care of Ava. Now who's the Ava Hunter? I don't know, Eric, but it might come out. Yeah, the, the whole play of this, though, is just like you said. Why? What is are the Haven we, point? Why are we going to Haven? Even at the one point when they're there and like, hey, you guys better hitch back to <laughs> hitch back to Bloodhaven. All right, whatever. I thought they were done, and then he shows up. Get free pizza, not free pizza, but cheap pizza. I'm a cheap guy. I would do that as well. Uh but. It's the thing is you're wasting money on gas. It's weird too. I don't like the thing that that pizza is placed in. I I don't. It doesn't work in my mind. It looks like it's like a cardboard thing with a flap that would get cheese and shit on it. I don't know. It's like a cardboard plate. Yeah, no, it's not. If you look at it, it's almost like something that would be like a cellophane thing, like you're buying a piece of pizza at like Seven Eleven. Doesn't look like it's something that you're getting like a real pizzeria pizza made them. And you know, Bloodhaven known for their pizza. And you have Marv and George there, so we get them. I I don't know. Maybe they should go out and hunt Heartless. But I guess they're like, well, business is booming because of all these homeless kids. This is great. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, they're skateboarding. What's funny about the idea stuff, it just takes me back. Because even when Val is the haven, he gets... You know, here's two dollars. I have to assume for this pizza that's wrapped yeah, up it looks individual like slice. I don't understand. Like, but I, I just remember being a kid and this one pizzeria in Plumsonville where I lived. I remember when things be like a, a slice became a dollar, and I was furious because like now I have to pay a dollar plus tax for this. Whole, I think it was plus, but whatever the reason was, the idea of being able to have a dollar and you get a slice, no problem, was so great as a kid. And when they upped it to a dollar. I'm like, this is furious because I was a kid. I didn't have money, and now I can't even just ride my bike to the pizzeria and get a slice because I don't have to. I don't have more than a dollar. This is horseshit. And for some reason, seeing Val take two two dollars from this, and hey, I'm like, goddamn inflation. And even then, like, then he's eating the pizza and he has that cardboard flap. I don't know what's going on with that. It's really bothering me. But we had a guy who, and me and you, obviously, we grew up like a street away, but didn't know each other. I'm yeah. a little older, but there was a guy who, and his name was Googs. That's what we call them. The Googs, right? He is kind of, I don't know. Googs was the kind of guy who, after he graduated, he, he was like, you know, hey, the, the high school girls don't go and he Yeah, age, he's Matthew you know, McConaughey. Yeah. yeah, he's Matthew McConaughey. But at the point earlier, he still was always a piece of shit, but he would be a guy who would hang out at Pizza Ronda all the time. And we had the movie theater there, oh, everything cool going on. Like, you know, so he would go. And the thing is, at that point, I think it was a deal. Two slices and a Coke was like, three four bucks right and so he became his nickname became two slices and a coke you see him hey two slices and a coke nickname. because he'd always go in and that's what he'd yell he thought he was like fonzie or something hey two slices and a coke they're like who the fuck is this but then they raised the prices eric and he didn't so then he just got one slice and a coke and it didn't work it blew my mind inflation like, this doesn't work like what happens now and i think he did actually try to get people then to call just call me slice and a coke but by then, nobody liked them anyway, and they didn't call him Why shit. Why are you talking to you? It's like, now they're not even calling me maybe. I mean, it, it was a weird play. He, I always ran into him because he would play baseball. He was never that good, but he would always be on the team sitting on the bench. Another man, yeah. He was, just, he was just annoying is what he was. But it was funny. I remember the time where it really blew. It, like, ruined his whole concept of life going from two slices to a slice and it did he didn't make that transition there that that was one of those <laughs> things it's like one of the dc crisis when the characters don't make the tray he was one of them he didn't make it he wasn't as cool then but then also he was getting a little older <laughs> yeah. 
And he again, it was like five years since he graduated at one point. I think I came back from college and he was still like, there's Googs. He's saying he's got his freaking Letterman jacket. <laughs> like, look at this guy. And he had a slice of coke. Thing is, outside of a piece of shit that Googs might have been, that is a really cool place to hang out there where you it had was. the AMC right next to that yeah, pizza line. It was a great right place there. to hang out on Friday and Saturday nights. Just, when I was a kid, you would go, and I'm talking kid all through the deal, you would go and that pizza place would have like hundreds of people in it. It would be oh, yeah. spilling out. And I would go to the movie and i think, I wish somebody like wanted me to go there. Nobody cared about me. I'm telling you, that place was so hopping that I actually had to stop a fight between our school and Penn Ridge when the kids, like the different rival football teams, showed up in front of the theater. I'm just sitting there trying to tear tickets, and these kids are start fighting Did you outside. Start dancing Shit. and stuff with knives. No, why would I start dancing like, with knives? <laughs> were you on the sharks? Hey there, buddy! You start singing, and then I wasn't they, in the they fight. stab you. I'm not a soch. All of a sudden, now it's the outsiders. You're getting stabbed. Oh no! Soda pop. Yeah, with all that's going on. And and really, it was. The problem was I could never get in to get a fucking slice. There were too many people there. Ah, that was, those were the days, Eric. Those were the days. Now it's all gone. The pizzeria is still there, but nobody cares anymore. No, because the movie theater isn't there because somebody ran into the ground. Somebody it knew wasn't there. Me. wasn't me. There was another person who bought the theater after I ended up stopped working there. Yeah. At one point, you had all-you-can-eat pizza at, at your movie pizza theater. Night. That was yeah. crazy, crazy things. Maybe we go back, like we're saying, we want some of these books to go back and show these hidden stories. We go back and there's this guy that you knew, Matt. That was actually Googs. You had Yuri Googs was there for that free pizza. Oh, my oh, God. I'm telling you, though, if we, if we could go back in time and just people watch – you need to see the type of people who show up for all you can eat Domino Pizza Night at a two dollar movie yeah, theater. Mirror. Uh, oh my god! I'm, I'm telling you, I don't remember ever seeing you there. But the, the like the families no, that would I, show I up is the most ridiculous it. thing. I heard that there was a lot of and like, the stuff that they would demand. Rats. Yeah, really. I heard there, there was were a lot of rats, rats and some that one of the theaters became like a, a trash dump. That's what I. So heard. That's true. Not rats, though. <laughs> I, I think maybe rats are attracted to garbage. That's why they're probably hanging around a lot of these books. I never DC saw the rats. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, in in all of this, though. We did think that a homeless man was living in a dumpster, so we went up on the roof and threw rocks at it for a little oh, while until we got bored. That's nice. Maybe you should have <laughs> built a haven so that he could get two dollar pieces. <laughs> what do I look like? A billionaire Dick Grayson? <laughs> I love it. It's like this homeless guy. Oh, man. Okay, I get it. You built this thing. They got a skate deal. You got some pizza. Where am I supposed to sleep? I'm like, listen, buddy, I'm not fucking, a, you know, Mother Teresa here. You can sleep over there or I'm going to huck rocks at you. I still want to see one of these kids say, it was so great. I have a place to sleep now. I think that it's like out of sight, out of mind. Dick Grayson throws money during the daytime. At nighttime, he's just banging babs. He don't care Jim, about them kids. You, you've never put two and two together. We tore down a prison to make a new Titans Tower. That's where the kids are because of the new soldiers for the oh, Titans. I, I was just going to say, Academy. not even soldiers. Those are the people like they're like, this sucks. This building keeps getting blown up. The Teen Titans keep getting killed. What we'll do is use this swarm of kids in front. They'll get killed, but the well, heroes will remain. Homeless children. You all have a backstory now. You're on your first step to becoming superheroes. Let's He's go train. become a Somalian pirate freaking warlord he's making children how do you soldiers. think i got so rich <laughs> that's all it is they end up oh my god this is so great you read you know you redid the prison and the, oh no no the prison's still here that's where you're going kids until you learn better i do like the idea at that point 18. again i'm sitting there and, and you have nightwing i'm gonna take them over 
you know, to the prisons and, and you end up having uh, ghost makers say, well, they better not get out or whatnot. And, and just like, where's all your reform nonsense, Nightwing? Get the fuck out of here. This whole thing was getting me angry by the end. But I did like the end when you do have and it is true to the character. You end up in one of the things that was funny. I do like the idea where El Gaucho's leaving. And he's like, hey, by the way, I love you, man. <laughs> It seems so weird when he's like, you know what? I think I like you, buddy. Me and you besties forever. I think that Ghostmaker's like, get the fuck out of here, El Gaucho. Sure, but, sure. Yeah, and like he's like, really? Like, what? what's going on here? So you end up, maybe El Gaucho was drinking. I don't know. He seems like a guy who might I hit would. the bottle, do a lot of day drinking. But you end up at the end where Bao, and I like the idea that Bao does not really want to take credit. I mean, he's a he's a nice kid, so he wants yeah, to give humble. the team credit. And he's very he doesn't humble. need his name first before everybody else. And I like the deal where Ghostmaker's like, listen, they told me that your detective work really sub. No, 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 it wasn't just no, no, stop it. It was you. I've been hey. told, and you think it's El yeah. Gaucho that got to him. I've been told that I should be a little softer side of things again. And so you More did a supportive. good job. So yeah. good work. Yeah, he says. All good. I wanted to say. And the Close funny the thing way is, out. he does it in such a cold way, but it's still something, and it makes me laugh. And then I thought because people said, "Oh my God, Ghostmaker!" He takes his mask. I thought he was going to take the mask off for Bow, but he waits till that, and then you're like, "All right, you look like Dick Grayson." You do. <laughs> That's all I could think of at the end. Well, like, even the idea where mine? he takes his mask off and you have this like this stern look on his face like he's freaking repulsed by what's happening like even the idea that maybe it's because he let these these you know arkham villains go when he's watching the news more than four dead and a dozen injured after a brazen afternoon bank robbery by escaped convicts tweedledee and tweedle and he turns it off it's like goes to another one authorities are still seeking leads after the group known as the rogue staged deadly attack in downtown central city earlier and they know locals are reeling after a fire claimed the lives of at least five men and women right late there last that night. damn the Tim Drake let them keep going right that the, the I perpetrator is believed to be known as firebug and i'm sitting here why can't we just like we see how pissed off ghostmaker is in this last few panels of his part of the book and i'm like why can't he just be the threat that we're always been told that he is instead of ha- seeing the softer side of Sears because he made a promise to fucking Batman? I want him to be enraged and lose his goddamn mind. He is trying not to be a psychopath anymore, but go back to your base nature and kill all these fucks that are killing all these people. Show Batman. Be a better than Batman. Show him how things could be if you just eliminate the problems. But again, when you when you play this, I said you kind of can't do it now because you would be the first one to say if he went behind the scenes, started, OK, fire. He would say that's just the opposite. It's kind of the mirror image of how we started all this. Hey, it wasn't me killing people. Now it will be. Maybe that's the play. But this is what DC never gets. You get an intriguing character. And I think that Ghostmaker is intriguing. But he's intriguing yeah. because he's Ghostmaker. You don't, need to, you don't need to make him Batman, you know, too. You, you want him Agreed. to be Ghostmaker. You want to do this. This is the idea some people get upset. Oh, Harley, why are you making her a hero or Poison Ivy? Because you do have a cool version of the character and dc seems to get in their mind that the only way that ghostmaker can be viable and continue on is if he ends up but no no you're you're taking away what is actually the originality and the coolness of the character we don't need another batman i mean look at the sales of jace and the i am batman that's another that that shouldn't have been that should have been another character as well but in this why turn ghostmaker into another batman we already have batman we already have too much batman so tell him if we're not going to kill people right here to prove a point that Ghostbreaker, it seems like he's bound and determined to get to that point going forward. And I'm, I'm afraid it's just going to be 
random bullshit Joker's Inc. characters that end up getting killed in the process whole thing. But if you want to make a point with this Ghostmaker, and so go back to the idea that you're talking about by being the darker aspect of Batman, just not another Batman in general. What the first thing you do is personally, what I would do is I take the character that was known as the pretty much the dark version of Batman in Wrath. You take that character, Wrath, who was pretty much the bad guy version of Batman with the same backstory. We're both created the same night and stuff like that. You take this character that I love, and I'm telling you, I think he's a great character. People forget about him. People don't use him. Nothing is done with the damn character. You use this dark Batman to kill that dark man, Batman to show you who the real dark Batman is and put Ghostmaker on his way to be a real threat against our fucking Dark Knight, and that's how you do it. But nobody's ever going to do it because we're just going to end up doing bullshit and even if we do have Ghostmaker doing it it's going to be some bullshit you know Joker's Inc. version of the Joker that nobody cares about yeah and it's weird and if you go with the idea of you know Marvel versus DC a lot of people think of Marvel as being oh they're the light cool deal and they have the fun and the Spider-Man a lot of killing going on over there and over here it doesn't seem like they're led they have to hug everybody now and when people do again I'll bring up that fight and things like that that is one of the things that does get to me anymore is that, first off, villains are not even villains anymore. They're just misunderstood heroes in some people's minds. It'll when be okay, toy them. man. Yeah, and hey, I'll work this out. Yeah, I mean, Mariko Tamaki with stuff in, say, the Wonder Woman book and even the Batman, everybody is like, a villain is just a hero you haven't met yet. And, and so you have that. No, no, there are some bad people. And why people do like a lot of comics and things like that is because it is that story evil versus good and trying to triumph over it but they don't everything is like they're running scared oh that's a mental illness there and that's this no we're in this cartoony comic booky world and those stories well, can even happen when we had but- the, even when we had that bendis bad guy during a silent mafia stuff going on when he used the r world and P- r word and people freaked out i'm like he's a bad guy we're showing he's you that guy. he's a bad guy but everybody was upset that he said some bad word and i'm like he's a bad fucking guy yeah, these are bad people that do hateful things and there's sometimes, especially in a comic booky world, especially with these kind of heroes and villains, stuff like that, there are, they're, they're just evil. There's some that are just bad and they need to be taken care of. And unfortunately, you know, they get thrown in Arkham and then you just grab them the next time. Or they and get recycled. thrown in this and they get recycled. But yeah, and even then, a hero, like again, to me, if somebody broke into my house, Right or say somebody broke into your house and they ended up they had a machete. Don't put that evil on me. They had a machete, Eric, and they were gonna slice. I don't like this they were gonna slice you and Jess up into a million pieces. Well, Jess somehow, closer to the door. But somehow I was just walking by, right, and I was, oh, what's that, Eric? And I see that, and I run into the house and I go, and the guy has the machete, slices my arm, but I get and I snap his neck, Eric. I think I'm kind of a hero there. I don't think that I'm a bad guy for saving you. Right. And Jess, all of and this is sus in my mind that a guy breaks into my house and yeah. just happened to be walking by my yeah, apartment in the middle of the night. I'm like, all of a sudden, this shit's going like Jim set this up somehow. I did. To make That's it look all like it is, guy. is me setting You're a it bad up. Man, I'm like the fire. I am like a firebug. I'm like a, a firefighter. You None of this me? is working in my Two mind. Two minutes earlier, I'm like giving the guy twenty bucks, not telling him I'm gonna snap your neck. But I got pissed because uh, he's telling you he sliced me. That if wasn't man- part of the script there. If a man breaks into my house with a machete slash katana, whatever it is, and all of a sudden you're at the door and snap his neck, I'm shooting you in the face because I don't trust you either. And then you know what you are? You're I'm the hero. Yeah, you might be the hero. But I'm saying if you end up having, you know, we all see different things going on and some tragedies, some real bad tragedies. But at the end, there are a lot of people who end up being heroes. And unfortunately, they end up doing some stuff that you would never want to do, but they have to do it in a heroic way. 
But yet they, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah. You can't do that, though, in the comics anymore because people are going to get mad. Oh, my God. Now, Batman, he it makes sense why he has his whole deal. He has his whole, you know, lay, lay down that deal as rule. That makes sense for him. And, yeah, he doesn't want people to do it in his deal. But he kind of like, oh, what's that? Anybody in this? Oh, it goes What about Damien? I mean, seriously, this Jason? guy's killing. He's like, yeah. Hey, what about Jason? Hey, he wasn't himself. <laughs> you always have that, but they need to have somebody. How crazy would it be if you did have Ghostmaker and he's just picking off awful people? You're like, I think people would get behind him a bit, and that yeah. would make it. And I think that at the I'm end of this, if you, if you would have a Batman Punisher in the DC universe, people would be all about it. Yeah, and I think that by the end of this, and the sales aren't great. We talked about that. I don't think that I'm coming up with a crazy hot take concept this book will probably end with ghostmaker saying i tried it your way it's bullshit it didn't work and then i'm going on i'm gonna go off the next time we meet if you have a problem with me then then you have a problem with me it's and old. we'll duke it out and i might be your villain but i don't want to be i want to fix these things and i tried i tried it your way it's not working you were gone you can have this cesspool shit i'm out i'm gonna do my thing and yeah it'll just end up and then that may actually be the best thing for Ghostmaker right now to just get out of this book and to get back to just maybe he's in the shadows. Maybe he comes back five, ten years from now. He'd be a cool. I don't even care about that. I want him to ca- call Gotham his own. He's going to take care of what Batman couldn't. And now Batman has to deal with it. If they, if they like you have a separate Ghostmaker book, it's not going to sell. So it's just. No, I'm shame. calling this like a Batman event. Okay, you, you could have that, too. But I, I don't know that that would do that well. But it's Batman, so we'd have to see. I think you have to let him percolate a bit, have some things happening. But yeah, by the end of this things, and then you do get Dusty Bronco. Dusty Bronco. And then, I'm sorry, this is the best part of the book because while I do like, you know, Ghostmaker giving Val a compliment, like you did a good job, now get the hell out of here and close the door on your way out. When we have the idea that Man of Bats is calling his son Raven Red, and like, oh, dad, I can't like, you know, come over. We have to go do this new mission. I understand that was in the life, but whenever you do get done with that stuff, come and visit your old man. Okay, dad. And all of a sudden, you know, Man of Bats is shot to death by his Joker, Dusty Bronco. I'm like, okay, this is interesting, and I want to see where this goes, even if it is going to the Joker's Incorporated like storyline. But this is the best part of the book. Maybe that'll be kind of cool. It, the- Man of Bats! I really, in- I was enjoying the Professor Pig stuff more than I thought I would, and we are getting you know, a bit more character work between the characters. So I do like that. So it's one of those things. Yeah, I think Joker Inc. is the idea of, okay, shit's going bad. We need to get the Joker in this. But it's a shame because I thought that this story but could have been a lot Joker. bigger. Yeah, Other yeah, Jokers. Yeah. I mean, again, they're just going to slap Joker on the cover. Probably like, they take on people, be duped. It's like the oh, fucking yeah. knight with a K. They're doing all this stuff. But yeah, so... In that I'm looking forward a, to some of these. It's not a dupe. It's a I'm gimmick. looking at some of these characters and stuff like that, though. I remember reading, like, the back, like the backgrounds of some of these characters are pretty goofy, but that could be fun. That could be fun. Oh, yeah. Dusty Bronco. He used to work at the uh, the rodeos. He's a rodeo clown. He's a rodeo clown. Him, and now he's rooting, tooting, shooting. So you got that. But overall, what would you give it? Ultimately, I think the book looks great. I just found every plot point that we had going through just... Just nothing, ultimately. It was, it was It's a disappointing thing where I thought this had everything going for it from what we had in the previous issue, and it just fell flat for a conclusion that came way too soon, way too easily. And the stuff that they wanted to focus on was not the interesting parts of the book. But thankfully, by the end, we get picked things up with the death of Man of Bats leading into our Jokers Incorporated with, you know, Dusty Bronco taking out his Batman. So Dusty that Bronco. works for me for... 
for a, a little bit and like some aspects of things are okay. It's just, I expected way more of this for how excited I was for everything that felt like it was going to be exciting for how it was set up. But at the end of the day, I'm giving it a six out of 10. Yeah, I'm actually going to go a little higher. I'm going to give it a seven. Do you think that Dusty Bronco sidekick is muddy bottom? Do you think that would work for you? I think that's no, pretty no. cool. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven. I did like the art and I did like some of the things. It's one of those where it was very disappointing. But what we got was okay. It just could have been so much better. And, you know, now we got just to rush nothing ever the- came to a conclusion, it felt like. Like, everything they've set up, like, oh, my God, Ghostmaker's in a room full of bad guys. All right, send them away. All right. <laughs> like, oh, my God, here's Professor Pig and his mother avatar's back. All right, he's defeated. Cool. <laughs> I, I, I would have even liked the idea where Ghostmaker's like, listen, give me, like, three minutes. I'm going to go in this room with these guys. I'm going to take care of this. And they're like, oh, worried. Shouldn't we go in there and do that? And then when they open it up, he's just like wrote, like put penis things on their foreheads and stuff, right? Just pranking them. Even the idea where he does kill them up a bit. I wouldn't mind if he beats up him, you know, beats up. Even El Gaucho has to keep his secret because he wants to trust this ghost maker, even though it's not his way of doing things, but he can see like the ghost maker's way of thinking, at least, and how that might eat ghost. I mean, uh, El Gaucho by keeping the secret because it's so against what he knows. Well, and I think that what we're going to play maybe now that I'm thinking of it, it might annoy us even more, but I think that now you're getting very personal, right? You end up, it looks like Joker Inc. They're going to go after these characters, some of which are fathers and family members. Yeah. And now it's going to be Ghostmaker has to convince and them the not to kill these people. I don't need that. I don't need that. I want Ghostmaker to be Ghostmaker doing Ghostmaker things, Eric, on his Ghostmaker motorcycle or something. What is the, uh, the ghost stream? Get in that ghost stream and be yourself, my man. <laughs> That's all I was thinking of. But yeah, I'm going to go seven. What is your book of the week, though? My book of the week is Batman Incorporated still, so I'm sorry. It was a rough week, everybody. It was, it was a rough week. Not a lot of books, and the books that came out were a little rough indeed. That's what dogs say when you ask how their day was. They say rough, Eric. and They don't talk. Maybe, maybe not. I, I love the idea, and I've heard some people, and I've watched some things on TikTok, right? When I'm not watching them make crazy sand and clay, they end up where they, oh, look, our bird talks. And it's just a bird going, Mah! and it's like Chewbacca and the shit. They're like, man, did you hear it? It asked for ice cream. Like, that bird didn't say shit. But there is one bird that I saw that Tanya shows me all the time, and it does talk, but it only says like three lines, and they get real annoying very quick. It's, it says, uh, Hey, baby, or something like that. And like, give me a kiss. I'm like, get this. It's so annoying. It just Why are you watching this? You guys never seen a goddamn bird before? Now Tanya ends up showing me this. She sends me these things. And some of them, she sends me either this bird or monkey shit. She wants a monkey now. I'm like, I'm not buying diapers for a fucking monkey. That's my only play. It's like, I'm not buying diapers. This shit's expensive. Well, you know, let's not, you know, have something that could beat the shit out of us. And you say monkey, I think chimpanzee for some reason, which is just terrifying. I even made the joke, and Stork made it too when he heard this. The idea where Tony's like, oh, look at this cool video. Aren't they, are they great? These? I'm like, where's the video of him ripping the fucking face off a woman? You're not showing me that one because that's the one I'm scared of. Also, I saw a video this past week of an alligator walking down the road and i had ptsd flashbacks that old lady it really freaked me out eric but this I thing, don't know what you're this talking thing about. is freaking big this alligator was just walking down the road minding its own business probably hitchhiking its way to freaking cleveland something i don't know is in there in cleveland probably his relatives i don't know maybe somebody who's not trying to make boots out of them they're pretty good in cleveland right maybe he wants to go to the rock and roll hall of fame 
I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't know his itinerary. I just know Place he's probably where Superman going to was created. He wants to see that next thing. He takes over both Superman and Action Comics, and then has Young Justice. But the Skater big play time. is Alligator Writer D. Ages John. He's a hero, Eric. Alligator. Everybody loves him. Everybody loves Alligator Writer. Uh, but yeah, I don't even know what I was talking about. The idea of all these videos and shit like that. But I was saying something, Eric. But what I'm going to say now is we got more books next week. We have more books next week, and hopefully these are good ones. Two of these will be on the Patreon spotlight. You can go to patreon.com slash weird science and sign up to listen to that or even go full out, become a badass of the Get Fresh crew, and you'll be able to pick which books we do. There's some big ones, Eric. I'm going to have a problem. I usually am right on with the picks. I think I might have a problem here. Batgirls 17. Ooh, we we're coming Definitely to the picks. end. We're coming to the end of that series. And I'll warn everybody, if you don't want a heavy handed sort of story about gun control, eh, that's what we're going to kind of get. Though it Aww. seems like somebody might be a ghost because one of the characters that's going to pop up, Gunhawk, should be maker? dead. He died from, <laughs> I mean, R.I.P. Heartless got him. Ava, do your job. <laughs> I love the idea that Heartless Hunter The Heartless Hunter That is so good That is good Or just call it like the Queen of Hearts That sounds more like a sidekick or something Too Heartless So don't go there Batman Superman World's Finest number 14 Fun book I always look forward to reading it And then seeing how Eric will take the fun out of it We also have Catwoman number 54 things out Catwoman 54 where are you Is what I like to say In prison <laughs> Getting street flavors of ramen. Yeah, she's still in prison, but who knows? That goddamn cat, I know. Phase two. Phase two. Uh, Is anybody liking that book? I mean, seriously. It's it's really bad. Uh, But we'll be here to, you know, have fun with it, as I had an epiphany about. Deceased War of the Undead Gods, number eight. This is the finale. I have not looked at that or seen anything, but I guarantee we're going to have the same thing we had last time. It'll feel like an epilogue. But it's still going, and you're going to get a lot of narration. That's what I What's see. What's it called? Erebus? Yeah. 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 Abacus? Erebus. Like Erebus. <laughs> Erebus is like Erebus. that. I mean, seriously, Erebus is such a mystery. Ouroboros. He's like that. He's like back in the day where I had that Damien Black. He's mysterious. This guy, <laughs> Erebus, would show, he would show up to school in a robe and not having shouted, the girls would like him because who knows anything about him? I don't. He's the big, big bad, I guess. I don't want to. <laughs> is, is there a possibility we won't even get anything with him? Is there any possibility? There's a great possibility. All right. That, that worries me. I might have to we check that out. We named the big bad, but he's too big to even show. That's how big he is. So we're just going to talk about it. We're going to end the anti-life virus. Suck it, uh, Erebus. You're done. It's my bullshit at the beginning of any sort of podcast we do. It's, oh, my God. It's so big. It's, big. it's bigger than the last thing. You just keep saying yes. shit like that. Nightwing number 103, or as I like to call, Titans 103. We'll see. I'm sure the Titans will be going strong, but you like that. And we end up, we have that story of the Titans in hell. So obviously we will oh, get I do the look Titans. That, yeah. yeah, I look forward to that a lot. I actually did like the last issue. So I hope, and really my biggest fear is that we're not going to have a lot of space and time because of the meandering, and we're going to get what we just got. In the, in we're going to get the Batman Inc. I did think, too, that that's a good deal. I could do that. But you said earlier, and I did want to mention, in the Superman Lost, you did say, gone, 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 just like the Chilliwack song. 
that I really do like the gong, gong, gong. She did, that would really go well. Thank you. Eric. We also <laughs> have welcome. Superboy, the man of tomorrow. Number one, that is That's the time. Kenny Porter, Connor Kent book that won the round Robin, but now is being considered a Donna DC it's book. Donna that DC. was also released last week on the app. So you can check that out. Superman number three, Joshua Williams. Right. And I've been enjoying Superman that. Corp. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm really having fun with that book, so I'm looking forward Shirtless to that. Shirtless Howard Stern in a wheelchair. Yeah, there you go. I always wanted that. The Flash 797. What are we doing with that one? It's now the, the woman at Warzone. Remember, the, they have to find. Oh, and that's right. The thing is, I have to apologize. I said to you, oh, it says new baby. It doesn't say new babysitter. <laughs> it just says they get a speedster babysitter. So I do think it'll just be Ace. Yes, anyway, Ace. Yeah. yeah. But maybe we'll have fun with it. I don't know. And then we have Wonder Woman. 798, a book that I don't like, but I'm looking forward to it because Ooh, Revenge it is of the involved. Gods tie in? It's involved in the Revenge of the Gods, and maybe some things will happen. Maybe that event will start with the penultimate issue of the whole entire thing. I doubt Why does it, that happen we'll so often? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's one of those things. Either things don't start until it ends, until or it end, just yeah. ends out of nowhere, and then you're like, God, dude, huh. it's not going great. Well, that was something. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, but we're, we're trying to have fun. But at least we have more books. That's a bunch more books next week. Yeah, than we and I'm looking week. forward to a bunch of those. I would think that on the Superboy, the Man of Tomorrow is definitely going to be on the spot. That's a lock. Yeah, that's a lock. And I do think that other than that, deceased. I think it's going to be deceased. Where the undead gods ate and Superboy. Honestly, for the, the first Man time ever, good pick. You think those are good picks? I think that there will be those. And first time ever. That be yeah. out of nowhere, Batgirl. So maybe, but. Some of these I'm, I am looking forward to. Some girls of Wonder Woman, the Clunrad Patreon spotlight. The funny thing is in the Clunrad stuff, and I do think they are not very good, but I don't hate when Batgirls comes out because I know it's going to get wonky and we're going to have some fun talking about it. So I don't mind that. Catwoman, though, I just I know that people people did like when we were yelling and screaming about it. Freaking precious! I mean, precious. Doesn't make any sense. I don't even. What was? What is it? Precious? What the fuck's that cat's name? <laughs> Duchess. Duchess. I mean, precious. Duchess and the thing just makes me laugh oh, so Duchess. much. It makes me laugh so much. And now you kind of got rid of that. I'm like, that was the heart and soul of the book. Duchess in the vents. It was not the heart of Duchess soul. Duchess in the vents. That cat better turn out oh, to be Valmont. See, I we, swear to God. we never got the scene like in The Simpsons when Santa's little helper was there and you got Willie. He's greased himself up. I wanted that. You could have had one of those people in the, you know, the, the cops and things or what are they the called? The best Guards? part about that, it was, an, it was an Alien 3 parody. That was the best part of it. Yeah, well, you could do that again. Nobody remembers shit. Everybody recycles stuff except actually things they should recycle, right? That's what Greta told me. How dare you? Nobody likes to recycle, but plot, they'll do that. They'll throw that in the recycle bin, Eric. You know what I'm saying? Do your part. I'm doing mine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, really. Uh, it's give a hoot, don't pollute. All that, though, maybe we'll get some good stories. I think that as we get towards the September and a lot of the Dawn of DC stuff, I'm really, really hoping that things pick up a bit and things mean more. You say that. I'm saying June. June, screw that, because June happens and then all those books get shut down for July and August. I'm not going to get excited about things that but end why, up being Jim? shut down. What? But why? But why? Because we have night terrors in July and August. Exactly, you, Jim. Event. We have night terrors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's not excited? I'm telling you. 
night terrors. Yeah, so those are writing songs about that goddamn effect. I know. And and the problem is I'm singing falsetto. You can't hear a damn word I'm saying. I'm throwing shade oh, there. Look, that I, I wasn't going to say something, but good. I'm glad you understand. You, know, you you can understand if you listen to it, but it's tough. It's tough getting I that got there through. halfway through. Yeah, yeah. It's throwing shade, Eric. That's all you have to know. Um, but yeah, that, that night terrors, not a lot of people. I, I had, and just as a segue, we'll be going off to me talking about the announcements of night terrors. It's a two parter that's kind of wedged in the together. It was originally a YouTube video. So if you want to go watch the video, it's at Weird Science Comics. All the things that we talk will be in the show notes, but I even put a poll up on the YouTube to see, Hey, are you into this? Are you going to get involved? And nobody. <laughs> Nobody really cares now, and everybody wants did out. Did you also have a third column in there that says, What is night terrors? No, I was gonna put that, but then assholes just put that and I'd never get a real answer because that's all it ends up being. So I put yes or no. I actually had a third what is night and I'm like, no, nope, I'm not doing it because then people start getting goofy and want to be funny. I ain't playing games with you assholes. I needed a response. I needed a gut reaction of are you in are you excited or not? That's it. If you don't know what it is, I guess you're not excited. But yeah, it had a bunch of people respond, and it's it's a lot of no's. A lot of people comments in the video are just, what is this? And this seems like bullshit, and I don't <laughs> like it. A lot of people did end up saying, and I gave them some credit, because at first I didn't really even think, yeah, it does ruin the momentum of anything Dawn of DC, because you then shut down everything Kinda. for two months. But also, Night Terrors. With a K. Legitimately, the way it says, we're going to have to. <laughs> all you need is a K, a K. And that's all the kids oh care about. God. I mean, Shazam's in that with an S. You end up where we'll get the full solicits probably next week. Maybe. I guess, yeah, it wasn't this week. It'll be next week. We'll get yeah, the full nice. deal. Then we'll see, okay, what books are going to continue during this. But it does seem like a lot will just be shut down. But you'll have a Shazam book that will have one issue. And then you shut it down for two months, get a Shazam Night but, Terrors with a K, exactly. one and two. But what does that mean? I don't get it. Are we it. really shutting down Shazam when we're still getting Shazam? Yeah. Well, yeah. are we? <laughs> I don't know. I go, no. no it's, it's such, it just, feel, it just feels so, like, such a misplay. Like, something they just are. And it does seem like they're throwing some things out there. They're, they, if we're worried about everybody, they're really worried. And the sales haven't been Look, great. I'm so. telling you, the thing is, Dawn of DC was supposed to do all the heavy lifting for him. It's not working so far because... Because it's strips and traps. When you bring out a round-robin digital first book and say, oh, yeah, this is also Dawn of DC. And you know, this is Harley Quinn number 28. But here's what we get so far. You're, you not, get you're not selling it. Action Comics, which continues... And all the big books are just six-issue minis. Yeah, and, yeah. And, well, you get Action Comics, which continues the legacy numbering. So a lot of people... And continues the story. So saying it's a Dawn of yeah. DC... That's fine. It turns into an anthology. And who doesn't want to read about Paige? So you get that. But that feels <laughs> like, okay, that Superman legitimately right now. Legit. Legit Dawn of DC book. And I think that Definitely. that's one of coming up in two weeks, you get Green Arrow. And I'm telling you, legit, legit, that's going to give you the vibe. But Again, and it should, but it should be more than a six issue mini. The thing is, it is. And I wish that they just called it Green Arrow Full, Green Arrow, the search for Green Arrow, something, because it does seem like that Green could Rebirth. Be, that could be when we find them, then we'll get the real, you know, ongoing, possibly. But you can also do that in the beginning of a series. Yeah, you could, but still. So we get Harley Quinn 28. That's the biggest bunch <laughs> of bullshit I've ever heard. And that <laughs> issue sucks. So there's that. Especially after reading it. So then we get. 
that people want Connor so desperately so they don't mind this Man of Tomorrow deal. But that was a digital first that was going to be the round robin that, that they, do with Donna DC. they kind of pulled back and waited and then put it out. So not really a Donna DC book miniseries. Then we get the Unstoppable Doom Patrol. Okay, that is a... Okay, I can see it. It's legit, but the problem is now we're talking where we said out now so far, me and you agree, Superman legit and Doom yeah. Patrol? Doom Patrol should have yeah, been coming still. out in the summer and you should have been putting Shazam out now or you should have had Green Arrow already out or you should have had Green Lantern. We don't need Doom Doom Patrol right now. That's kind of a side. It's just nonsense. It's nonsense. And people may like it. But people are begging that, for it. I don't think that people are saying, oh my God. Like People would say, Mark Wade Shazam, I'm going to get that. And then, okay, we're starting to get some momentum. But I don't think people, oh, my God, the Unstoppable Doom Patrol by Dennis Culver. Oh, and in DC, June, we'll, here we go. In June, when we finally get Flash number 800 and Wonder Woman number 800, is that the official start of their Dawn of DC? Well, but they go they go away. <laughs> they go I'm away. Saying, and, but is that their official start of Dawn of DC, though? No. No, I think that, that you're going to get uh, Mark Wade, Jeff Johns doing back-in-the-day stories. This is the Flash, at least. You get, like, back-in-the-day stories kind of things, and then you get like, the well, finally story of Jeremy Adams, and then it's a celebration issue. Then they'll go yeah. away. So, really, then you get Night Terrors, Flash, and and then we get Cy Spurrier in September, where some people may. Cosmic I don't know. Horror. Cosmic horror. You know, because nobody wants the Flash family. Nobody, Eric. Uh, unfortunately, well, that's why we can't have nice things. It is true. It is true. But I think that I, I wish that all these books came in within three months. They were all hit, boom, 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 and then everybody's excited. Word of mouth starts going, but we're gonna have to wait for September for that. I think, and maybe what you're playing is okay. But in the meantime, <laughs> night terrors. The idea is like, listen, this whole dawn of DC is not working. We need something going on. How about we put out a real shitty event? For two months, then people will really be cramming we up don't for know the it's Dawn a shitty of DC. Event. I'm telling you, it's like the idea of like, oh my God, anything could be better than this Night Terrors with a K. Let me check out that Dawn of DC. Do not future state this. It might be okay. I, I actually sat there with, like you said, future state or even a convergence. I do try and I'm going to do a video because I did read the free comic book day of Night Terrors. I'm not going to spoil it, but I'll have a little, you know, little talk on that. But also the idea of, what is the concept? Why are they doing it? Because these other things always seem to have a reason. You're moving. You want to have these characters, and you don't really know what to do because you we fired the deal. We want off. Don't be a jerk. Holiday, holiday. That is true. So I want to I wanna kind of discuss that at one point. But all in all, with all that, we're done here. Uh, again, though, stay tuned if you haven't already well, stick listened. Around. There's more. I'll be talking about the Night Terrors even more, going through the solicits and the creative teams and maybe losing my mind on some of them. But I keep saying at the Is end, there? I say at the end, the idea, let's, you know, wait and see. Maybe these things can impress us, though. They seem a little weird. But then after that, it presses me so hard. Then after that, we're going to have a little bonus coverage where we'll have a couple of our Patreon only spotlights. Hey, did you ever sit back and think to yourself, I wonder what those weird science guys do on their Patreon spotlight? Well, you don't have to worry. You wonder won't anymore have to wonder. We're tell you. You'll we're see. Show you. And we'll have that. And also, just as an aside, Something that I was excited about, and then I forgot all about it. But they had been trying to get they've been trying to get previews for the Patreon. If you go to the Patreon normally, you're like, oh, I'll check this out, and really all you're going to see is a wall of 
you know, blacked out pictures with locks, with locks, 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 locks right? Locks. They change that now, and you actually can get previews of the shows. Most of them will be the first five Pretty minutes sweet. of each of the shows. So if you are, you know, hey, I want to see what that's about, or I want to see what you can go now and and listen to the first five minutes. And I may start doing things where I'll go, okay, well, I think me and Eric talk some funny shit here, and I'll I'll adjust it, but it'll be. Probably all of them five minutes worth of the show that you can see and see what you go into and what you will get. So that's another thing. So check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. Also go to the Twitter at weird science DC. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Go to our website, weird science DC comics.com. And that's that. Again, go to the Patreon and go to the YouTube channel, weird science comics. All of that said and done for now, Eric. What do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. Week. Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Welcome to physics. It doesn't matter. All right. Now that Eric is gone, we can get down to brass tacks, right? We could end up doing some fun stuff because Mr. No Fun has left the building. I'm joking, obviously, but... What we're going to get coming up here are two things kind of combined into one. I ended up doing two videos on our YouTube channel, which is Weird Science Comics, if you wanted to know that, about the upcoming Night Terrors. When they ended up releasing the creative teams and the books, I ended up doing two separate shows because they released them in two separate days. So I combined them here. And I'll let you listen to them If you've already watched the videos with that And don't want to listen to it Look at the show notes Because after this We'll get back to some of the reviews And reviews of things that were Originally on the Patreon And I'm talking about One Bad Day, Rachel Ghoul And the Adventures of Superman John Kent Number 1 So if you want to do that Show note it Miss this out Skip this, whatnot. But If you want to listen to and watch some videos like the stuff you're going to listen to right now, please check out our YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics. All the things that we talk about will be in the show notes, but you can just type in Weird Science Comics on YouTube and you're sure to find us. And I do all the stuff there. I do reviews for books each week and also have little news items and commentary and stuff. And there's also Marvel and manga as well as DC over there as well. So check it out. But here we go. Like I said, I hope you enjoy this all about the upcoming big event of the summer, the spookiest months of the year. This is the news on Night Terrors. I don't know if this is breaking news, but I'm going to hit the soundbite anyway because I like it so much. But what DC did today was release the creative teams that will be involved in this summer's Night Terrors event. If you're not aware, Night Terrors is with a K. And it's also a horror event happening in the scariest months of the year, July and August. Now, when it was first announced, I didn't see a lot of people getting excited about it. And what scares me is these two-month events, if you've been reading DC for a bit, you know they tend to do this. The last time was in Future State. And I was worried then, as I am worried now, that this is going to be more of a jumping-off point for people than a jumping-on point. But If you are somebody who's like, yeah, I'm not going to get involved in that, just remember that in September, we're going to have a lot of Dawn of DC books hit, a bunch of creative team changes. So I would end up, if you're not going to get involved in Night Terrors, you know, go on a two-month holiday and then come back in September when things will really matter. Because 
they release the creative teams on these books. And really, that's the scariest thing of the whole event for me. And I actually, it feels like DC came to me and said, Jim, can you write down your least favorite writers that are at DC right now? And I'm like, oh, that's easy. Okay, Matthew Rosenberg, Teeny Howard. I know Danny Lore hasn't done much, but Danny Lore. And then they grabbed the list and said, ha ha, we punked your ass. We're actually going to sign books in the night terrors with your list. I'm like, why are you mind freaking me? Where's Chris Angel? Is he mind freaking me? Because why would you do that? Why would you get my least favorites and put them on books? I think they're just, you know, they hate me, I guess. But so when we go into this, I'm going to try to be positive. But I mean, it's one of those things like Ice Cube once sang, you know, I tried my best, but my best wasn't good enough. And I I think that's what's going to happen here with me, because I don't know about this. But if you're not familiar with Night Terrors, here's a little rundown of what it will be. It was announced in February, and Night Terrors is a summer horror-themed DC event launching in July. The event's opening one-shot, Night Terrors First Blood Number 1, does not have to do with Rambo, but be cool if it did, comes out July 4th from writer Joshua Williamson and Howard Porter. And we'll see Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, as I call the Trinity, uncover the death of one of their first enemies within the Hall of Justice. The investigation will introduce them to a new villain, Insomnia, which I have to tell you, I've been fighting that villain for quite some time. And with that experience, I'd like to offer some free advice to the Trinity. The thing that really can defeat insomnia is lots of alcohol and some pills. That usually does it, but I don't know. They might go a different route. Now, insomnia will use their deadly powers to plunge the entire DC universe into darkness as heroes and villains alike have to confront their worst nightmares. Okay. That sounds decent enough, and that will continue on with a four-issue main event book by Joshua Williamson with art by Giuseppe Comancoli, Stefano Nessi, and Casper Wingard. And Casper Wingard, I believe, might be the center for the Raiders. I don't know. Uh, But you get the first two books, Night Terrors 1 and 2, and a bit of the solicits for these, and it seems cool enough. I actually don't think that the main book will be that bad. We'll get to the point where why they have tie-ins and stuff like that, but here are what the first two books will be about. Night Terrors number one comes out July 11th, and the first issue will see Boston brand dead men work with Batman as they try to discover what insomnia wants with the DC Universe. Now, I think they just want to cause nightmares like Freddy Krueger. That's what I think. Maybe they're even battling Freddy Krueger. I don't know, but that sounds okay, and I love dead men. Just as long as it's not that bastardized version that we got in Wonder Woman from the Clune Rats. I mean, that was not good How at all. Dare you? But we're not getting that. See, some things are working out here. Night Terrors number two will follow on July 25th. And that is you'll see Wesley Dodds, the Sandman, join the action as he works with Batman and Deadman to investigate a case that ultimately sees them run into Insomnia's deadly army, the Sleepless Nights. Now, that's with a K and it makes me giggle every time. But when is this well going to run dry? This K with nights, it's got to come to an end at some point, but maybe not. It makes me giggle every time. So that's the Joshua Williamson stuff. And yeah, I think that a lot of people are wary of Joshua Williamson on event books. I mean, to be nice, that dark crisis was utter horse crap. So, you know, with all that, I'd be worried too, but. He is, if you remember, I mean, not so much at DC, but he is a horror comic writer. 
He ends up having that last ride right now. He had stuff like Nailbiter and he even had that Frostbite book that was pretty good. I think that's what it was called back in the day that he does do horror a little bit better. It seems like he gets more inspired with that. So I could get behind his stuff here. And maybe DC just should have made this, you know, a one shot followed by a four issue event book, but no tie ins. You don't need tie ins. I mean, the tie ins. For the most part in that Lazarus planet is what brought that crashing down and it, it always happens. But you know, they want to end up hitting the cash register and they want to end up making some money on it. So they always do add these tie-ins. But I'm gonna get into the tie-ins now, and this is where I was talking about the creative teams, and all this sounds like a bunch of hogwash, as the kids say. And I don't know why they would do this, and I don't know how anybody could read these and think, boy, that sounds cool. That sounds scary. First up is Night Terrors the Joker number one. Now, it makes enough sense that Matthew Rosenberg is writing this because he's writing the Joker, the man who stopped laughing. I don't know if you're aware of the sequel, Jimmy, the guy who stopped reading, but it it makes sense enough, except it doesn't make sense that book's still going on, in my opinion. But you get this, and okay, here's the first one, the Joker, huge character. What are we going to get here? The Joker's a scary guy. What could possibly scare him? This might be really cool. All right. It releases on July 4th, written by Matthew Rosenberg and Stefano Raffaele. And we'll see the clown prince of crime faces all-time greatest fear. An office job. Yep, we're going to play that game. We're going to be all jokes. And why? Why are we doing this? This already just, I'm, I'm out. I'm out right now with this but it continues and this solicits only a couple sentences long but it, it goes on way too when you're the clown prince of crime what kind of nightmare do you have working a nine to five office job oh my goodness you did it again matthew rosenberg you are so funny how will the joker handle meetings that could have been emails oh, all right you already went too far it, it's like matthew rosenberg and I, I don't know that he wrote the solicit but this is the idea of it And if you've been reading The Man Who Stopped Laughing, you know, when he's going in hard against In-N-Out Burger or, oh, my God, that LAX, what a nightmare, right? That one was just right into the ground. It's just not funny. I don't find him a funny guy at all. But he also continues, well, why did management cancel Bring Your Child to Work Day? I don't know. Who? (laughs) I don't care. Who will want to make small talk at the coffee machine? Somebody who likes small talk? I don't know. Who? I wish it said, who's going to say working hard or hardly working? Because you know that'll be in there like seven times. What is Alexis going to pick up for lunch? I don't know. Cheesesteaks, maybe? Soup? And who is the masked madman terrorizing Gotham at night? All right, at least the end seems something, but that, that just sounds awful. I don't need that. I mean, why would you end up buying that uh, just to have just lame jokes? It could be better. Again, let's wait and see. But I I think I'm reading the writing on the wall, and now I'm depressed. That's what it ends up doing. I love the idea when somebody thinks they're funny, but they're more depressing than anything else. Because any time I think or read anything from Matthew Rosenberg, I want to jump off a roof. The next deal is Night Terror's Poison Ivy number one. Makes sense. G. Will Wilson is writing it. She's writing the Poison Ivy book right now. And really, just to step aside a second, it's like 
these tie-ins are just reminding me of all the things I hate right now at DC. Like, where's the good stuff? Is that here? That's the, the nightmare. Night Terror's Poison Ivy number one releases again on July 4th, and it's from G. Willow Wilson and Akgan Ilhan. The issue will see Pamela Isley stuck in a WandaVision-like world full of outlandish imagery and uncomfortable mundanity. Can't even say that word. And don't bring WandaVision into this, please. We're at DC. Have have some pride. I don't know. That's another one. Out the door. I should flush all these. I need the toilet. All right. There's two books flush. Next one is Night Terrors Black Adam, number one. The funny thing is I don't mind this one because it's very nondescript and I do like Jeremy Hahn because it is written and illustrated by Jeremy Hahn. Also hits the shelves July 4th. Black Adam has no choice but to defend conduct when insomnia's attack threatens to destroy his people by way of horrific nightmares. Oh, my God. Insomnia causes nightmares is going to give people in conduct nightmares. Oh, my. I guess I wonder if it's going to be like a group nightmare and they're going to think, oh, my God, we're under attack. Or they're going to all think, oh, that Black Adam, he's sus. He's a jerk. Who knows? It'd be probably like that, but I don't know. Maybe that will be one, but I don't know. I'm kind of done with Black Adam right now. Night Terror's Catwoman, number one. Here comes Teeny Howard. I wonder how many things they're going to eat in this one. It comes from writer Teeny Howard and artist Leela Lees and will come out July 18th. Selena Kyle grapples with the fact that she recently killed her lover, Valmont. Really? Like, I, why are we de- during a climactic encounter with Punchline and then finds herself thrown into the nightmare realm? All right. I think that the play here, it don't. I think now stick with me here. If I was writing this and I was nonsense like Teeny Howard, I might do the thing where the nightmare realm is actually like, man, it's pretty cool here. Like that shit going on in the real realm. That stuff sucks. But in this nightmare realm. At least I can kind of have some fun here. You know, Catwoman just want to have fun. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But really, Valmont, again, I say that we're going to the well with the K in night, but Valmont, that well was never even full. Get that out of here. And the next one, Night Terror's Punchline, number one. Oh, by Danny Lore. So what you, what you end up having here is Punchline comes out. James Tiny creates the character. You end up Teeny Howard pretty much almost buries the character, right? Characters almost buried, and then Danny Lore comes in to slam it shut and put the nails in it, if you ask me, because Danny Lore stinks. Night Terror's Punchline Number 1 by Danny Lore and Lucas Meyer on art. Releases July 18th, Alexis K. And they, they put Alexis Kane. It, it was Punchline. If you have a character that your company doesn't even know how to spell the last name, that is trouble. That is a character they have cut out with. They have now left her behind. Uh, Punchline finds herself trapped within a horror movie after desperately trying to bury her fears. I'm sure the fears are, I'm too much like Harley Quinn. Everybody likes Harley. And the Joker, he's not nice to me. That's all we get. Danny Lord. And with Danny Lord, dialogue out the wazoo. I guarantee dialogue that says nothing but takes so long to read. That is my prediction. Next up is Night Terrors Harley Quinn. Number one, Speak of the Devil, comes out July 25th. Again, from Teeny Howard, I will mention that if you have an event and Teeny Howard's doing two of the books, that event sucks. And Hayden Sherman. Wish it was Hayden Christensen, but it's not. It's Hayden Sherman. DC teased of this issue. 
Quote, Harley's nightmare world is one where every choice creates a series of infinitely rippling profane reverberations, which I'm going to put this through the translator. It's a bunch of bullshit. Plus, Leah Williams. Oh, my God. I mean, how how can you really screw up a book? Hoo-wee. And Ben Templesmith on art, which I do like. Help Harley crack a cosmic mystery. Night terror in their backup story. Why do we need a backup story? And why from Leah Williams? Oh, back that shit up right out the door. I'm, I'm not, I want it to be positive. <laughs> I'm positively getting angry. Uh, but yeah, there you go. I'm flushing that. I forgot the flush. I, uh, I'll go back then. Catwoman flush. Punchline flush. Ooh, that Catwoman flush wasn't much of a, that was like a courtesy flush for the punchline. And then Harley Quinn flush. Sounds like my house. We have everybody. Everybody run to the bathroom. It's, a, it's amazing. We have seven people. We have five kids, me and my wife. And there's only been like one time in my entire life that I had to use the bathroom so desperately and somebody was in it. Only once. It's The odds are not in my favor going forward. I'll tell you that. I'm getting older, too. So, you know, sometimes that old gasket, it starts to wear out. I got to watch myself, you know? You know what I'm saying? Oh, my. Night Terror's Angel Breaker, number one, is the last book of the list. Angel Breaker, you know, the breakout character that's been in three panels so far. Though I like the connection with Angel Breaker at points. People forget about Angel Breaker, again, was only in a couple panels, a couple issues of the whole Dark Crisis, that sort of thing, and even Deathstroke, Inc. And I do like the character as a concept and like the Black Canary connection, and then also the Talia al Ghul connection as well. So I don't know. I, I don't need a book with her in this, but I guess, I mean, compared to the rest, I, I might end up liking this second most. But that comes out July 25th, written by Tim Seeley with art by Aki Bright. I want to tell you, Aki Bright, if you have insomnia, you finally get to sleep at 6 a.m. And then some asshole opens up the shades and the sun goes in. Then and you're like, Aki Bright. And then Aki Bright shows up, starts doing caricatures of you on roller skates because, you know, kids love the roller skates. So you end up having this and what DC says is deep in an abandoned Cobra safe. Cobra? I thought they got <laughs> destroyed by Leviathan. Are we actually getting rid of a lot of the things that Brian Michael Bendis ruined? And the DC say it ain't so. Also, Cobra, I guess in this they're taking time out from kidnapping D- Deadshot's daughter. That's all they ever do. Uh, they Cobra has a uh, and also getting their you know little kid who's going to be their big what is it the Naha the Naha Naha uh, I don't know what am I saying I think I activated some agents somewhere probably in Leviathan too Cobra Safehouse is a device able to access dream powers of John D aka Doctor Destiny as heroes across the world succumb to nightmares Angel Breaker wants it wants it bad wants it rough. Now to infiltrate a hall of horrors, she'll need to help uh, of the help of a personal thief, the man known as Raptor. Oh, the, Tim Seeley, like, is it, he's what everybody's going back to some sort of well here, and these wells are poison. Please tell them that you don't go to the wells to here. These DC wells suck. But Angel Angel Breaker and Raptor in an issue. Remember, Raptor actually back in the day, one of the worst things that ever happened though was that Raptor actually brought Deathstroke back to life 
by giving him his leper blood, which activated the Tetsutro's healing factor that made him come back to life. It was the most ridiculously stupid thing I've ever read in my life. But there you go. Angel Breaker and Raptor aren't exactly friends. Uh, Who even knows these characters? They're like walking around. Raptor was in the background at points in that Robin series. Nobody even knew him. They're like, who's this old dude who has the... Remember Soyulak, that gauntlet? I, for some reason, how much I hate Raptor anymore, I certainly know things about him. Can the mysterious Merc trust a man who feels nothing but grudges as the strange pair encounter a horror as old as the Coda Sisterhood and even more dangerous? I don't even know what that is. What the hell is even that? I don't even know what that said at the end. Oh, my goodness gracious. But that's it. Those are the times. I'd like to hear what people think of this. I just, I don't know. It just does not sound good. And and really, I think that uh, as I'm sitting here and I just finished recording, does any of this make sense? Does anything that I've said make any bit of sense? And maybe we're all being punked, but with all the cool news that dropped this week with the stuff Mark Wade's doing, you know, the spiritual sequel to Superman Birthright or his world's finest Teen Titans like, that's cool stuff. That People are excited. Let's get to that. And then you get this, and it's just like, all right. And and usually what happens, I, I think a lot of people are like me, unfortunately for them, but you end up wanting to see these creative teams. Okay, you can tell me all about the horror show that we're going to get in July and August, but who's involved? Who's going to be writing it? And the minute that I saw Teeny Howard, you know, Matthew Rosenberg, Danny Lore, Leah Williams, I... You just have to just, all right, like, this is really going to suck. But maybe they'll get lucky. Maybe we'll all get lucky. And in that, I mean that DC will cancel this before it comes out and just have the regular books go so that people don't leave. And and in this, all in all, you know, I like to have fun and we start yelling and screaming about things and whatnot. But everything that I do, I do because I love DC Comics. I love the DC Comics and their characters so much that I can get through some of these periods, but other people can't. And I'm starting to, you know, worry myself because it's just not hitting. And some of the stuff is, but I've talked about it on a bunch of shows. I've talked about it with Wes from Thinking Critical a lot. The idea that DC has some really good books at the top. Like, oh, my God, those are really kick-ass. And then you drop all the way to the bottom. There's not a lot of middle ground for a lot of these books. It's either great or sucks. I don't like that. I'd love it if all were great, but we got to get at least some decent things in here. And this just, it just reeks of nonsense. It just reeks of, eh, let's throw something out in the summer. It's just that it's a horror event in the summer just shows you they're like, we don't have much to do. They want to shut down the books so that with that Wonder Woman and the Flash get completely shut down because they're going to restart in September. That gives Tom King on Wonder Woman and Cy Spurrier on the Flash a little bit more time to get those ready. I get why they do some of these things, but this doesn't seem good. But again, let me know what you think. Let me know what you are looking forward to, not looking forward to in the comments below, because I want to get excited. Get me excited about this, please. Can somebody excite me at all? That's all I ask is somebody excite me for a little. But just let me know what you think. And, yeah, that's it. There we go. I'm going to go and be depressed now. But thanks, everybody. And I'll talk to you all 
later. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Welcome back. We have more Night Terrors breaking news. We get some more books and some more creative teams here. This will round out and give us a look at all of the books that we'll have. They ended up first announcing what they call the villain books. And I put that in quotes because I don't know that Catwoman fans are going to agree with that. But that wasn't very impressive. But what I ended up worrying about is it would be a jumping off point for people rather than a jumping on point. I think that that's what most people were saying in the comments, that they weren't looking forward to this, that they were just going to bail on this whole, you know, night tears with a K. Now, I ended up saying in that video, trying to be positive, because, you know, I'm positive, Jimmy. I said, hey, everybody, if you do bail, come back in September, because in September you're going to get a lot of these Dawn of DC books coming out and even creative team changes on The Flash and Wonder Woman. So I ended up not even going further than that. And I have to give a shout out to Ahmed Binbakar. And I hope I said that right. Ahmed ended up going that next level and really getting upset and saying, what is DC doing? They have the dawn of DC, their big thing going forward. They have that going on. And they're just going to end up destroying any momentum that it has by shutting down all the books and having this night ter- night terrors isn't the thing that's going to drive your line forward it's the dawn of dc that should take precedent over this sort of bullshit but here we are and whoever's in charge i don't know should they be fired yes will they be no so there you go but we did get more books more creative teams and i will tell you it's kind of like the you know Be careful what you wish for or don't wish for, because I ended up being very happy that Clunrad was not involved in that initial bunch, and they're involved here, and on my favorite character. We'll get to that, but I do think that some of these creative teams and some of these books will have some people maybe say, you know, I'm not looking forward to this, but I'll get that book at least, or I'll get this. Now, I'm not going to tell you that these two-issue tie-ins will mean anything, But say you are a Mark Wade fan and what he's doing, he has a book. Say you are, I don't know, a Josie Campbell fan. (laughs) She has a book. I don't know. We're going to go through these right now. And you could decide each one, you know, hey, I get that or I won't. I'll let you know what I think, obviously. And I'll try not to get too depressed by the end. And we will end up, this will be the title, the creative team, and then a little description about what the books are about. And some of these, you might have to sit down to listen to. Some of these are a bunch of hogwash. But we'll start with Night Terrors Wonder Woman, number one, written by Josie Campbell and Stephanie Williams, with art by Juan Ferreira and Megan Petrick. I'm a huge Juan Ferreira fan. One thing I will point out, a little bit different than most of the ones we got in that first round, there's definitely going to be backups to a bunch of these. And that only means that they're going to be even more expensive, which will be another reason why people will not get this. Or they'll just end up making everything straight up five bucks, six. Who knows? They don't give the prices yet, but I expect the worst. But there's Night Terrors, Wonder Woman. Like I said, Josie Campbell, Stephanie Williams, Juan Freire, Megan Hetrick, and it comes out on July 18th. Here is the description, which if you are possibly a JLD fan, Maybe this will be for you. After investigating an alarming intrusion at the now-defunct Hall of Justice, 
Wonder Woman and her unexpected new ally, Detective Chimp, who I kind of think is an old ally on that JLD team, but suddenly find themselves in a world where their worst nightmares come to life. If I know Detective Chimp like I know Detective Chimp, that means that it's a dry nightmare. No alcohol served, prohibition, Detective Chimp will lose his mind. But who could possibly defeat things that go bump in the night? The Justice League Dark. So there, I think some people may get excited about that. The Amazon princess reunites with her old team to save the world from a sweet dream turned into a beautiful nightmare. I almost thought that that said sweat dream for, you know, we've all had some of those now and again, right? I, I shouldn't even hit that. I'll, I'll go back and do that. We've all had one of those. We? Oh, my goodness. Plus... Queen Nubia, this is why you get Stephanie Williams on it. Queen Nubia finds herself trapped in the Well of Souls. It's one of those things in the Wonder Woman books. The Well of Souls is a big thing. But since the trial of the Amazons, even before, you know, Clunrad, Stephanie Williams, they have mucked up that Well of Souls so much that I just think Queen Nubia might be hanging out and has turned it into a hot tub. That's what I think. Hot tub night terrors. We'll call it with a K. Next one is, and I'll I'll say, I'm not going to flush that one. I'm actually going to, you know, that might be okay. I'm not so big on the writers, but I kind of like the idea of the JLD. We'll get the JLD mentioned in another book as well, so wait for that. The next one, though, is Night Terror's Superman Number 1, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Tom Riley, and that comes out July 18th. Now we're going to start. Now this is, again, you're getting Joshua Williamson. He is the guy who's leading the charge. He's running this whole event. We all already mentioned in that first video how well that Dark Crisis went, you know, stuff like that. But you would expect this description of this book. Joshua Williams is Superman. He's on the Dawn of DC Superman. Everything's clicking here. And this sounds like a lot of malarkey. Clark Kent knows why he's been pulled into the nightmare realm and goes in search of his family and friends, but that journey takes him to the haunted nightly world, not with a K, nightly planet. It, it, what? Like, that's it. Again, that just sounds like not, uh, where he is confronted by the Super Reaper. All right. I hope he looks just like the Batman who laughs so I could hate him even more. In the waking world, though, Superman was mid flight. When he was hit by the nightmare wave and where he crash lands will surprise you. I'm more surprised at something as stupid sounding as the nightmare wave, which to me kind of brings up visions of stuff going on at Marvel, the Terrigen Misrals in the town, but also like the Lazarus ring, like the nightmare wave. You can't just have these people go to sleep and just have the nightmares, right? The nightmare wave. Also, Super Reaper which sounds like a monster truck, and also Nightly Planet, which I don't know, that, that kind of sounds sexy. But that whole de- that just sounds terrible. <laughs> that sounds really, that sounds terrible. Oh, my goodness. We'll move on to Night Terrors, Action Comics number one. If you thought stuff in that Superman sounded terrible, wait till you hear this, because Night Terrors, Action Comics number one is written by Leah Williams, and Philip Kenny Johnson. All right, Philip Kenny Johnson. Nobody else, right? I didn't say Leah Williams. <laughs> oh, God. And art by Vasco Georgiev and Miko Soyan. And that comes out July 25th. And I think I said it, but Superman number one comes out July 18th. So if I didn't, there you go. 
here's where we go. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, Leah Williams, we're going to get more Power Girl stuff. Even thinking that in my head, I didn't know what was going on at the beginning of the solicit until it dawned on me that what's going on is complete and utter horseshit because it says Paige may have that page. I, I, I'm serious. I sat there. I'm like, oh, Seth is Paige. Oh, that's Power Girl now. All right. Now I realize why I'm going to hate this. <laughs> and it, it's listed as the main thing. You end up an action comic still where it looks like the main story is a Leah Williams page Power Girl story. Seriously, I'm no Power Girl, but I can use a little mind reading and, and know that nobody's going to want to get involved in this, right? Nobody. But Phil Kenny Johnson has a backup. P- pay, <laughs> page. Page may have narrowly escaped the grasp of the devious Johnny Sorrow. That is really unfortunate for one of the few times I'm probably voting. Or rooting for the bad guy But all of that was just a warm up To the real villain inside Oh you mean Leah Williams That's the real villain Meanwhile the super twins are lost in a terrifying dreamscape And being hunted by a nightmare version Of their own adopted father The murderous cyborg Superman Can Superboy Kong Keenan And the Steel family find the twins in time To save them or will they join His bloody list of victims I would guess that the Super Twins wouldn't even know. They'd be like, oh, man, who's this cool, you know, robot-looking Superman? He looks pretty neat. I mean, the crap that they saw in War World is so much worse, in my mind, than just a robot-looking Superman that they might be duped. It'd be one of those things that would be funny through the whole issue. They think it's like, oh, man, this is fun times with Robot Daddy. And then everybody's like, no, 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 he's really bad. No, he's not that bad. Like, we had real weird people back on War World, and you weren't there, but you you can't imagine. But yeah, Leah Williams, that's all we have to say. I did laugh. At one point, somebody did mention in the comments that if Leah Williams <laughs> is getting work, then you know that they've gone to the bottom of the barrel. Now this is two books she's on. That doesn't make any damn sense. All right, so what does the Bat side of things have for us? Well, we'll start with Night Terror's Batman number one, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Gilliam March and backup art by David LaFuente. Hopefully Joshua Williamson can write his wrongs of what we just read earlier in the Superman solicit, but here we go. Ever since becoming Batman, Bruce Wayne has been a creature of the night. That's with an N. But now trapped in the nightmare realm, Bruce is stalked by the horror he's created. Can he escape before his own nightmares? Pull him deeper into the darkness. You know that Batman always does create his own villains, but did he also create his own self-villain? Yeah, it doesn't seem that exciting, but yeah, it doesn't sound awful, but it just, again, it doesn't sound that original. Hopefully, though, we'll get some sort of Bat-centric originality from the next one. Next up is Night Terror's Detective Comics number one. This is something that I think people will say that they would look forward to. It's written by Dan Waters with art by Ricardo Federici, and it comes out July 25th. I'm not a huge fan of either, but I know they have fans. I actually did like Dan Waters' sort of Asriel book, a book that not a lot of people read, but I did actually enjoy that. So I can't say that I don't like Dan Waters. Ricardo Federici is one of those things that when we talk about he was on action comics. He did a lot of the War World stuff with Philip Kenny Johnson when he was on that. It's one of those weird plays, and this happens occasionally, where 
you sit there and you say, okay, this guy's art is great, but is it great comic book art? Does it actually tell a good comic book story? Because to me, it is actually too good at points in the way that it's very static. It's a very static image, which again, is kind of goofy to say on a page like that. But I think that it's better served for, say, variant covers and maybe some things where you're telling an epic recap of something. Like I could see Ricardo Frederici's art being great at the beginning of a big event book where you're saying like, oh, at the dawn of time, this like that would be awesome. But when you're doing individual sequential panels, I think that it kind of plays off a little odd. But again, I take that over, say, a Riley Rosmo every day and about 7 million times on Sunday. So I'll give you that, right? But I think that people will be into that. I don't know why I got into a discussion about Ricardo Frederici's art, but you're welcome. Jim Gordon stumbles upon a sacred ritual held by three disciples chanting around an enchanted clock. They're going to rock around the clock. They are. And one of them is wearing the robotic bat suit that Jim donned many years ago as Batman. That would be back in the DCYOU times where it was the bat bunny suit known as the rookie. And we've had that suit many a time since, especially in the James Tynan Detective Comics and Rebirth. I do like that suit, and it's kind of one of those things that the stories with Jim Gordon taking over for Batman when Bruce died with the bunny suit and stuff like that, It the concept was way better than the execution, but it's one of those things because people did hate it, but now it's kind of got like a soft spot in my heart, so I want to see what's going on here. But he says, the Bat Bunny suit, except this metal suit seems to have been soldered directly into the flesh of the wearer, that sounds a lot like a, you know, a Professor Pig thing. But instead of Dollatrons, it's Bat Bunny Sudatrons. We'll have to see. And then it goes on. What do these creatures want with Gotham? And why are they targeting Jim's daughter, Babs? This has to be a dream, right? No, it's a nightmare. They didn't put that. They should have put that, though. Uh, but I think that people might be into that one. Sounds okay. That bunny suit makes me giggle, though. Oh, rookie, we hardly knew ye. Now we get to the scourge of all these. The thing that, you know, I'm kind of positive at this point. I'm having some fun with it. And then we get to the point where, again, Ashton Kutcher got together with David Blaine, but then they also called Chris Angel over, and they wanted to punk and mind freak the hell out of me because here it is, Night Terror's Nightwing number one. Oh, Nightwing, my favorite character. Really, my favorite character is Dick Grayson, but in the envelope of things, Nightwing is put in there as well. All right, who's, oh, written by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad. Oh, my goodness gracious. I mean, the, the, the Cloonrads, who would have thought it? Unacceptable! And then they're joined by artist Dan Ayel Nicolo. It comes out July 18th, and here is the... Uh, description it doesn't sound horrible the thing that gets me with this kind of goes well hand in hand with the idea that i don't think that becky clone and michael w conrad have a lot of imagination and i think that when they do write stuff they try to go to the fan service well a lot uh but they don't really know where and when to go so they grab weird things and in this i think they're just grabbing Something not realizing that we are well past this and you don't need how many more times can we see 
the Haley Circus reenactment of when the Graysons died, the Flying Graysons, Dick Grayson's parents, because that's what all this is. I get it would be his nightmare. I think that actually his nightmare is having Becky Clunan and Michael W. Conrad writing him. And see, here we go. We have column A and column B here. Dick wakes up in a jail to realize a nightmare has come to life. He murdered someone he loves. And we could decide who that might be. You would say Babs right away. And this is a nightmare realm, so why not? I have a feeling it's going to be something else. It's going to be something ridiculous. It's going to be his sister. Eh, there you go. And the only thing making it worse is his past coming to haunt him in the form of humanoid pigs playing the characters of his childhood at Haley's Circus. Humanoid pigs acting out the Flying Grayson's death. Well, to me, they're doing it scene by scene. So I'm sitting there and, you know, maybe you could think of the worst thing that ever happened to you. And that would be tough to re, you know, rewatch that to see it play. But when it's done by humanoid pigs, it kind of takes you out of that. I don't know that me personally could suspend my disbelief enough to not just laugh that there's a bunch of pigs doing trapeze shit all over the place. That'd be pretty funny. Just imagine you got these pigs and these singlets, the flying, the flying Graysons. I want to come up with a clever, different deal of what they would call the fly, the frying Graysons, right? Like bacon? I don't know. I can't come up with that. It's so stupid. I can just imagine they're doing it, and they're they're waiting for this reaction from Nightwing, and he's like, "The hell's going? What are you pigs doing? Like, well, what are you what are you guys doing here?" And when he says that, he didn't realize that Harvey Bullock and a couple guys are behind him. They get offended by that, think that he's calling them out and using derogatory things to the police, and they beat the living shit out of Nightwing. That's a nightmare. Here we go. And then I'm telling you. Harvey would put his cigar out right on the forehead of Dick. It'd be the worst. Holy moly. And then it says leading up to the night of his parents' death, you know, played out by pigs. The Batgirls try to help Nightwing figure out who framed him or why he killed someone. But it's his, but it's his cellmates and others, unlikely villains in jail who may help him solve the mystery. You know, the mystery that doesn't really mean anything because it's a nightmare. Oh, God, I hope that at one point you end up, the pigs are trapezing around. One guy's getting real flamboyant, and they tell him not to ham it up. <laughs> That'd be good. See, this could be fun, right? It's going to be nonsense. Again, it, one thing that I will point out, and something that me and Eric, who we do the DC Comics stuff together, especially our main podcast, and we were talking about this Night Terrors, it does remind us of what was the, I think, James Robinson event in the new 52 gothtopia where it was like this idyllic gotham it was cool everybody's costumes seemed to be white they ended up going around and it ended up where you ooh, there's a dark undertone it was some deal and it had to do with a new strain of fear toxin from scarecrow but they ended up in this realm of oh my god everything's going great in gotham but is it and then when they figure it out you have anno senny who is doing the catwoman tie-in didn't realize afterwards that, okay, that stuff didn't really happen. And what she ended up doing was Selena had a job in Gotopia at a crisis center. Next thing you know, Selena kept that job, but Gotopia was over. I have a feeling that if they had their druthers, Clunrad would do that. Like he'd still be trying to figure out the crime that happened in the nightmare that really didn't happen. Luckily, they shouldn't, they, they probably won't be involved, but maybe they will. I don't know. 
But yeah, that sounds like nonsense. July 18th. Mark that on your calendar and don't get out of bed that day. The next book is Night Terrors Robin. Number one, it comes out July 11th and it's written by Kenny Porter. People like Kenny Porter. I'm still like in a holding pad. I'm still trying to figure out if I like Kenny Porter, but I don't hate Kenny Porter. So that's a benefit. Art by Miguel Mondanka. Now, this is going to be involved. I thought that this was going to be a straight up Damian Wayne deal. It's not. And people might be intrigued. It's a Jason Todd and Tim Drake story. The problem is, I think you're going to, again, like the Clumrads, I'm afraid Kenny Porter is going to go right back to, oh, what is Jason fear? Crowbar and Joker. Oh, my God. What does Tim Drake fear? Probably his parents dying and, you know, maybe that he walked away from a burning building in the Robin deal. He probably would actually, for the most part, fear that Megan Fitzmartin will get a reprieve and continue writing that awful series. But I think it's just going to go back to cliches and I don't need that. But we'll see, because here is the description. Jason, Todd, and Tim Drake must fight against their own worst fears and each other as they're forced to relive the darkest moments of their lives. All right, there you go. That's why I think it's just going to go back to kind of, you know, that sort of surface-level stuff. But we'll hope it's a little better. We're going to get moving here. I, I looked at the time, and why do I keep yapping? All right, the next one's Night Terrors Teen Titans number 1 by Andrew Constant, who... Doesn't have a lot of credit, does some anthology stuff. One of the things that he did, Future State Nightwing, I did enjoy enough. But another thing he did, The Demon, Hell is Earth, a miniseries back in 2018. That was straight garbage. So hopefully we'll get the good Andrew Constant. Also, Scott Gidlewski on art July 25th. It comes out. Here is the description. After plummeting into the nightmare realm, the remaining members of the Titans come face to face with a fever dream turned reality. The Terror Titans. These warped versions of our heroes are prepared to do anything to become the next Justice League, even kill. That just sounds surface level. That doesn't sound great. Uh, But, hey, here's the next one. Night Terrors the Flash, number one, written by Alex Pacnadal, with art by Daniel Abelis, and it comes out July 11th. Now, a lot of people had speculated that this whole Night Terrors would be the impetus to get Wally to this cosmic horror size burger book that's coming out in September. But this is a Barry story, so that's not going to happen. After the Flash family freed Barry Allen from the Dimension Pariah Lockdomen, the Scarlet Speedster was able to return home for some quality time with Iris and his other loved ones. But when the world is plunged in the nightmare realm, Barry's trapped in a different cage, maybe a rusty cage, because I, I would think he's a Soundgarden fan, and he'll have to find a way out on his own boy for the idea that wally has really been screwed over a lot barry's really getting the short (laughs) he just keeps getting trapped places like he ends up like everywhere he goes he ends up getting just taken trapped all that but here he goes again the next one night terror shazam by mark wade so i think that people will grab this one and roger cruz on art will be available on july 11th it's a shame that dan mora isn't on art but he does have a cover for this so maybe that'll get you float your boat when the nightmare wave struck that nightmare wave the entire shazamily was playing. i don't like the way that sounds i don't like i just shazam family you know you're really not cutting that many corners here saying shazamily I, it just drives me nuts it always has was plunged into a terrifying landscape of their own fears 
though no fears ran deeper than those of Mary Marvel, haunted by a twisted version of her heroic brother, Teth Shazam. Mm, not much there, but I trust Mark Waite. I really do. So you'll have that one little aside, though. If you're wondering about Mary Marvel, I do suggest that you pick up, while I think that it's been complete and utter garbage, I do suggest you either pick up or, you know, look at the last couple pages of what will be in a couple weeks, the whole trial, or no, Revenge of the Gods, Lazarus Planet, Revenge of the Gods. There's going to be a bit of a change. It's kind of like, let's change things to get, it's pretty good. You'll get a new thing with Mary in that with a little wink wink. The next one is Night Terrace Green Lantern, number one, another book that I'd rather just have the regular Green Lantern go. It's not going to be out that long at this point. Let Jeremy Adams' book, you know, percolate a little. Don't go and throw it into this stupid thing. Night Terror's Green Lantern number one is a main story by Jeremy Adams with the backup by Alex Seguera, with art by Eduardo Pensica, Julio Ferreira, and Mario Fox of Foxilo. I would say if you say, fo- I don't know, I probably mispronounce that, July 11th. That comes out. Huh, the Fox. Something is wrong in Sector 2814 and how Jordan Kilowog and other lanterns must find the mysterious disturbance despite a ban on any of Earth's Green Lanterns leaving their world. Because you always have to handicap any Green Lantern in any book, right? Sinestro also finds themselves at the heart of it. What they discover is a planet controlled by a familiar face, the face of Hal's greatest fear. I smell parallax. And in the backup story, Sinestro himself thrust into a new reality that drags him into the darkest corners of the past and perhaps his future. Oh, my goodness. And I said that comes out July 11th. I like Jeremy Adams, so I'll be getting that one. We will continue with, and we only have a couple more. This one was something I didn't expect, so that's cool. Night Terrors Zatanna, number one. Now, it is written by Dennis Culver, and I love the idea that for his credits, they do end up just having Unstoppable Doom Patrol, the book that he's written one issue that's come out so far. They're not going to mention future state gotham because that was awful so hey let's go with the one issue of unstoppable doom patrol let's go for it and with that that's a little wink wink foreshadowing art by david baldione and it comes out july 11th a lot seem to be july 11th most of the world is trapped in the nightmare realm one of the few still awake is zatanna who must defend her unconscious allies wonder woman and detective chimp from insomnia's sleepless nights that's with a k Led by their horrifying sleepless queen. That's with a Q. But the outnumbered Zatanna can't do it alone. She uses her magic backwards. That'd be great if in the Nightmare Realm, she could actually do magic talking forward so I could actually read it and understand it. I sit and look at that backwards magic and it just it blows my mind. I <laughs> just sit there. I'm like, and, and, and really, I wish at one point I should really go through an issue with Zatanna and record. The nonsense I think she's saying, I end up, it's like, done, gone, horse, field. All right, I get it. She's going to go attack that guy in the library. She uses her magic to summon any champion that is still awake, which puts her in an unlikely team up with one of the world's strangest superheroes. Of course, Dennis Culver's on this, the unstoppable Doom Patrol's robot man. Robots, they do sleep, but they dream of electric sheep, and that does have nothing to do with this. So he's in. And then that just lets you like, okay, well, where are the metal men? Are they then? Do they sleep? I don't know. 
That'd be pretty cool. Superman, he doesn't have to sleep. That's why right there, I think, is why you have to get hit by the nightmare wave, because somebody would bring up, you know, Superman doesn't really need to sleep and he never. We found out at the beginning of Doomsday Clock that he never had nightmares until that one. Now he's just having nightmares every second of the day. But yeah, I, I guess people people do like Zatanna. She hasn't had a lot of focus. It's a shame that you have to throw in Robot Man with that, but it's Dennis Culver. I hope that it's good. The last one on the list, Night Terror's Ravager, number one. Now, this one I didn't see coming, right? And I mean, I didn't see coming. Night Terror's Ravager, number one, is written by Ed Brisson with art by Dexter Soy. And in that combo, I do like Dexter Soy. Ed Brisson's okay. He's not anybody that's going to excite me. He's not somebody I'm going to buy an issue because he's the writer. But if I like the people in it and like the deals, then I don't mind. I don't think that he's horrible and you can kind of maybe get some things out of it. I love Rose. I love Ravager. So I would definitely get this. Personally, I don't know how many people will agree. Ravager is separated from Stormwatch and trapped in a nightmare world where she must protect the younger self from being consumed and corrupted by the murder man and his blood-crazed slaughter squadron in Night Terror's Ravager. That's with a K. And, I mean, Murder Man, if that if that isn't the nightmare version of Deathstroke, then you could call me Sally. Can Ravager protect a young Rose Wilson without losing her own identity? That is Rose Wilson. Why does the murder man seem so familiar? Almost like a father figure. And how does he know so much about Rose as if he was like some sort of parent or something? Yeah, I think that that is what it is. This will be one of the first ones that comes out. This comes out July 4th. So we'll get going with the Ed Brisson Night Terrors with a K. Ravager number one. That's Ravager with an R. And I'm looking forward to that. So overall, I think that these, you know, creative teams, I think this gives a little more confidence that we might get something decent out of it. What I go into this, usually it's behind the scenes talk. A lot of times these events come out and then you wonder, like, what were they told? What were they, you know, what was going on? that they were told to do this or do that. And usually I get a hold and they're like, yeah, they just told us to write neat stories for the characters. And that always upsets me because I want the event to be. But, but with this, I don't know. If they just tell Mark Wade, just do a fun Shazam story, I'm in. I'll get that. I won't even look that it says Night Terrors. It's another Shazam number one for me. Let's go. And you do get some of these, like, when are we going to get a Ravager book or Sedona or a JLD? At least we can get some of these things. Now, all that said and done, like I said, I will link to the first video where I was a little more pessimistic. But I will tell you right now, the coverage will continue because I ended up reading the free comic book day Night Terrors prelude. And I'm going to do a non-spoiler video on some impressions and what I think, but also what I think is going on with this whole Night Terrors deal kind of tying into stuff like a future state or a convergence why these things usually happen and maybe get a i don't know maybe a positive spin that this actually may be in disguise something where dc for once is thinking ahead and this might work out it might be you know you might lose the battle here but you might win the war at the end 
for what I think might be going on and from little things that I was told from some of the people who I even mentioned in this podcast as creators. So they don't really know it's that, but they, some people are already questioning and trying to figure out all this. I'm going to do a video on that sometime this weekend. And just a shout out at the end here, probably be talking about more of this whole night terrors on the comics aficionado show that I do, you know, occasionally with Wes and a bunch of other awesome comic book fans over at the thinking critical, uh, YouTube channel. I am going to be on this weekend and I'm sure I, I don't know if I've gotten the outline of what we're going to talk about yet, but I'm sure this will be front and center, which will be cool. Talk a lot of comics on that with a lot of cool and, uh, you know, cool people, cool people indeed. So, with all that, thanks, everybody. I hope that you don't mind this going a little longer. Uh, but, you know, that's what happens. I don't make the news. I just record it and yell about it and, you know, put certain sound effects with it, like the wolf, the wolf man. man. I wish the wolf man was involved. I would be more excited. But thanks, everybody. And I'll talk to you all later. And that was some news and commentary on the upcoming Night Terrors. And if you like what you heard, and want to watch videos like that and more and more that come out each and every day, as well as video reviews of the books that come out from DC, please go and check out our YouTube channel, subscribe and all that to that. And it is Weird Science Comics. You can look it up just like that and you'll find us. If not, we have some links in the show notes that you can check out as well. But with that done, we're going to move on to the next deal. Try to entice everybody to go and check out our Patreon once again at patreon.com slash weirdscience because these are going to be two reviews of books that came out the last bunch of weeks and things that we ended up having on the Patreon as a Patreon spotlight. So these are now going to be two reviews that you'll be able to listen to and get a taste of what we do over on the Patreon. Hopefully you'll listen to these and get so excited that you go running right over there and sign up and get going You can go all these different levels Pick the level that is right for you All the way up to being a badass Where you get to vote for the books That we do each and every week So check that out I hope you enjoy these And then I'll be back at the end To say goodbye We are here to talk about DC Eric likes to call DC the Big D We are here to talk about the Big D About the Big D About the Big D About the Big D We are here to talk about the Big D Do you miss a cellar dweller? Would you like us to assign someone to dwell in your cellar? Excuse me. What? Excuse me. What? Look at Eric over there, playing with his toys in his underwear. What is he doing sitting down? He should be horizontal now. Trying to find my here it is there.
Batman well, One Bad Day, Rachel <laughs> Gould, number one, written by Tom. I can't wait for number two. Right. I took a number two before we started. It was not great, Eric. Um, I love though when reviewers are like, Well, this really gets things started. Can't wait till next month. Like, Don't make yourself about? sound like an asshole because uh, other people are ignorant. Oh, I love it. I love it. Written by t- I just don't know why. I guess you have to put that number one on there. Yeah. It's just silly. It's silly. Written by Tom Taylor, art by Evan Rice, Danny, Nikki, Brad Anderson, and Wes Abote, I heard is how he goes oh, yeah, fancy. by that name, Abote. Uh, he's Canadian. So you end up going into this, and we get a pretty solid racial gold deal. And I was worried because I thought it was going to be really over the top. Oh, my God, global warming and all these rich guys. The thing is, I can complain about that all I want, but it's racial ghoul. And that's part of the problem because it is a good racial ghoul story. I'm not going to say it's not a, anything good, new or original. No, it's, it's, it's not a good one bad day story for, by any means. It's a good no. racial ghoul story. But like I said about the double edged sword before, that's a double edged sword here because racial ghoul, he's cool. Like, even think about any Batman like villain for the, mo- for the most part. Racial cool. I like it. Racial cool. And, uh, what was that song? Oh, oh Al Ghul with the Uber singing yeah, mother. Oh, yeah, I forgot like, about but, that. We would have had it for this. Oh, <laughs> Molly. You had me so up in arms about other songs, and you didn't like my song I made. I said it was fine twice. I had to go back to the drawing board. I said it was fine twice. What the hell are you talking about? You gave me a song. He's like, hey, it's a combination of both ideas. Like, none of my ideas are in this final product. What are you talking about? You you say that, but then you said you wanted a rewrite. You wouldn't settle without one. Well, half of it was just Tom Petty lyrics. Well, I said, okay, and then you ended up saying, well, you know, you could keep that ending. I mean, yeah, but that was the, wiki. the part. Yeah, that was the part that was a combo. Oh, Jesus Christ! I mean, it's good. You, you're a hell of a critic here. I'm a good friend. So then we're there, and I have to go and look up another of the uh, instrumental track because now that you want me to change things, I can't have that underneath. Song. You can, so that's fine. No, it throws off the cadence. Does I it? Couldn't, so <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, big time. So I had to go. I did find it, and I tried desperately to get it ready. For tonight, because I would have just played it right now. It's like two hours ago. It's not ready. Well, I have to read the books. That was I at know, the point where. No, I'm saying, I'm not saying, how dare you? That was too. No, I don't expect it. It was two hours ago. Oh, I well, don't... Eric, you say that. Well, he... no, I, I, I'm almost done. I didn't get the last course. That's all I did. It's too. <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about now. You're anyway, going back with the racial cool. With the idea of racial cool here, but the. It's a double-edged sword for me because if you look at any Batman villains, everybody has a motive. Everybody has a gimmick that you're always going to play. Like Mr. Freeze, he does Freeze stuff, Nora, this, that, next thing. Rachel Gould is all about reducing the population to save the planet. This is going to be his motive every goddamn time. You have it again here, but I find it his motive when seen like this, while it's good, it's written very well, I find it very boring. <laughs> but, it, I'm, but it's done well here. Do you think that like writing the character as the same trope and no progress is made, is that what you're saying? That's yes. a lyric in the new song, Eric. It's going to work. I'm saying no character development. Yeah. And the thing is, you have to think of all these things of what you go into this. It's not a one bad day. Or is it when his wolf dies? That's I all I'm telling you. He has a pet wolf he's had for like, you know, 14, 17 years. I forget exactly what it was off the top of my head right now. But that wolf died. Time to enact the world saving mission that I've always had for 700 years. I'm like, all right, you, you wolf dad, I get you. I've had pets die. It's devastating. And I know he's down. going with the idea that that certain type of wolf might be extinct now. Extinct. But just, but give is him it? A, just get him another wolf. I mean, but that's I'm all saying, I thought. And then it's John Wick. But at the end of the story, though, 
he has a new pet baby wolf, a pup. And I'm like, is it is it the same kind? How about we end, like put in I some of this idea of cloning? I think he's just accepting it now. I actually wanted them to throw him in the Lazarus pit. Get that wolf in the Lazarus pit. I mean, the idea at the end that it gets wolf, I why are they doing that? Like, how is this whole thing? Well, thankfully, it seems like th- this idea of how we have this Lazarus pits are one and done like they're supposed to be, thankfully. So you're not going to waste a goddamn Lazarus pit on a pet wolf. He would have. He's burning down the whole damn earth for it. He died at the end of this. He had to wait two more years to find a Lazarus pit to be resurrected. I'm surprised that that vet didn't get killed. Holy crap. I wouldn't want to be that vet when you knew that that wolf didn't have much time left. Again, not a madman, Ray Shavu. I would have got the fuck out of there. Uh, the art is great in this, Amazing. by the way, and it, it looks so good, and the colors really pop when you get the Lazarus pits and things like that. But yeah, you do end up where I don't know. Some of these are pretty cool to really just establish the character, not even reestablish, maybe, or just give people an idea. Maybe there's people who don't know Rachel Gold. We we've had them recently, but you do get the basics of it. So it's one of those like. Hey, everybody, here's Rachel Gould. We'll change a couple little things. We'll give him a wolf. You'll see that he was about to be killed. I didn't mind that. But like you said, after a while, I did kind of just get a little bored. And they're playing it out. Tom Taylor's playing now almost like we have to solve a mystery or a puzzle. What? And it's really, what the fuck is he going to do? Because you know he's going to do something big, and you kind of see it right away. Kill 30 of the world's richest, most powerful people who contribute to the like the end of the world with either fossil fuels or any other kind of unrenewable resource. Yeah, and so when you're doing that, you also get the idea that this was the long con. He ended up replacing a lot of that. And then I start thinking by the end, I'm like, it seems weird that you did all that back work he could have just done what you were going to do then. It, it just felt like he went look, really look, we out of his way. We have a League of Assassins, but we can't be too flashy with that shit. No, I know that. Well, that's the problem is he ends up getting not too flashy, but he ends up where Batman's on the case. Batman's the only one who'll stop him. And is it the one bad day, the day Batman was born? You know, and again, we don't have to worry about the one bad day. It, it really, that's out the window. Thankfully, 30 years ago, I built this building with some fail safes and no faults in there. So that one day when I had to get nine of the people who are assholes in the world over here and I would kill 3,000 people, no one would think anything because I had that shit set up freaking 30 years ago. Yeah, and the funny play is, is that you get that and you're kind of thinking like, well, it's a little of it, but that's race. Nope, that's, I'm that's down. the problem. Yeah, it that's works. the problem. It's race. So you're like, really? He had all of these plans. He had everything set up for that day. And he kind of at one point hoped maybe Batman wouldn't look into it or he would join in. He tried. And he knew that Detective would not join in. This is where I go with the, the surface level deal. I mean, it really is the surface level. I thought he was going to go kill Greta. I was looking in that whole deal. Of, How dare what you? What did Greta do? She stole his thunder. She's Dude, getting she's all the ally. praise, not Rage. So, yeah, but she's doing her thing and he's not, not getting mad anything. Mad. Yeah, oh, why haven't we saw that he actually made one of the League of Assassins? It's Greta. She's in there, so she was the plan as down. well. Training her uh, day in and so day out. Great, right? An eco warrior. Oh my goodness! But yeah, the the whole play it works. Everything works. But the problem is, it's it is the basic thing of race, and then just when you go with this whole worldwide deal, I'm going to save the planet. Yeah, you get one girl talking about. Hey, you know, my family, they're in the oh. fossil fuels, and I've been bitching and moaning about it this whole time. But that's Going the green. real one. That's all that one. And then the other big one for Tom Taylor is, hey, and this person's spreading false information on the media. We're going to take care of him. I'm like, Not on my oh, watch. all right. 
I you didn't get like the full. That was just like here it is. You guys know what we're talking about. Hey, you he's going to get rid travel, of it. Elon. Yeah, yeah. He's dead. We ain't got to worry about these billionaires no more. <laughs> oh no! Oh, now I'm blocked on Twitter. You end up like all of this bullshit. But at the end, it does work at the end because you just sit there. And if I if I ended up quizzing you and like, well, what are all the things that he took down, and what are the things he's against? You could just say, you know, race stuff. Race stuff. stuff. Like, that's what he's against. And you go with it. Like I said before, the double-edged sword of it, because it's not, nowhere in here is Rachel Ghoul out of character. He is to a T himself and has a big grand plan to make sure that in the future, the people that he's eliminating now will not contribute to the further downfall of society and, you know, the world itself. And he like all this. Even trying to tiptoe around things during this plan to make sure that Batman doesn't get on his case. Batman does get on his case. And through this whole thing, kidnapping Damian Wayne to try to make sure that Damian was with him this whole time. Even to use him as leverage when the detective does finally show up. And to the point when Batman, like, you know, stops fighting and Raish has nothing else to do but slaughter Bruce Wayne in front of his son and stuff like that. This was a big, like, turn. Like, I thought this is where it became an Elseworld situation because Batman dies this. Rachel Ghoul kills him. And it is amazing. Batman takes off his cow, tells Damien, whatever you do, do not take another life. Don't let him win. Always like live by this code. Be my the thing is, I want to say be yourself, but be my son, essentially. Just don't be you. Be me is what I want. Here's the cow. You're the Batman now. All of that is amazing until we find out Raish goes through this plan. And I'm like, okay, this all works out. I thought we we're going to continue down this road and see a fucking utopia that Raish al Ghul would go. And I'm like, all right, father, three months later, uh, granddaddy, let me bring you back to life. So this whole thing, too, it feels weird for Batman, though, not to anticipate this because I don't want like I I didn't see it coming because I don't know where the story's going because it's a whole one bad day. It can be anything the writer wants it to be in continuity, out of continuity, whatever they want. But I wanted this to be something that would show that Batman knew this is the end game, that he would not like race would not do this. And not give the cow Damien and say all these things because he knew he'd be back. I whisper something to Damien to help continue the mission because you know eventually you'll be back or something along those lines. Because when Batman is brought back, what has Damien been doing this whole time? Just kind of sitting on his fucking hands? He's I don't been know. killing people. He went, you know, all ham on all those, went to Burning Man. I, I end up where I thought that you were going to have Damien and he's going to go, Grandfather, why did you kill him? He runs the Batmobile with gasoline. And then Damien, I told him to go electric. That's why you're now the Batman. Oh, my God. You saw that it even meant him taking over. I thought they were going to do something with that concept of the younger generation taking over. That's better. Oh, my God. I was waiting for it. But the the whole deal, I didn't even like at the beginning. I flipped my computer in half. I was going to flip it, and then I was going to break it in half. It became the same thing. You were going to flip it in half is what you were going (laughs) to do. I I actually didn't like the beginning either where you first get Batman and Robin. And you end up having the news items coming. And there's Batman who just abhors any sort of murder, any sort of bad things with that. And Damien's behind running commentary of how much pieces of shit the people are who've been killed. It's I fine, swear Daddy. Batman would have stopped them at one point. But again, people would say, well, that's Damien for you. But I, I didn't like the idea. Like a month before that, Jeffrey Tanner, the media mogul, had a stroke. Well, imagine enforcing that much global misinformation <laughs> would be stressful. I'm like, you're yeah, not right. helping, Damien. You're not. Just like all kids. He's like, well, what the fuck does it matter? These people are pieces of shit. Well, it does matter. And it's going to matter when it's me. Batman right there, when that gets done and he's walking away, he has this fist clenched. He's about to wallop him. He's about to put Damien in his place. But I did like it. And again, the art was really, really good. But the whole thing, like you said, by the end, 
there was I was waiting for the twist. I was really waiting for the twist. Well, the twist for um, me was Batman being resurrected and not doing anything to try to change anything that Raish did or bring him to justice because Raish murders himself to escape the justice. Yeah, but th- I didn't even think that just felt like normal Raish. Batman comes back, he's pissed, but he can't change anything because Raish now won. the world is better and those people, were, they kind of played the idea and I wish that Raish spelled it more with, oh, you don't realize I really went to the, you know, the, the details here. Everything that I did could be traced back to those people. And he kind of said it wouldn't be. And that kind of felt weird. But you end up where Batman can't do anything. He has to sit on his hands and let it work. So that's kind of a weird play. And maybe that is the twist that the villain wins is brought by back the to end. life two years later when Natalia Fani finds another Lazarus pit to resurrect her dad. I'm like, that's great. And even the idea of where races lived for 700 years and kept talking about the idea of societies growing and taking more and more of the land and like, you know, how um how we would go and we'd have these achievements as, as mankind, but it would just hurt Mother Nature. All I ended up wanting throughout when I was reading this, because it is classic race, but like I said, classic race when you get it over and over again as the only means of any kind of substance gets boring. So my mind started wandering a bit where all I wanted when he kept talking about this was Rachel Gould versus Vandal Savage, the original Conqueror. Yeah, I actually was thinking maybe Vandal would come in. It's the War of the Immortals at that point, Jim. Yeah, it would be. I also like, as I'm paging through, I like when Damien puts on the cow and it looks like that old Batman and Robin deal yeah. when he was a little baby. That was kind of a cool little shout out. I do like where all this is going down and he's saying to Batman, like, I set up this whole deal. I was the one who had this energy summit. I blew up everybody. Everybody died. I blew up a rocket. Then I blew, I, I ended up getting this guy who's hunting lions. He's dead. And Batman's like, I fed him to the lions. He's like, that was personal. <laughs> that was really a personal Someone got to the lions, Batman. Yeah, you really. I mean, it was an odd deal. Like, you're going really big, and then you're getting what I can only assume as a dentist, because that was the big play when yeah, that I agree, dentist though. end up hunting. Let, let, the, let the animals murder them big game hunters, because they ain't doing nothing but exterminating animals. Yeah, really. So you end up having all this go down, and yeah, Batman ends up getting killed. You get a very... You know, it is a shout out. It's funny because you you do need them bare chest. And that's all I told you I wanted from that. Like last week at the end of the podcast, like, what do you expect? I'm like, all I need is a shitless Batman and Rachel Ghoul sword fighting. And I didn't think we were going to get it until Batman is resurrected, comes out. It's like, well, no need to put a shirt on. Give me a sword, my son. I must fight your <laughs> grandfather in the sand. Oh, it's so good. And and then they end up, yeah, they, they go for it. And as this is going, you get that narration. I. It's a cool spread page. It looks great, but yeah. it's really for naught. It's, you know, whatever. And that's where race, you know, hey, I'm not going to lose. Uh, I say sand, too. I'm at the point where, oh, yeah, they did it in the snow in this one. Yeah, it's still, <laughs> it's, it's cool. Also, probably really cold. You know, the nips are gone. You end up where, by the end, Batman says, listen, you know, people are going to have to pay for this. And he's like, well, you're never going to be able to not do me. it because I put the things. I did this. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. Yeah, I'm going to take you in. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> he just jumps. Jumps that off is a cliff. Pretty, that is pretty crazy. But Love again, it. it didn't shock me because, again, it's Rachel Ghoul. And then when he comes back to big play, and Tom Taylor does do when he writes well. He does do emotions very well. And when you end up having Rach come back and he's not angry, you have the exact same narration. I come back. I only remember before. I kind of get my bearings from there. the madness this time. Yeah, yeah. And he comes and he's like, I actually don't have the madness of grief. I'm actually at peace because he's finally done his mission. I actually thought that this would have been the deal up until this point when he does realize I've done the mission. Like, he can die now. 
This is what he always wanted. He's not a guy I think that well, wants now that. Now he's got a he puppy to wolf to race, so you know he's got some like shit to do. He even spells this out in the issue and does a lot. He's not doing it for him. No. He's doing it for the planet. He's doing it for Earth. Mother Nature. He might be okay. My job is done. And when he comes back, you know, Talia's like, you're back, uh, but this is the last Lazarus. And then he slices his neck, Eric, and he's like, I love you, daughter. Now you take over. Just like before with all the other people. She's going to be better, Eric. She's not. I know Talia. I'll go. He gets the puppy. <laughs> like He like, looks at him. He's like, this isn't that type of wolf. And throws it down. But he seems very happy. So if it's in, like I said, if it's an endangered species, I want to know by the end, were you wrong? Did you find another one? Did the stuff that, like, you know, you fixed around the world, did it allow the wolf species to come out of hiding? Like, oh, my God, daddy's puppies and his wolves, they're all fine now. And here's a new puppy, daddy. Or, hey, daddy, while you was dead, we got into the clothing things and here's a new puppy wolf. I don't, or here's a different species. I hope you like this one just as much. Probably not, but hopefully. And Happy Father's it, Day. It could have been one of those plays, like, because he did a lot of background work for everything else. If he, all he wanted was a puppy of that book, like, he could have put all his resources into that. It was just like the wolves that saved me when I was a boy from the warriors who were marauding around and killing everybody. I would have liked at one point, you know, if this, because we don't know anything about this stupid wolf, but at one point, Talia's there with him, and he's like, you know, doing all this shit. And she said, but father. Why don't we clone a wolf? We can do it. And he's like, no, no, no. My life's work needs to be completed first. And then she does the clone afterwards. And then he's like, yes, that's an affront to God. And ends up slicing its neck. What a neck slicing in my version. Uh, I like also that his narration, if he wasn't as wordy, we would have seen his junk, Eric. You see, <laughs> it's covered see, as junk. They're calling that, that woman that you didn't want to bring up during the actual review a bitch, but now, like, why didn't we get to see the dick of Rachel Ghoul? Yeah, really, because we saw a bitch. I want to see a dick. It, I'm telling you, she drove me nuts. I, we didn't even talk. I wanted to avoid it. Now you brought it up, Eric. Sure because did. she just, she drove me Game nuts on. when you go, and pretty much, you haven't really talked about anything of substance of what race has to stop so she has to come out with this with just one of the most one-dimensional conversations about how bad fossil fuels are and how sure there are. is a future and it just sounds like a pamphlet that you would then again i don't really think about fossil fuels versus electricity i have to be quite honest i don't really think about that because i'm a jerk i guess but the yeah. whole idea of it just felt so over the top when she's like, I didn't want to be associated with either. I want Rocks Corp to completely divest from fossil fuels because my oh. suggestions were to get away from that. And I'm like, bitch, you've been living off that dirty money, that oil and coal money this whole freaking time. So shut your mouth. That's what I say, you bitch. You got a problem with people I who really are born don't the money, like I think. That. Well, no. If, if she's going to have a problem, then get away from that dirty money. We'll see. She didn't talk to Be a common person. Yeah, let's see when the cockroaches are on the wall. Right, Eric? You what? know what song I'm talking about by Paul. Yeah. <laughs> it just felt so, like, everything else felt natural, and I was getting into it. That conversation threw me completely out of the book, and I got angry. And then I moved on, and I liked the rest. But up until now, do you that, think the Ro- after that, do you think that Rocks Corp that she's taking over is just like Roxxon over at Marvel? Because that's all I could think about when I freaking said it. When I first saw it, I actually thought that it was going to say Roxxon. You know, when you're reading and you kind of oh, see yeah. it there, I'm like, "Ooh, what the fuck is this thing?" You know, combining shit. Holy moly! Uh, but yeah, I just, I, you know, I certainly am no expert in Dancer Cole says Bruce. <laughs> I love this. 
I just love the idea that he's there just to see what's what. You know, he's trying to play dumb. So, how is you your know that afterwards they had sex. There's no way they didn't have sex afterwards. <laughs> like, come on, baby. I, I just want to know how that works out. What? Him, them having sex? You know what I'm saying? When he comes over to talk about, you know, this woman's like father and stuff like that, how she's taken over a company, your father, my father, they were friends. And then it's like, I see. Thank you for your time. Where does that point go into the bounce? go, wow, wow. Well, he says, thank you for your time. And by the way, the way that you're turning things, I think that me and you have already started. A bit of electricity right now. And then you hear the, the music going. Oh, and then he says, and then he's like, really? That's why you never scored. And so he's there, you know what we should do next? We should go and have sex. And she's like, whatever. I'm in. There you go. They go hey, on. I got a lot of time and money, whatever. This is what we do. This is what rich people. Chris Wayne has yet Jim another venereal disease. Eric oh, is another. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know he always packs a back on him. That Lazarus pit cured more than just death. I'm telling you, Eric, when he came back, he was happy that he ended up having that way. So there you go. And and all of this, though, I like the day. I wanted more of the Damien with Raish, but you get it. You know, and yeah. Talia with, with Damien would have been great, but you kind of avoid that. I guess there's not enough room. Raish is one bad day, Talia. Get out of here. Really? That one bad day for Talia was when she gave birth, right? That was it. She didn't really give birth. It was a test tube thing. It's true. Eric, I just wanted to make a joke. I ended up where I was talking to somebody about the idea of these new writers not knowing characters. And I did was bring up. No, no. Because we were talking about that like two and a half I guess hours you're ago. a writer. No, this was before about the whole idea with that Tim Drake Robin and things like right. that. And I, I was talking about learning about characters through wikipedia stuff and we use those fandom wikis to get names oh, yeah. that we don't recognize the deal but i ended up where this guy was arguing with me you could find out a lot by those and i ended up you know giving a link to the damian wayne bio when it describes when he died right. and it's just like yeah he ended up going and sword fighting with the heretic and then he Another died heretic. and i'm like he didn't get the two huge things that choke me up every time where he yells for right, his right. mother to call it off and then says to Nightwing, we were the best. The, the, that's what, And that's what I think is missing oh, no, a lot of times with these characters. The subtext yeah. of that whole thing. Or you need to actually read an issue and you need to, the, the feelings, the nuance of the entire panel-to-panel playout. Because you'll get a synopsis. A synopsis is fine for any kind of like just a bare bones kind of research like like situation. Like if I was going to do something like, here's what this says about this. Okay, let's move on to the subject at hand now that you have a background on what we're talking about. Something along those lines. But you can't base everything you know about the character based off a silly write-up like that. It's no feeling. It's we weren't actually talking about the Tim Drake book. We were actually talking about the Young Justice, the Dark Crisis book, yeah. where you didn't get that idea that these characters knew and loved each other. And she kept messing and up. And through all points. that stuff. Yeah, and she kept messing up because she was throwing the big points out, but didn't realize they were resolved because they were resolved later in a different books. So we were just talking about but that reminds me of the deal where you end up having this and Damien watching his father dies crying with that cow on. Uh, but he's a tough little bugger, right? He ends up stabbing Raish. I thought, like, the ideal damn right is Raish is lucky that Batman the last thing don't kill anybody. Oh, shucks. And I like the word Damien. It's not a mortal wound, grandfather. You're lucky. I mean, and he's yelling at the assassins coming in. I mean, he's got some balls, that kid. So I well, did really not like only that. that. But when he turns to Raish, it's the, fuck you! <laughs> Ah, that was good. See, that's the thing. I really do like this. I'm I'm joking about <laughs> that girl, but it did throw me out of the issue because everything else. Never gave her a know, second thought. 
had a cool feeling and that was just okay you're just throwing this nonsense information at me whether it's nonsense or not but it felt like it was the signaling part of it so that okay we get it you're a bitch that's what i got eric and then i'm thinking when is he going to kill her and then we find out that there's even a bigger bitch but she's only eight there she can learn jesus yeah you know uh, they they were in the, I do like the detective work too. I actually like the idea, though. I I would have a question for that. You know, I was going to say mortician. The uh, mortician Adams? No, the cor- oh. coroner was. They didn't even really check into anything. They're like, "Yep, they drowned in the ocean." Chlorine in the lungs. Pool that was water. good. And you could sit there and say, "Well, race would have meant." Nah, nah, that was kind of cool. I I like that. I like that Batman came in and tried to find out some more things to get a little detective work and. Boy, again, the art is fantastic. It really is throughout. I mean, there is not a page that you're not just like, oh, my God, that looks so cool. It has almost like a Neil Adams look at points where, especially when Batman Batman ends up screaming that race. Because remember, we used to say, like, nobody in a Neil Adams book is just calm. Everybody's screaming at the top of their lungs, and it kind of looks like that play there without the eyes and everything going on. I think there was a little shut up because of the big things. That Definitely. you ended up having Neil Adams doing with not just Batman, but Rachel Ghoul as well. So I think that that was a little bit of a shout out. So all in all, what would you give it? See, the thing about this is the one bad day concept. I've gotten over that for a long time now. Half the books don't even follow that process. When they do, it's actually the worst part of the book in my mind. This, you can, you can say it has one. You can say it doesn't. It doesn't matter. What you have here is a Rachel Ghoul story. But like that, it's a mixed bag for me because Rachel Ghoul stories ultimately are boring because it's a one-trick pony situation. You're getting the the greatest hits of a Rachel Ghoul story within this one idea. Thing is, it's done really well with amazing art. The characters are all here, and I'm giving it a 7.8 out of 10. Jeez, I'm actually going 8.5. I, I, I liked it, except for that bitch. And when you get into it, too. The thing with Batman dying and not realizing he's going to be brought back, like some of these things felt like a little weird at the time, and then Damien sitting on his hands for three months until resurrecting his father. And you're talking about the idea that Batman wouldn't have realized. I, I got the idea that it really was something he wasn't planning because Damien was grabbed and he just ran off. I, I kind of got this idea of like, Okay, he's not really planning anything there. Maybe Chip Zdarsky's got me just settled into the idea where it's the bad guy that I want. Exactly. Like, he has an idea of what's going to happen. He's three steps ahead. He's playing chess while we're all playing checkers, where he goes in the situation. And not even saying that he's going to be killed here or anything along those lines. He goes in half-cocked his plans on being Batman and kicking the shit out of everybody because he's the bad guy. But when he gets stabbed mortally, and he thinks to himself, I wanted to, like, you know, plan three steps ahead here, knowing that he's going to be resurrected so we don't have to have this moment that feels so like there means nothing like ultimately. Damien. Find a Lazarus pit. It's, I'm telling you, it's a good moment, but it just kind of gets thrown away when he's resurrected three months later out of nowhere. Like, the next Keep page. my cow warm. <laughs> Erase my internet history. I don't know. I, I took the idea that he really was off his balance. He was off his game because of Damien. And this, I don't know why. It felt like it was, like, early on Damien back with him. I, I don't know if you thought the same that thing. That is the costume. Yeah, maybe. It, it just felt like... You know, he no, was right. still trying to do that and he was off balance. But, you know, there was that bitch, though. That really threw me this off. This is a there. classic, you know, Batman or Robin, Bruce Wayne, Damien kind of dynamic that we have going on. It is. And, yeah, this actually, I mean, seriously, get rid of this one bad day. I even saw a bunch of people at this point just get rid of the one bad day and have these Batman rogues day. Batman rogues. Day, because some of these have been really cool to kind of just see. But the one bad day at the beginning really threw me off 
And it just kind of feels silly. You say it's insert cash register sound right there. That's the only reason for it. And if you get past that, there are some better things. Maybe, you know, down the line, Eric, when I'm not so lazy, I'll go back and reread some of them and see if I can get that out of my head. (laughs) I probably won't. But I do think that it's kind of a shame to go with that. And even the, the play, I'll give Tom Taylor some really good props here as well. And why my score probably is that much. When we're reading a lot of the other ones, I'll go up to an eight, make you happy. Yeah, well, because you have that page happy. count that's set in stone, right? They're trying to get that. We've seen where people end up, oh my God, I gotta have filler here. Or oh my god, I gotta speed things up. Pacing in this was spot on. There there was not a point where I thought, Oh my god, you know, I actually want it more. By the end of this, I thought that it was so cool. I so. wanted Rachel Gould versus Vandal Savage by the end. War of the Immortals. <laughs> You're going to go with that stupid War of the Immortals until the end of time. That, that okay. Immortal Men book was the biggest bunch of bullshit. That's when I end Kinda up cool. where I get mad at James Tyne and, and say everything, you know, everything he's done is solid gold. I'm like, no, no, no. We have Batman and Robin Eternal and we got that Immortal Men. I can. War, um, immortal Men wasn't terrible for the new age of DC fucking heroes. fucking terrible. I, nobody remembers that book, but it I only did. lasted a couple issues. They never had a chance to shine. What were those? What was the Steve Orlando? But then Steve Orlando had that other one that I always tied in, that Electric Warriors, which yeah, isn't I know, part of like, it. But I, for some reason, you always saying that makes me think yeah. of Electric Warriors, but it's the one with that engine heart thing. Yeah, oh my God. That was bad, too. <laughs> That was pretty wacky. Uh, that The War of the Immortals was better. You looked that up. I am looking it up. We looked this up a few weeks ago, too. We I know. We remember. were talking about the same deal, and I still can't remember the book. It was just nonsense, but you end up the where... Unexpected. You... Unexpected. <laughs> what unexpected. A, what a terrible book. Actually, at that point, it was pretty expected that that was going to I'm suck. telling you, you, you want to give shit to the Immortal Man, but it was better than Damage. It was better than the Terrific as far as, like, people will kill me, but it's better than Terrific. It was better than the Curse of Brimstone, and it was better yeah. than the two New Challenges and the Unexpected. And Sideways, cool character, terrible story. Yeah, Damage, me and Brandon ended up finishing that one up on the, because you just, <laughs> you're like, I don't Fuck want it. any part, because it really didn't go anywhere. That was, but that Brimstone. Silence was the best. I think that that was Justin Jordan. And by then I had had enough of him. That Brimstone book was bad. Remember, yeah, it was we, just, we could barely even figure out what the hell was going on issue to issue. You're rolling into town. and You want to give James time and shit, that's fine. But Jim Lee was doing the art on the Immortal Men, too. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't do anything for me. I, every, every, all I remember from it is every podcast you sang, it's the War of the Immortals. And I told you to <laughs> shut the F up. Uh, I had enough of that. But it could still be the War of the Immortals, Jim. Vandal Savage, Rachel Gould. Well, that's true. That, that's the funny thing is, I would like to say that you're more of a pacifist than a lot of people that I meet. You don't like conflict. You don't like, you know, getting in fights with people. You try to keep... But yet, every time we talk about coming, everything's a war for you. War of the Green. War of the Immortals. Everything because has war, to be a war. So is drama. That is true. What is it good for, though, Eric? What are we doing next? <laughs> Adventures of Superman. John Kent, number one, written by Tom Taylor, with art by Clayton Henry, Jody Belair, and Wes Abbott. Right away, this kind of disappointed the idea. This is called Adventures of Superman. John Kent. We don't need the subtitle John Kent anymore. We already established that John Kent goes by Superman from Superman. Oh, Another stupid subtitle. Son of Kal-El. I think so that this he should, should be honestly out. be 
Well, the thing is, I think he'll I'm get a new name is out. at this. I'm proud. Well, well that <laughs> is. You're right. And that's good. But, but the idea, though, this is a classic Superman title, Adventures of Superman. It should just be that. And John Kent, as Superman, I'm fine with the name just being Superman. It should just be this and establish it. If you want to, if you don't want to confuse people by saying, like, you know, oh, I thought this is Clark Kent. They do me. Just have John Kent on the cover and saying Superman it like, says featuring John, John Kent. Kent. Like you said. No, exactly. here's the thing, though. I swear to God, I wish that I could use a time machine. And change things around because I swear in this issue when they're like, oh, Superman and Superboy are off planet. If they still called John Superboy, but also Connor, I think you'd have a problem with that. But you don't mind the two no, Supermen. Four fucking Robins. Well, it ends up, I know, but they're usually not at the same time, even though you Tim kind Drake, of are Robin now. Tim Drake, Robin, and Robin, Damian Wayne. That's the thing. You always have uh, to say fl- Tim Drake. I want, I want John to get a new name, but I don't know what it would be. You think that, like, DC's duping people who are buying The Flash because they didn't tell them it's Wally West instead of Barry Allen? Oh, yeah. I, I think they may have tried that at, at some point, but it, it's not working. Anyway, that's not <laughs> They duped me by putting Barry Allen back. Oh, yeah. Give me Wally all day, every day. I just, I don't know. The idea of continuing having John as Superman. Which Green Lantern? I know it's just, a, I, well, you always end up having that in the title, too, but that's a core, Eric, or a corpse. When I get it's not a corpse. no, you're gonna be because I'm gonna strangle your fucking God. neck and slam you into the ground. Now God. the idea of this is Why? I I end up where I I kind of just want him to be his own thing, and he never was able to do that. That's my biggest problem. When people go on and on about I wanted to see John get raised by Clark and Lois, they're the worst parents ever. I don't need that. It's gonna be terrible anyway. So that they're, they're the best. They end up where I my problem is. You ended up where you missed out in establishing the character as his own thing. And since he's been Superman, the only thing that they can do to keep this, you know, apart is that everybody just crows about him. Every And it happens in this issue again. I, that, that's the thing about this is Tom Taylor writing these books. He's going to be writing Titans. And I'm not going to tell you that John... Uh, he he writes John like John, right? He doesn't write John like yeah, Nightwing. John. You have Nightwing. But the weird play is the books themselves feel like each other, and it's starting to get to me well, it's even because more. because they're mostly empty. Well, that's the problem. And the problem is empty because we have a character that you never were able to see grow into being Superman, and now he's just we'll the, the greatest thing ever. see the of how he's he just was thing ever. He's just the greatest thing ever. And so there is where you don't have the depth or the connection with the character, hopefully. And that's what I'm saying is by the end of this, I hope that this arc is where we're going to get that sort of deal when he goes after Ultraman and then when he goes into the injustice stuff, which I think is a misplay. But when he does this, I hope that that gives us a depth. But I'm afraid you're just using sus Superman to, again, just show how great John is. And I need more than that. And then if you do. I want. I don't know what name you would give him, though. I mean, any name that you get after Superman is going to be a downgrade. So I don't really seriously. Uh, maybe just go by Brightwing. Yeah, it's weird. I was just going to say go with John Kent, but he has this. He has I'm this identity Bird. now. <laughs> I guess you're gonna. It's it's what he is now. John Kent Superman. And you know, I just, it's, I it's a good know. thing that Mr. Terrific um, knows that John Kent and Clark Kent were the superheroes because uh, he didn't have a stroke when he brought it up here. And I'm like, were you really that protected, Mr. Terrific? Hey, Mr. Terrific got the mind whammy from the Martian Manhunter. And now he's, I don't know. They're, they're just going to play it loose. Whoever wants to find out will know. And even then, though, again, it's you start out with John. 
and he's there, yeah. you know, with Jay. That's fine. With Jay. Yeah. Jay and Jay's up. identity is out and about, so he has to be all like wrapped up in like in a hat and glasses and coat to try that to like contain his anonymity. Look at that look. It looks so ridiculous. But, but I, I like that interaction. I, I like well, where is, Jay's kind of pissed. That could lead to your you know, susness later, maybe the idea that villainous, the, the, the idea though, that we have John Kent, he has his identity back. People don't know that John Kent is now Superman. Motherfucker is walking around looking like Superman because he doesn't have any kind of disguise on. He just has a freaking like a track suit on. That's it. I'm like, do a better job. Jay Nakamura. Nobody cares about Jay Nakamura here, wherever you are. He has to wrap his ass up to make sure that he looks like the invisible man. So nobody realizes who he is. You know, the uh, the leader of the truth, the son of the president of Gamora, and all these things going on. John, do a better job at hiding your disguise, please. They're like John. What are you? He's like, listen, I'm I'm cosplaying as Liam Gallagher of Oasis. Do <laughs> we remind you? Just walking around. Uh, I do like now. Again, this is the weird play, and the funny thing, and the weird thing with Tom Taylor. There are points in books where I want to see not be told, but you end up where. Even by the end, when he tells you all the things, it still feels empty because I would have liked to have seen a bit of, hey, you know, I can go around and do some stuff. But he just mentions it. He says, hey, it's great to have my identity back so I can just walk around, whatever, just to then go and, you know, go off into space because. Oh, my God, the sky is falling because it turns out that. All of these communication satellites that are owned by Lord Industries, and I just want to know how Maxwell Lord still has Lord Industries at this point in time, but they're all being hacked, and they're all falling from the sky, entering Earth's orbit, and now Superman and the rest of the heroes have to go around the world at this point in time to try to save everybody from these falling satellites. And you get this for a lot of the issue, where John is just going around stopping satellites, thinking, oh my god, am I going to be able to stop all the satellites? Oh my god, I have electric powers. One page, electric powers are gone. Oh my God, there's Valzad. He saved us from a satellite. Satellites are done. And now we just have to work on the actual story that we're dealing with, with the idea that Ultraman, but even the idea, I love the crime scene. I love Earth 3. I love Ultraman. The idea that Ultraman, well, here's the basic plot. He's going around the multiverse and he's killing Superman. He's killing Kal-El's. So we have to stop this. Valzad from Earth 2 is here because he needs a Superman who's not a Kal-El because Guess what, everybody? You know how Ultraman is killing Kal-El's? He has a special device that's allowing him to kill Superman Kal-El's. That's your explanation. He has a device that's allowing him to kill Kal-El's. Weaken them. Specifically them. Just like, Kal-El's, too. Not right. L's. Just Kal-El's. Kal-El's. No. That makes no sense. And when he does it, I, I'm like, I didn't see like a, it just looked more like a, a I hope power. There's and- more explanation. I'm very concerned that it's just going to be. Yeah, he was doing this, but now that we have Red Tornado, John Kent, maybe Captain Kara and Valzad, we don't need to worry about the idea that he can has this device anymore because we can just take him out because he's not going to weaken well, us. Because they're not Cal L's. <laughs> I, I want to have. Saying, is, is this is this plot device just going to be thrown to the I, wayside? I don't know. Just because you didn't want to explain more. No, I just want where Ultraman when you end up having Valzad's like, haha, I did. He's like, oh, by the way, here's your paperwork. What? I legally changed her name. You're Kal-El now. Boop. And then he's dead. Oh, no, you got me. The, the play here, My though, has loopholes. the weird play of this. Now, this is going to sound so much like what we just had in Harley, but it would work better for me. You have the Ultraman there because that is the connection with John, obviously. But then when you get that injustice in, I actually thought my whole thought of this, when, once we hear that the injustice world's involved, I thought that we were somewhere. Gonna, I yeah. thought we were going to be duped thinking that it was Ultraman killing people. 
And then in the roundabout deal, oh no, it's not Ultraman. It's, it's actually the Injustice regime deal. And like the Harley, but push that aside, that he's going around because he lost his Lois and he's pissed that almost every other Clark has Lois. And that would have even worked out in that scene. What do you want to say? Lois, you will say that. Fuck you. And then kills him because he's so pissed that his Lois was taken away from him. Only then to. Okay. Well, only then like, though. Ultraman's Lois just wants to bang well, out, that's man. That's what I'm saying. So fuck that. But you, you have Actually, that. Actually, this Ultraman doesn't even have a Lois anymore because now it's down a choice. I know. It's, it's odd. And especially with that Lois deal. But when if you would have that Injustice deal, then it really would have been a big moment for the Injustice regime Superman to find John. And find his yes. son that it was taken away from. And I thought that that would be really cool in the meantime. And maybe you'll still get something like that when we get to the injustice aspect of this entire story, which we don't deal with here. But we see him do this. But really, that is a lame setup of Cal L's. And, you know. Yeah. Well, no. The thing is, I'm telling you, the device, the idea, the MacGuffin of the whole thing is like he has a device that allows him to weaken Cal L's. And he's going across the multiverse and killing him. That is lame as hell to me because you're just going to – I'm afraid that plot device is going to be thrown away because it doesn't matter anymore. It's just a way for Ultraman to finally have a way to one-up Superman and be able to kill him like we see in the beginning of this issue. Now, if you think further into the idea of the plot because I want to enjoy the plot because you're going to have Ultraman. You're going to have John Kent. You're going to have Valzad from Earth 2 who we never get to see. We're going to have Injustice. We're going to be – we're going to be doing a walking tour of Tom Taylor's fucking greatest hits in the Adventure of Superman here, which may or may not be a bad or good thing. But when we get into this – I just realized that the other week when we did the last issue of Nightwing, Tom Taylor had written Amanda Waller in there for no reason, even though she's on Earth 3. A play, a world, a universe that she absconded to, and then psychically all this other ways, like an energy protected it so nobody can get in or out of this world because it's going to be hers and nothing's going to threaten her world anymore. She's finally going to win. Ultraman was subdued by her suicide squad. How did he get out of that and then break free of Earth 3 with all the protections going? I don't think that Tom Taylor knows anything that's been going on in the Suicide Squad over the last year well, and a half. And it's funny you say that. And my joke earlier, and I just let it go, was the idea that you know Maxwell Lord in that Mariko Tamaki Wonder Woman, like there's no way he still has this much of a Lord Industries going on, but he doesn't seem to know about that. And you can I say that. remember what happened to him at the end of that. With his daughter and stuff like that. I'm trying to remember how that ended with Liar Liar, but like he was trying to be good and I don't remember where it went. I wish that it ended up where he ended up uh, also being whammied and turning into a cow. But you end up with all this going on. Him and Manchester, Manchester Black, Black are hanging, better. right? No, but the, the idea I don't think that Tom Taylor understands. And as we've seen, DC has told people, don't worry about it. But it, it, it's a shame. But it feels like that's going to be a big plot point in this comics coming up at some point. This is my whole thoughts of this book. And you just brought up some, you know, continuity things that are already sus, all that. But when we go into this and you end up having Valzad, you know, he said, I don't know how. Also, I've never really heard or read the term Australasia. And I was like, what's going Australia. on? Australia. Yeah, I never, it doesn't even flow right. It is a deal, obviously, but I've never actually yeah. said it out loud myself. But uh, I thought he was going to say that he saved that since he's Australian. But you end up where, okay, Valzad went and saved people. He comes in 
And John immediately accepts him in a way that it really just plays off of, oh, man, that John's the greatest. Like, he doesn't get mad at anybody. I don't mind it. It's okay. To a degree. It's because had but it. they play on the idea that he thinks it's cliche and does a superhero as a disservice when they fight for a misunderstanding just to team up later. And I'm like, you know what? We see that every goddamn time. Thank you for not we doing that. We have that. But he just could have said, who are you? Oh, I'm Val Zadiver. Okay, I get it. Also, Zod. at one point, you have to have the trope. I can't save everyone. Oh, no. So we have all these things going. It really feels, again, like a restart, which this is as a number one, but a restart of a book that kind of failed. And what I was hoping for was lessons learned. And I'll bring a book into this. When we went from the DCYOU into Rebirth, we had a book. That continued with the same writer. It was Ben Percy on Green Arrow. Green Arrow. That book yeah. fucking sucked in the DCYOU to the DC, point where oh yeah, it, was, it was driving me and you insane. We hated it, and then we liked it because Ben Percy seemed to have – somebody got a hold of him, whether the rumor, Jeff Johns, whatever. Yeah, we're but the hope back. He ended up okay. switching up the book. And actually making the fresh start, Eric, uh, a start. an actual fresh start. And you could end up saying, okay, what didn't work? What did work? I think Tom Taylor, I, I hate to say it because I still like him as a writer, but I think that he's up his own ass so much and sniffing his own goddamn fart so much that he thinks that his shit don't stink. And he's just giving us the same book again. And that's my biggest problem here. Not only that. But a bunch of his books. When he mentions the Titans, I'm like, fuck you, you asshole. What and then we didn't see him, so I'm like, okay. But still, this just feels like, oh, you know, that his book failed before, not because it didn't go anywhere and it didn't progress. It's because, oh, you guys are stupid. I'm going to throw this back at you. And I, I just, I get that same feeling again, because as I'm going through it, I actually looked at the page count at one point, thinking to myself, Please don't tell me this is almost over because we have not gotten much story. I'm at page 20. I'm like, God darn it. Like, there's nothing here. I feel empty by the end. I like what's Um, going on. It's totally empty. You're right. I like what's going on, but it's empty as hell. Here's John Kent Superman. He's going to go save the world from falling satellites. And that's the majority of your issue. And then Val Zod's going to show up. We're going to go back to the Kent family farm. And we're going to talk to Lois because, Mom, guess what? We have Val Zod and the Red Tornado from Earth 2 here. They want me to go with him to fight Ultraman because he's killing Kal-El's. And I have a one-up because I'm not a Kal-El. I'm just a John-El. So the thing is, even the idea where you have Val Zod say, we waited for his Clark to be in outer space because we knew he'd want to tag along. And the last, the last guy we got, the last Kal-El, he got his ass burned to death by Ultraman. So we didn't want that to happen because Supermans are always going to go and try to be the hero of this. So we need to have John and not Superman do this. And it's that's the issue right there. That is the entire issue. It's just, hey, I'm hey, who are you, Red Tornado? I'm Lois Lane. Sexy okay. as hell. I, I love that. Remember how much I was in love with that? And remember at one point during that world where I ended up like, Begging anybody to cosplay that, I was like, that'd be the sexiest oh, yeah. damn thing. Never anybody did it. I I like these new I like these new fifty two Earth two versions of these characters. I want to see them return. But I even got thinking this like today at work a bunch of amongst other things. The idea about the walking tour of Tom Taylor's books. We're going to get injustice. We're going John Kent. We have the Earth two, which he did for Earth two worlds and an Earth two society. When he took over Earth two, like I loved Earth two. 
when he took it was over, rough at there was a gigantic decline, yeah. and it just got worse and worse as the series progressed. There was something was that happened. Over. Here's the weird play. I'm glad you brought it up because I, I did end up thinking of something that I wanted to bring up in this. When we first started the podcast, we didn't read each other's books. And I don't know if you're aware, I've never really read Earth 2. Because oh, when no? we, we ended up starting, it was already going on. And then when we ended up, you know, doing the actual podcast, we were getting towards like World's End and stuff like that. And even when we would do anything, you would talk about it. I would just listen. I'd kind of do the, the deal. No, I never actually read the James Robinson one that everybody loves. But the idea that Tom Taylor, when people Love are like, so oh, man, you're going back to there. I remember you getting very upset and the scores declining, though I thought there was one little well, thing that it the, bumped it up again, but then went down again or something. I, it's weird well, in my World's mind. World's End was a weekly book for a year, and it was ten, well, actually, no, I think it was like 28 weeks, actually, for how it worked out. And then Earth 2 Society was the sequel to that, and that just sucked it completely. But the one big thing that really happened when he came in, he introduced Dick Grayson and Barbara yeah, Grayson, yeah. killed off Barbara Grayson, and their son, John, who every other issue it changed was then the name, called remember? Tommy. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. It was either John or it was Tommy Grayson, and it kept you. I'm like, why can't you figure out what the hell this kid's name is and put it like, where's the editor on this? I Earth bet you they changed that in the trade. They had to have. They had to have changed that. Did you like my uh, thing that I sent you from about Paul? That the editor, oh, yeah. who, uh, Paul, the editor, Paul, the editor says, read the the classics, Earth Two, World's the End, the now classic <laughs> series, Earth Two and Earth Two Worlds End, and Earth Two Society, Earth Two Society. I I sent Eric that that deal, and I put. Paul has been known to exaggerate a bit at times because those were not classics. The original part of Earth 2, everybody loved the people. And those were it was was so so cool because you would get excited about it because it was like, oh, these are like I always like Earth 2. And this is really cool Golden Age stuff. And it was kind of a a cool little twist and stuff like that. But, yeah, once Tom Taylor went in and and at that point, you know, we had Tom Taylor was doing Injustice. But then he did that. Then he did that Lost Army. He was not hitting hard, Eric, at the at the beginning no. of his DC deal. Wait, did he do Lost Army or Edge of uh, Oblivion? Edge of Oblivion. He, he, he ended up trying to save it. And he didn't save it. He he didn't. It wasn't it like Cullen Bond. A little bit better. It's just look. The thing is, Lost Green Lantern, Lost Army set up a whole bunch of continuity. Edge of Oblivion was a direct sequel to that miniseries. He saved none of the continuity that we were left with and did his own thing. And it did get better. It just pisses me off that we can't have a story that makes any goddamn sense because of Remember it. when the source wall closed and Hal was like <laughs> the other side, hey guys, he closed it up. That that actually in that DCYU, we always bring up the idea of Superman powerless, Batman dead. And then yeah. we're like, oh, and I always do forget to mention how Renegade, Jordan Renegade. the Renegade, Hal Jordan, that we really thought had a lot Wonder of Woman got a new potential. Costume. Never did anything with it. Yeah, Wonder Woman got that. That costume and it disappeared. Remember with the AI Magic ship? Trident's Aquaman. Remember the ship with, with Hal, but then we won it Sassy oh, yeah. Ship, and it never became Sassy Ship. We were upset. Renegade Hal Jordan and his crew. Oh, God. I'm a wanted man across the universe. Again, you get this sexy Lois Red Tornado that I always did like was one of my things that I looked forward to each and every week. Just imagine at that one point, we had three weekly books simp. going. That was always the first section oh, yeah. of books. It was always Batman and Robin Eternal, Earth Two Worlds, and Future Zen. Oh my 
God. And, and we just plowed through those. It was crazy. But actually, I think it was just Batman and Robin. I mean, just Batman Eternal at that yeah, point. Yeah, uh, Batman and Robin Eternal was the second one. It was probably Batman Eternal. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, good times there. Good times. Boy, that low. But anyway. Uh, but yeah, but by the we end. We're going into the multiverse with Val Zod, John Kent, and Red Tornado to go take on Ultraman. And I'm really excited about that concept. I just hope that the issues don't feel as empty as this initial Dawn of DC number one. I'm going to say something here of why I didn't like it, but I understand why they did some of this. But you did have a lot of explanation. You had a lot of you need it because some people are just going to be jumping in or whatnot. But it is just people standing around pretty much from the beginning of like, oh, I'm here because of this. Oh, really? Well, I like this. I did this. That happened to me. And they're just standing. I mean, half of the issue is them just standing in the kitchen talking. I know you have to set things up or whatnot, but it's already pointing to the fact that there's too much maybe going on in the story. We're still going to add more, and you only have six issues. And I think that one and of the things about electric that, powers. Yeah, electric powers. And when you say that, the electric powers kick in, and it seems as if then Ultraman is able to talk to him, or maybe that's the end. But you now, get that deal. Is that, is that Ultraman or is that Valzad? Well, I thought it was actually Ultraman, like, warning him. Because it says, can you hear me, John Kent? It doesn't matter. Just know that I'm coming. I'm like, Honestly, I'm actually to the point where I think it's an actually a side plot that has nothing to do with this. Like even the idea of like, you know, I, I'm complaining about the plot device of Ultraman having a device to weaken Kal-El's. But what about the idea? But what about the idea of these satellites falling? Do you think we're ever going to get back no, to that? No, that, that's that? taken care of. Everybody, their cable's gone. Nobody has Hulu now. And so you, you don't have Maxwell Lord the Ulu. Or Twitter's down. If you go, the reason why I said that what I was saying is the uh, idea that this Kal-El gets killed. He's being talked to by Ultraman the same way that John is then. He says, can you hear me, Kal-El? Or has that ability faded too? And it seems in that same bubble that John ends up getting, if I'm not mistaken. So it's kind of a weird deal. Okay, that does make sense. It's just so weird because I don't know why Ultraman would be talking to John through the multiverse. Or if he's even in this universe. I'm like, what is he doing here? And if why are we leaving to go find Ultraman if he's in this universe talking to John? I Kent? didn't like the progression of that anyway. And but I do th- I don't know why he but but again he has that connection. I tortured your ass before. I'm gonna come and get you and your daddy. I don't come know. Come that ass boy. But with that, it's funny they tried to back to the volcano with they you. They tried to play this. This may have just been me, but you have that green bubble for Oracle. For Oracle, yeah. Oracle. Well, then he gets the electric powers. <laughs> The funny play is I thought that they were going to play up the idea that now he doesn't need the ear. I, I I thought it was Oracle talking to him without the earpiece when it's like he's talking to Oracle. And then all of a sudden, can you hear me, John? Ken? <laughs> I can hear you. How? I'm like, you got super hearing. It would be why she got I'm like all confused. And then we get back to her just talking. Like, I'm like, oh, it wasn't a new power that he got that. He's got the electric powers like he's a radio. I wanted him to be like Gilligan. Remember in Gilligan's Island when Gilligan could get all the radio stations because he, he ended up getting all wacky? And he's, yeah, his fillings and he's <laughs> like moving his mouth around to get stations and rocking it out. I actually thought it was something where when the electric powers hit, it shorted out all of the other things, but he could still hear Oracle because she's even there talking to him at one point. It was very confusing to me, but I think that it was Ultraman saying, I'm coming to get you. But again, that's weird. That doesn't even make sense because he's going after Cal L. So I don't know. Or, or is I, it's weird. I thought you play the Cal L name 
but he's also going after Superman. So I thought you were going to play that game of, oh, well, he is Superman. Now, is he going after Superman, though, or is it just it Kal-El? Seems it Kal-El seems Kal-El like... is what they're saying. That's why I said yeah. it go, kind of goes both ways. I thought at one point, oh, he's going after Superman, and then that'll twist in the jump, but he's going after Kal-El's so that you can get the non-Cal squad and go off. You know? No, I'm sorry. That, that's going to be really cool, though. We have Red Tornado just because why not bring a Lois Lane involved, especially because you have Val Zod from Earth 2 as well. But if you go off, now we have Earth Zero, John Kent. He's a Superman. We're going to get him. And you brought it up before we even started recording tonight. We'll put together the non-Kal-El Superman Scott. Then you get Captain Carrot and maybe even get Earth 5 Shazam from Thunder a World. Lot That'd be really cool. the non-Kal-El Super Squad that they had in Final Crisis. That, that was that, you know, yeah. the Superman of the multiverse deal that it kind of is very similar to, say, the Just League Incarnate, but I'd like to see something like that and get some of these characters. I was actually going through a bunch of different, like, ooh, all the, what Superman are not Kal-El's? One of them is the Vampire Superman. Well, you have Ka- Calvin Ellis as well. You asked me all these things of, will that be explained? Will that be explained? Do you think it will be explained how you end up having no, no, Ultraman? Calvin Ellis is a Kal-El, actually. Yeah, so he's out. But do you think there's going to be an explanation of, this is why I can attack Kal-El's, and it, will it be something as stupid as a vibration that every Kal-El I don't think it's going to be brought up because we're going to have a team to oppose sense. it. It doesn't matter yeah. against. Well, it's, he's still going to go around and maybe eventually try to, you know, take out our Cal. But, yeah, I, I don't know. It's very odd. It, the whole play, I don't think we're ever going to get to that point. Maybe not. Well, here's what else I was going to say for my ending deal, for my ending salvo, Eric, is the idea where this is six issues. We know damn well it's going so to continue. It's going to continue in some way. There's no Why way. Why not that, just call it a freaking ongoing? Well, there's no way that, you know, I think it's because you're going to change his name by the end. That's the only reason I think we have, you know, a mini for something that should be an ongoing because you're calling it Superman. John Kent, you're going to you're going to call yeah. it something else, maybe. But even so. I don't think this is going to be done in six. This guy can't tell a story in 20 issues. It's just going to continue some other book, other things. So uh, I'm not even going to sit there throughout all this yelling and screaming. We're four issues in and we don't know shit because I I think it's just going to end up continuing down the line in some form. Uh, And it should. John is a big character. And yeah, it's, it's a weird play to have this as a mini. And we're not going to get enough John through the Nightwing back. Yeah, no. And, and, (laughs) And and with that, it is weird. Like you're almost you end up Tom Taylor, you know, didn't the the John Kent book sold okay and then it kind of failed. But then you go with the mini and it almost feels like like John's too big to have to go on an audition. It would be like me, I'm gonna have a movie. Just like Fire. Exactly. But I'm I'm gonna have a movie and I wanna get, you know, Robert De Niro in it. I don't know that he's gonna show up an audition for a role for me. I think that he's used to just getting roles now. John should be big enough that he doesn't have to have a six issue mini to see if it works. You got to make it work. You have to. And back to the thing, I think that Tom Taylor is just like, oh, nothing was wrong with the book before. I'm just going to do the same thing. And you, you got to learn your lesson. And the lesson is tell a damn story and get balls to the wall. There's nothing stopping you from just going boom, boom. And in here you're standing around talking. And that is a very Make big disappointment. Make me feel, Tom this ended Taylor. Up where it's one of the, you know, the next line of Dawn of DC books. And like the Superman we read and we're like, holy shit, like this is Dawn of DC. This is great. I can't wait. The problem with something like an action comics and this just feels like it's continuing what was before anyway. So you don't get that that big thrill. And I, I kind of 
wish that you did, but it's still okay. It's not horrible. I just, I'm worried. Okay. I'm worried. It just didn't feel I'm worried exciting as well. Exciting and new like the love boat. I agree. Exciting and new. For what John was doing for your action portion of this issue was pretty much just Bendis making when he was in charge of Superman, making Superman stop whatever he does to go punch an asteroid because he needed to fill that action quota. Same thing with the satellites here. Thing is, I think the art looks great in this issue, and I look forward to everything that Tom Taylor has said that this is going to be about. Injustice, Earth 3 Ultraman, Valzad, all these other things. This is great. Even Electric Blue Powers. I look forward to all of that. This first issue, though, is not very compelling to me, and I just hope that it gets better with each issue. I'm giving it a 6.5 out of 10 just because of what it could be and all the stuff that it offers. But for a first issue, it's kind of uh, kind of lame at times. I have to, I have to agree. It's, I want to like it, though. I want to like it more, but I, I'm not going to fake the LeBron fun. James. I'm no LeBron James, Eric. I just want to tell you that. And so with that, I'm going to go six. I think I'm, I'm going to go six, eight, six, eight, maybe like LeBron James. I think he's like six, 11, though, six, 10. He's a big dude. Uh, yeah, maybe he's six, eight. I don't know. I don't know, Eric. I forget. I don't know either. I forget. Never mentioned him. I know that Charles Barkley's like six, three, six, four, and said that if he was seven foot, he'd be illegal in half the United States. Said that at one point. What that means? Because he was big, round mound rebound, and he was not tall. He knew how to box out because he was fat, Eric. But yeah, there you go. I wish that I wish that I liked this a little more. Hat. Yeah, both. I don't want to shame the guy, but you know, he he's not terrible. He might get mad at me and think I'm terrible. All right, and that is it. And I hope you enjoyed the spotlights that we just went through. And if you like what you hear and want that each and every Thursday night. You can go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, sign up and listen to your heart's content. I had already said it, but I'll repeat myself the idea that the show notes will have all these things to link to and go to and whatnot. So you don't have to just listen to me spouting them out all the time. You can go and check out the show notes. So I hope you do. I hope you check out our Patreon. I hope you also go over to Twitter at weird science DC. Follow us, we'll follow you back. Also, go to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, as well as our YouTube channel, which is Weird Science Comics. But that is it. I know that we already had an outro before, but that was with me and Eric. This is just me. So we're going to go right now, and I hope you enjoyed the whole show, and thanks for listening, and I will talk to you all later. You are all weirdos. Weird Science is the revolution. America's sweetheart pisses me off almost every day. America's sweetheart is a jerk and Eric Shea. I wanna tell him that I hate him a lot, but all I do is bitch and whine. America's sweetheart is a pain in my behind, oh yeah. Pain in my behind